Hey, what's up? A couple of real quick things before I start the episode. Uh, after the closing music, there is a really cool interview that we had with Eric Grubb. Uh, we call him Grubb. Um, he went to Star Wars Celebration, and he's talking about his experience at Star Wars Celebration, so definitely check that out. Stick around. That's our Star Wars news segment, but it happens after the closing music, so stick around. Also, this Saturday, May 2nd, is Free Comic Book Day. If you go to participating comic book stores, you can get free comic books. Uh, certain select comic books, not all comic books are free, but there is a list that's out there. I believe you just go to freecomicbookday.com, check it out. But make sure to get there early because if you don't, you're not going to get a comic book. They're going to be gone. Um, so I've had that happen to me before. Show up later in the afternoon, you know, watch Avengers the movie that day, go back to the comic book store. They're going to be gone. I mean, it's or it's going to be slim pickings. You're not going to get the comics that you want. So definitely participate in Free Comic Book Day. Don't just go for the free comics. Float a little bit of money in the store too. That's why they. That's what they hold these promotions. So give the store a little bit of your money while you're there as well. Um, you know, maybe pick up a trade paperback or, or you know, maybe Scott Snyder's uh, Court of Owls or or uh, something, something out there. I mean, there's some great image books. Maybe some Walking Dead, something. Uh, Birthright by Joshua Williamson. Check that book out. There's tons of books that you can check out while you're there. So free comic book day this May second. All right. Before we get to the episode, I want you to listen to, and my cat is walking on top of the keyboard. Thank you, Mrs. Mack. You are just a joy to have sometimes. Anyway, I love her. She's awesome. But anyway, I want you to listen to, you know, we've, we, you heard our reactions to the Star Wars trailer. Uh, I had a buddy send me this video, and it's a, it's a priest's reaction to um, the Star Wars trailer number two. A priest. So, I don't know. I... I you got to check this out. I don't think I've heard anybody as excited as this guy. I don't. I can't even see this guy reading like the Book of Hosea or whatever in the Bible and getting this excited. It's it blows my mind. It's awesome. So and you can watch the video online if you want to. But here's the audio. Check it out. Hi, I'm Father Roderick, and I am about to see the new trailer for Star Wars Seven. I can't wait. Put my headphones on. And here we go. I'm so excited. Ooh. New music. Oh, Tatooine. Oh, wow. An X-Wing fighter. And... Holy cow! <laughs> oh my gosh! The force is strong in my family. The force is strong in my family. Darth Vader's mask. Ho <laughs> What? Who's talking? I have it. That's Luke Skywalker. It must be. My sister has it. Oh. <laughs> you have that power too. Who's he talking to? This Christmas? Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Oh my gosh! What? Holy cow! <laughs> oh my god! 
That is fantastic! Oh my gosh. That was amazing. I gotta see it again. Episode 88. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't wanna be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds better the second day after you've downloaded it. I'm Jake. I'm Brian. And we're the Leftovers. leftovers, Dot, dot, dot. And Frank. Dot, dot, dot. And Frank. TM. Trademark and Frank. (laughs) Right? So, all right. Good stuff. Yeah, that was really great. Um. (laughs) All right, how's everyone doing? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a rocky start. Yeah. Off to a rocky start. Rocky start. Not, not a, not a, not a Rocky as in Rocky Balboa. Star. Yeah, that's an uplifting that thing. Yeah, and he's running up the stairs and shit. No, I'm running up the stairs and I trip and I fall because I, my notes didn't save the order we're doing shit in. Yeah. This is about the equivalent well, of sticking Kevin James in a barrel and pushing him downhill. Yeah, we spent what, like about 30 minutes, like getting up, getting the whole <laughs> order going and then yeah. right before we hit record, the computer fucks up. Yeah. That's yeah. classic. And then Frank tells us about Kevin James in a barrel. What is, what happened there? What well, it's that? like a train wreck. <laughs> I you just know, ignore, I, I, ignore, I, I pretended like that didn't even happen. I've been in, I've been inundated with uh, mall cop blart previews How? the past week, just on TV and oh, shit. Man, yeah, I don't watch anything with commercials these days. Nothing. Like I watch everything DVR or on something, you know. So I just don't see all that. I watched yeah. an episode of Gotham and was lazy. I forgot to grab the uh, remote. Oh, see, Paul Blart would have made would have made me get unlazy. <laughs> God damn it! I don't want to see this shit. Yeah, exactly. Is that the state of our country? Is fucking movies like Paul Blart? Is that what? I mean, seriously, is it? Is it just like the lowest hanging com- comedy fruit ever? How this did, movie? How did it do? I really didn't pay any attention to like that. I think it took the weekend. No, it, no, it, no, it didn't. didn't. Fast and Furious killed it last oh, did weekend. It? Yeah, I even said it on the show. Oh, maybe the, maybe what their little tag was on the ad was it, it was the number, number one comedy. comedy. Big, okay. big, big fucking. It was the only comedy. No shit. That's exactly <laughs> what they mean by number one fucking comedy. Uh, bending the truth. It's not a lie. Do you think we'll see Paul Part Three? <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it depends. I mean, it depends on how many fucking idiots are seeing this movie, right? right? I guess enough idiots saw it for part two. That's already depressing enough. Uh, oh, that's terrible. These are the same people that fucking they they fucking watch Paul Blart, and then after it's over, they fucking are like, "Oh, you hungry?" And like, "Yeah," and they go to fucking Hardee's and get one of those fucking burgers from Hardee's, monster <laughs> burger. 
Oh God, Hardee's is gross. Yeah, Hardee's is fucking gross. I remember growing up, Hardee's used to be actually pretty good. Yeah, and then it's just like then they got stuck on like these like these fucking huge burgers. Like they have to make everything gigantic, and then what they did was like, oh, you know what? Our burgers aren't big enough. We gotta make them bigger. Right. We gotta make them bigger, and we gotta make the commercials bigger and more disgusting. But we're gonna have a hot girl eating. Them. I don't understand that. Like I, I've never. Is that what's the, happening in Hardee's commercials right now? Hardee's or, or Carl's Jr. or whatever. The fuck I don't know, know what the point it. is of eating a sandwich and have it be messy. I don't want to <laughs> fucking eat a sandwich that's gonna puke all over me. See, the thing is, it's like they want. Okay, the, what they started doing with their burgers is like, oh, we have this burger. Let's throw an extra fucking meat patty or two on it, <laughs> and then what we'll do. Was we'll throw a bunch of fucking barbecue sauce on the thing and then <laughs> slap some onion petals. They put onion petals and barbecue sauce on every fucking thing they sell. Really? It's disgusting. In every commercial, Nasty. some hot chick is like eating it and shit. <laughs> She's got fucking like barbecue sauce and onion petals just covering her tits. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Who the fuck eats this fucking Hardee's bullshit? Yeah, I haven't been to a Hardee's probably in over a fucking decade. It's, yeah. it's off my radar. I, they, you would think that their marketing is not working. No, no, no. I mean, if you have the choice to go to Hardee's or anywhere else. I'm going anywhere else. Yeah, I'm going anywhere yeah. else. They've always yeah. struggled to uh, identify with anything. They did chicken for a long time, fried yeah. chicken. Yeah. yeah. They have done a lot of different crazy stuff over the years. I don't think they know what they're about. Yeah. Well, so, they, yeah, they were Hardee's and then they were Carl's Jr. and right. they're Hardee's again here. <laughs> they have an identity crisis. They don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like they're the Bruce Jenner of fucking like restaurants the, like the one in uh near somewhat nearby in eureka there it's a hardy slash red burrito oh yeah yeah they've got those i've seen those out in florida too like, what yeah. the fuck I've oh actually, they used to do the kfc slash taco bell yeah yeah so yeah you want a burrito and a fucking uh chicken tender no yeah. shit come on down <laughs> yeah they have both carry pepsi long john silvers and a and w yeah that's weird you want a hot Dude. dog and some fucking greasy fish i <laughs> eat like shit all the time but like a week ago i had some long john silvers and that was gross long it john t- silvers is so it gross. was nasty Dude, when i was a kid i used to love that fucking shit yeah and the little here. crumbles and shit yeah. yeah oh i love the crumbles now you gotta pay for the fucking crumbles yeah you can order extra who the fuck is right? Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, they charge like 19 cents for the crumbles. Do they really? Yeah. All it is is the fucking drips of batter that landed in the fryer that got scooped out along with the meat. Yeah, they're going to throw all that away anyway right. at the end of the and night. And then you got to kind of wonder, like, are you getting the ones that were fresh along with your food, or are you getting the ones that scraped up from the bottom that haven't been fucking cleaned in a week? My very first job ever was... Did um, it make you sick of your stomach, though? The Long John Silver's did it, it did. It did. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I like shit anyway, Dude, and it still it, made me okay, get sick of my stomach. Is it because we're adults now, or is it because... You know what I mean? When I was a kid, I could eat that shit. Yeah. I mean, is it because we're adults now? Like, when I, I think kid, so. Do I have an iron stomach when I'm a fucking kid? What the fuck? I don't know. It's like grease overload. It now. is. Yeah. It was really bad. It, like sends my body into shock when I eat it. I, I get sick. I like every yeah. once in a while, it's like I think back to myself. Oh man, I used to love Long John Silver's mm-hmm. as a kid. I'm gonna yeah. go get some Long John Silver's, and every fucking time I do, I'm like, that was a bad idea. The worst. Yeah. yeah. I feel like fucking Anchorman. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> the worst part about it is like your mouth feels like it's coated. Afterward, uh, yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, I get coupons like are you once talking a year. About a blowjob? No, what are you talking? No, about? No, your mouth is coated in grease after you eat it. Are you still talking about a blowjob? <laughs> no, <laughs> God, <damn. laughs> on a carny or something? No, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> are you talking I mean, about Frank's <laughs> trip to the circus? Yeah, how did how did it get so greasy? That's <laughs> ring, ring the bell if we did a good job. <laughs> ding ding. 
the, well, the guy had the guy had Long John Silver's before the blowjob. Oh, <laughs> fucking sick. It. My first job was at a Long John Silver's when I was 16. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, and a oh, prank God. we pulled on a guy. We, uh, you know, the hush puppies they have? Yeah. We actually took a golf ball and then covered it in hush puppy oh, batter. Oh, you shit. You could have broke this motherfucker's teeth. Oh, oh my God. We were assholes. <laughs> we served it up to him in his meal, and he, he bit into it and everything, and just crunched, and he, oh. he was so mad at us. It was uh, so- like, you know the guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I so, thought it was like a like, random customer. No, it, it was it was like one of the employees. Uh, Even the coleslaw, I remember how they make that. Like you get this big tub and then you just pour this seasoning or goop or whatever into it and then you literally got to mix it up with your hands. Oh, you worked at Long John Silver's too? Long time ago, oh, yeah. Sorry. Right of passage. What the fucking chances? My two podcast hosts fucking worked at Long John Silver's. <laughs> What are the fucking chances? <laughs> yeah, my very first job. Or oh my, my very God. first legitimate job. Like, I'm 16 right. and can get a job job. Yeah. You know, gotcha. so. I was a gotcha. gotcha. Fuck it. Gotcha. 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 It's going to be a thing. Gotcha. I know. I'll be gotcha. Brian. You got us ready for it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. All pre-show. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. We need an audio drop that we can hit every time he does it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what we need is, like, one of those, like, you know, like, dogs, they have those. Oh, that would be Shock Shock Fuck. Like a yeah. button. No, because what oh, happened dude, that'd is, be awesome. I'd be in the middle of talking about something else. You guys are like, shut the fuck up, Frank. <laughs> like, no, seriously, we, we should do that. Frank, when you like, submit to it, we, we promise not to hit it unless you say gotcha. Yeah, submit. <laughs> yeah, dude, if you can let us get one of the shot colors, <laughs> put it on you, and no. like, as soon as you say gotcha, dude, we will break the fucking habit, dude. Yeah, we'll cure you. Christ. Yeah, that'll, that would be that, a great periscope. That'd do something. Yeah. Frank, oh, the shot yeah. collar on. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Fifty Shades of Frank. God, Fifty yeah. Shades of Frank. <laughs> oh man, is that where you keep your Xbox? Yeah, dude, what were we talking about? Oh, fucking Paul Blart, man. <laughs> well, shit, I bet those people don't go to Carl's Jr. I bet they go to fucking Long John Silver's after that fucking movie, don't right. they? Well, they got to walk in, they got to waddle, they got to grease the door. Honey uh, Boo Boo's got to have something to go to the theater to see. Ah, uh, Honey Boo Boo. Honey Boo Boo. Oh, they took that off the air, man. Yeah. Yep. How many seasons did Honey Boo Boo go? I think it went three seasons, and then that fourth season, they had it all ready to go, and then there was that whole scandal and oh, shit. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Like, yeah. I never paid attention to it before, but I was talking to my wife, and she watches a lot of those TLC shows. Yeah. And I'm like, is this thing like the Freak of the Week show or something? Because they got like... All sorts of like oddities. That's the yeah, they 19 do. kids and counting. 19 and kids and they've counting. got two or three shows about little people. They, yeah, they got a bunch of those and they got fucking, uh, my 600 pound life, my 600 pound life. And, uh, I didn't know I was pregnant and fucking babies plopping out and shit in the toilet. Every woman's taking a shit and out comes the kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, or they're at the grocery store or whatever. Like, or they're at Long John Silver's ordering hush puppies and there's a fucking kid on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. what are we learning on the learning channel? No, yeah, it used to be TLC, the Learning Channel. Uh, A and E used to be something. It was arts and entertainment. Yeah. Now A and E's like it was trashy for a while. They're trying to bring it back. Uh, yeah, man, it's fucked up. That is fucked up. Yeah, man, the A and E, and what's the other channel? But it, I mean, sex sells though, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's I- why. I mean. And that stuff's cheap too. Like to film one of those reality shows, it's super cheap. You don't need to hire a writer. Yeah, you right. just get a guy in a camera and well, film these ridiculous people. The and thing, okay, okay. I think it's the same people that fucking uh, you know, like uh, don't watch Paul Blart Mall Cop, aren't watching you know the old A and E and the old TLC. You know, the Learning right. Channel was for learning. Yeah, yeah. 
And so now it's like, ah, oh, we got to get these fucking Paul Blart Mall Cop watchers <laughs> to watch our fucking shit. Otherwise, we're going to be looking for new jobs ourselves. Yeah. That's what, no, it's like the Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer started it. Like, that show started off, like, really fucking serious and shit. He used to try, he wanted to be, like, Oprah and shit. Yeah. And then he fucking learned that, no, people don't want that. And after the first season, it, it became, like, trashy. And that's what kept him around. Otherwise, he was out of a fucking job. Right. I'm going to give TV entertainment the benefit of the doubt, though. And they have to have something for every, like, every kind of person, you know, from yeah. from the dumbest drooling fool to the, you know, to the smarter, more intelligent crowd. Because there's still good, intelligent TV out there. Sure. The only thing yeah. I will say about it, like, I know, I think, I think what the, one of the shows she watches, The Little Couple, and, like, the, the gal is a doctor and mm-hmm. the guy's a business owner. And, I mean, it's not like watching them do silly, stupid shit that's demeaning to them or anything. Right. But, like, it, it looks into their lives. It's just odd that, you know, that's, like, their marketing strategy. Let's find these... Let, let's find people that are way out of the norm mm-hmm. and then bring them to your attention. The 19 kids and counting, that, that lady's vagina is not a clown I'm not car. talking shit about people that fucking watch that stuff. I used to watch fucking Honey Boo Boo. I wouldn't miss a fucking episode, Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I never I never. Why? Because it. I used to... Yeah. It was, it was like watching, it was like, seriously, it was like watching some weird fucked up ant farm. You know what I, mean? I feel like I am so fucking removed from like that kind of like life that they live in. Yeah. yeah. That I was like, holy shit, I want to look in. I want to look into this fucked up little ant farm. And that's what I got every fucking week. Yeah, I, I don't fault you for that. Yeah. I see a lot more value in Huddy Boo Boo than I see in Paul Blart Mall Cop. At oh, least you're, sure. Yeah. you're watching real people for the most part. Yeah. And, and how their lives That's work. fucked up. We're, 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 we're talking about the more value in uh, Honey Boo Boo than in popular Blart yeah. But you make a great point. It's true. I like the reality shows. I mean, instead of just peering in on people's lives, I like the ones like Survivor and Big Brother that put people in different situations and it's a game. Oh, yeah, man. I I'm used, all about that stuff. I used to... I don't give a shit. I used to... I, I'm not into reality TV as much as I used to be, but I used to fucking like... like when they did like the... Uh, the Osbournes, mm-hmm. that shit was funny as hell. Like that was the first family, like celebrity family, that yeah. had a really good look into their lives and stuff. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was hilarious, and I used to love the surreal life. I loved that too. Um, I, I watched the shit out of the real world for the, the first world. like five yeah, six seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, fucking uh, dude, I used to be. And I don't give a fuck what people say. I used to be addicted to like the flavor of love, the flavor of oh. shit. Oh, that shit was funny. And then the, the rock, rock of love, love. With Brett Michaels, and, and they had shit. the New York spinoff. Yeah, I watched yeah. all the spinoffs yeah. and shit, dude. I was all into that crap, man. I loved it. That is funny. I just saw a New York Where Is She Now thing on VH1. That was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, she's working at Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which one was it? Was that? Uh... Was that with Flavor Flav where the one chick spit on the yeah, other one? Pumpkin. Yeah, Pumpkin. Wow. Pumpkin spit on uh, New York. Classy. Yeah. Classy stuff. So I don't think any of those any of those relationships worked out either for Flavor No, Flav. dude, it was just TV. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ended up back with like uh, his uh, the mother of his child and shit at yeah. the very end of it. It was all for fucking TV, dude. But it was fun to watch. Yeah. I, some of those shows can be fun. It's train wreck TV is what I always call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, moving on before we get to emails, I just kind of wanted to say um, next week, next podcast, we'll be talking about Avengers, Avengers 2. We'll all have seen it mm-hmm. and be doing that. I mean, I've, go, I've, go ahead, Frank. I've been avoiding shit like the plague. I mean, somebody's leaked out cuts of this movie all over the place. Yeah, they keep too. They keep posting clips of yeah. shit. And uh, I, I ended up watching one before I realized what it was, and I wish I hadn't clicked on it. I mean, it, it's it's overkill at this point. Yeah, I haven't seen anything except for the trailers that they've put out there. 
Those are yeah. okay. But oh, like, I haven't even watched like the last, like the t- the t- last couple TV trailers that they've put out. Yeah, I haven't even watched those. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done seeing stuff. I just want to. I'm ready for the movie now. Yeah, same we're here. so close. I'm ready for the movie. Like even that uh, that end scene, the end credits where they tease Spider Man. Yeah, I heard it's fake. Yeah, I heard it's yeah, fake. Yeah, I heard too, but I didn't even watch that because it's like fuck off with that shit. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see. We're so goddamn close to the movie. Why the fuck do you want to be spoiled? I want to go in there. I don't want that fucking like Thanos reveal to be fucked up. Fucked up for me. You know what I mean? Like I went into Avengers the first movie. Like, uh, you know, not hardly knowing shit. Yeah. And then I watched, and then when I saw Thanos for the first time, that was the first time I knew he was going to be in the movie. Oh, me too. Me and too. I was just blown away. Yeah. And that's what I want out of this one, man. So I've had to unlike some pages because not only will they post a link to whatever their article is, but they'll tell you in the headline, hey, this is what's going on. I'm like, fuck, you bastards. I just yeah. have to unlike it. Yeah, it's it's tough, too, because so many other people have already seen the movie. Like, it's already been internationally released yeah, at a bunch yeah, of places. Right. It's like out in uh, England. Australia. And Australia. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of word going around about a uh, really high-quality Russian bootleg. Oh, wow. going around. I don't want to fucking... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I don't want to watch that no, shit. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, uh, me personally, too. I, I don't want to sit on my fucking computer and watch fucking Avengers Age of Ultron. Right. I want to watch it in fucking IMAX in 3 fucking D in the seat with all the beauty with the, all the audio mm-hmm. yeah i want the full fucking experience i don't want to be like well i thought first yay! <laughs> yay! i'm excited to see it with like the big roaring crowd too and everything yeah, i yeah. want to hear see if the comedy beats hit i want to know what people are laughing at yeah 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 i want to know what works what doesn't work what people are shocked at after the yeah. movie's over i want to hear the people behind me talking about it you know mm-hmm, i want to mm-hmm. hear their thoughts i love that man. i love that kind of stuff too that's the best part about the opening night experience yeah, yeah. for these real big movies like this yep. but yeah i just wanted to bring it up real quick it's another one of those like big pcl milestones kind of we've been talking about avengers 2 basically since podcast one in some form or another probably every episode we've ever had we've brought up avengers 2 so next week is going to be uh episode 89 and it's going to be 100 we're not talking anything else i mean seriously like i don't know what the fuck could like sway us from talking 100 percent avengers age of ultron a new star wars trailer Something. Yeah. It's got to be big on that level. It's got to be huge. On that level. Probably be trailers that we see with the movie. Yeah, what if, hypothetically, if the Joker reveal would have been next week, would we have to, have, would we brought that up too? That would have been big enough, right? It would have been at the very end of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very end of the show, we would have brought it up. Because, I mean, next week is all Avengers Age of I'm Batman. excited. We haven't done a big, um, fuck all the news, just talk about a movie episode for a long time. I can't even remember what the last one was. I'm having a hard time remembering what our last movie was, too. It's been so long. Was it Guardians? I think it was Guardians, because I wasn't here for that one. Yeah, it might have been Guardians. Yeah. So, shit, it's been a long time. And what was that, August? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I'm excited. I love those episodes. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, other than that, we can um, jump right into emails. Go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, i got to play that fucking bumper. It's now time for the leftovers to dig way, way down deep into their sack of mail. All right, time for emails. Email time. Email time. So this first email is from Craig, and I want I want to apologize for him before I read this for his um 
Frank bashing. He obviously d- didn't listen to um, the last. The last episode wasn't published before mm. he decided to bash mm. on Frank. Yeah, so right. you can't do that around here. It's gonna. It's gonna sound a little. Un- <laughs> it's gonna sound a little unwarranted when when you hear it. So. I mean, no, seriously. I'm glad to know that this fucking anti-bullying thing is really <laughs> taken off <laughs> because I, you know, I heard about it, man. Yeah, I'm not allowed to walk in dark alleys anymore. I got to stay in lighted streets. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. I didn't or, even or know else that. I, I, you know, I might well, get jumped by Brian. To, talk to everybody everybody can tell i'm a little maybe a little bit nicer this week we can talk about my doctor's visit this week can't we oh sure i we've been watching game of thrones and and uh i i joined the unsullied so oh really Whoa, okay yeah so you I had the operation already <laughs> yeah oh man so so that's why i'm a little bit more tame i don't have the <laughs> testosterone running through the veins anymore you still have the pillar right they just take away the stones <laughs> Stones are gone. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I just take the magazine out so I'd shoot blanks. What is your unsullied name? Huh? What is your unsullied name? Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah. 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 You know what? I, I, we'll save that for next week. I don't know. All right. All right. Maybe listeners can help us out. Help okay. us come out with an unsullied name for no. Brian. My, I, no, I'm still Darth Brian. So okay, Darth fuck Brian. everybody. I still got my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and if I feel like fucking bashing on Frank this episode, I'm going to. So get the fuck over. Well, it's not about that. It's just the, the listener him, himself is straight up bashing Frank. Okay, that that's what happens. No, I'm. But here I'm we go. Still telling Frank that I might I might bash you this episode. Okay, haven't we are haven't right. we already? I don't know. I just assume we're just we used have. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So here we go. Hey, leftovers and about seven dots and Frank. I'm sorry, but I had to weigh in and all this Batman versus Superman hate on the boards. The teaser was epic. Anyone that has been waiting for this movie shit themselves as soon as it started. I saw the leaked hey, footage. Frank, did you shit yourself? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I shit myself a lot last week. I'd have to see if you that was one of the... the uh, did you have large odd silvers? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't shit myself. <laughs> Anal leakage. The minute it started? I yeah. mean, come on now. Uh, <laughs> can, you, can you imagine, like, sitting there, like, watching a trailer for the first time, and then just, like, losing all control of your bowels? Oh, uh, it was so good. The minute that WB logo hit, I lost control wow. of my bowels. I wouldn't... <laughs> Fuck. Oh, shit. You're just shitting all over the place. Funny enough, I did drop ass when we watched Man of Steel right in the quiet part when uh, Clark is talking to Lois. Yeah. And like half the theater heard it. Oh, jeez. What did you say? He farted. He ass in a quiet moment and the whole theater heard it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No, they call it... They, they, this trailer was make, literally making people shit. They were calling it the Batman v. Pooper Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the internet. Oh, all right. Continue on. Yeah. I saw the leaked footage and wished I hadn't afterward. Then I saw WB's version and holy shit. I wanted to know your thoughts on the teaser and the hate for it. My thoughts on the hate are follows. You have the Marvel lovers. You know these people. Marvel is the best. The first to do it can't be done better types there won't be a movie done better even if batman super batman versus superman is better they won't admit it i want to stop right here for a second and talk digest that a little bit okay marvel didn't do it first just to disagree with this email i mean what the shared universe or the fact of cinematic superheroes he's talking about shared universe. shared universe yeah. okay yeah that's all he's doing well i mean this is the first time that i think aren't they doing like yeah, the shared universe. That's what he's got to be talking about, I would imagine. Okay, well, as... Because I mean, Superman was, like, the first... 
the first DC cinematic universe. Yeah, but I don't movie. think he's going back fucking 30, 40 years. Okay. E- even if that's the point, I, that won't be my reason for this hate. I'm not hating on DC trying to do a, a shared universe so much as my hate comes from the filmmakers themselves and their vision. You know, it's not so much go DC and make a good shared universe. And I can't wait till the first non Zack Snyder, David Goyer movie in this universe, more, more or less, you know, but to continue on the next parts of the Frank bashing. Um, then you have the join the crowd types, Frank's group, the ones that can't think for themselves and join in on the hate, such as there are too many characters in this movie. They've heard this talk and jump on the hate wagon, which, by the way, how many characters did Avengers have in it? Ooh, yeah, slam. So, yeah, I think I can see his point a little bit. I guess before Frank saw the trailer, he was a little bit critical of the movie, it seems like. Well, none of the news sounded good to me. Yeah. And that wasn't because somebody else said it first. I mean, I've I've had bad feelings about it since Batfleck. But I mean, to actually see something that the studio puts out for us to see is different than rumors and hearsay and all that stuff. So I mean, to see a finished product gives you hope. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I'll continue on. I know it's early and we have only seen a teaser, but I wanted to give my two cents on it. And if you don't mind, I've been a Batman collector and comic reader for about 25 years now. I love The Dark Knight Returns, but I think there are some things you can't do in a movie that you did do in the book, such as Batman-Superman's relationship. In the book, they have known each other for years and have dealt with each other over time, therefore having the hand at the throat phrase made sense. I think the do you bleed line is going to be the movie equivalent of that part. Just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that. I'm just getting tired of all the Batman versus Superman hate and made up excuses for doing so when no one knows anything about it, at least for now. Since seeing the teaser, everyone can hate on how dark and DC it is. By the way, I love the Marvel movies and can't wait for Ultron and Ant-Man, so it's not a Marvel DC thing. Thank God, thanks, guys, and keep it up. Love the podcast. Craig. Oh, thanks, Craig. Yeah, hey, that's hey, a hey. lot to digest. What do you guys think about all that? What do you pull from that? I think opinions are opinions and everyone is valid and you can present your, you know, reasons for thinking the way that you do. And that doesn't make anybody right or wrong. Oh, I, uh, I, I, go ahead. Finish your thought. But like, I mean, the, the idea of what he brought up as far as like, oh, there's too many characters in this, in this movie. The names that have been thrown around with a title like Batman v Superman, it gives you the impression, yeah, there are too many characters in there. They're trying to stuff too much in. They'll just let it be about Batman versus Superman. Until we saw the trailer. Right, which shows, well, at least gives the impression that the movie's going to be about Batman versus Superman, which that's fine. Well, and also, okay, I mean, you've got a, a being, an alien, as powerful as Superman. Mm-hmm. It's natural that if there are people in the world such as Aquaman, such as Wonder Woman... His presence is going to force them out into the open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. so that makes sense to the story. So yeah. when we're hearing about like, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and all these characters being thrown into the movie, we didn't know in context of what. Right. And now that we've seen the first trailer, which I think nailed it thematically, so we yeah. know what the theme of the movie is, thematically more so than any other trailer I think I've seen recently. Right. And 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 I'm putting this thematically over Star Wars. Star Wars is such a fucking I, secret. I don't disagree with that at right. all. But I, so I, Star Wars marketing's different. I mean, yeah. they, they don't have to tell us what everything is. No, it's just cool thing, the, cool thing, cool thing, cool yeah. thing, cool right. thing, cool thing. Right. And I'm not saying their strategy's bad because no. their, their strategy is killing it. I'm just saying, like, 
thematically, like, we know where this movie's coming from. Oh, and so I, it yeah. totally makes sense that these characters, like, uh, you know, even, like, like seeing Cyborg, maybe not as Cyborg, but just seeing, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, who will eventually become Cyborg, we'll see him in this film. I, t- I totally agree with you. If there's one thing I can say positive about the trailer is, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. It nailed it thematically. Right. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. Is yeah. The thematics just aren't my thing. Yeah. No, and, and you're, I think the people that hated Man of Steel hate this movie, the trailer that they saw. Right. I think the people that loved Man of Steel, like myself, loved this trailer. I just think it's going to be another one of those divisive films. And you know what? I love that. You know mm-hmm. why? Because people are going to argue about it. People oh, yeah. are going to talk about it. Right. Some people are going to be passionate about it. Some people are going to love it. Craig, you, I, I mean, maybe you're just kind of like focusing in on the negative comments on the internet. Yeah. But trust me, buddy, there are plenty of people out there that still like this trailer, that love this trailer, that didn't feel that it was underwhelming, that felt right. like they nailed it. And I'm one of those people. I Tupperware the fuck out of this trailer. And the in, the insta hate goes both ways. I mean, he's very critical about people instantly jumping on the hate bandwagon. Yeah. But he's also the same guy that was already shitting himself the moment the WB logo came out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he's a little bit on the insta love bandwagon. So he's got to he's got to understand through the eyes of both people a little right. bit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You get some people who are a little defensive about it, and they don't understand. You can like comic book movies and then not like the things that you've heard coming out about this film. Exactly. You. You can't get mad at people that aren't on the middle when you yourself aren't on the middle. No, either. I mean, let's yeah. take a look back at this. Let's take a look back at some of the news, and I was upset about it too. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this trailer is 100% like, you know, it's like taking all my fears and just like throwing them out the window. Right. They don't exist in here. They're gone. <laughs> it's a fart in the wind. No, I still have some fear about this movie. I don't know how Batflex's going to be. Right. He mm-hmm. looks great in the suit, man. He looks great in that fucking suit. Of course, you can't see much other than just his mouth. Well, He's not moving well, around. Yeah, but that's, that's Batman. We see we see him as Bruce Wayne for a second. Right. See him no, as Bruce I'm, Wayne. And oh, we yeah. also see him in the suit in like two or three different scenes. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you see. I'd suit. like to see it move. You did. Yeah, you did. Like you he, did. he came out from behind something. It was very cool. What was well, it? yeah. No, I mean, like in, in like a fight. Well, yeah. That big ass bulky well, sure. suit. I'd like to see that. Oh, I like the I like the other suit. The other suit. Like, yeah. The gray and black suit yeah. that we got better looks at. I like that suit a lot better. I like it more than the, the other suit. The My question suit to too. you guys is, you like that suit a lot yeah, more? Yeah, yeah. Not the excessive suit. Can I, like I tell you one thing? It's my favorite suit so far. Like, did you see the pictures that I posted on Facebook yeah. this week? Yeah, the full mm-hmm. shots of yeah. gray. And, mm-hmm. It's my favorite suit of any Batman that I've seen. Nice, cool. I think it looks awesome. Like, it looks better than the, the Nolan. I like the smaller horns mm-hmm. as opposed to like the really long ones. I like the smaller horns better too yeah and i love the gray i've always been a big fan of the gray you know so um but anyway my question to you is like uh they interviewed uh henry cavill and i don't have this in my notes but they interviewed henry cavill and they asked him you know like why couldn't superman just defeat batman in like two seconds and he said something like you know if i'm superman superman wouldn't do that yeah talking about like you know superman you know of course is not going to go you know full throttle on fucking batman right so my question to you guys is like, they're still making it sound like kryptonite does not exist in this universe. Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this that week. I read that article too, and before I clicked on it, I expected to read something about kryptonite in yeah. that article. Yeah. Like, that was his answer. Right. But it wasn't. I, I think it'll still be there. I think they're keeping it under wraps. Okay, uh, you know, and I, I agree with that, but my question to you is, let's say, hypothetically, it does not exist. How does Batman beat Superman? How does Batman beat Superman? Hmm. Or is everybody just expecting? Because everybody's expecting him to. 
You know what I mean? Right. But how does he beat Superman without fucking kryptonite? I don't know. I don't, I don't see know. it. I think they're both going to beat each other at one point or, or another in the movie. I really do. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for Superman is going to be how far does he take it? He's already going to have guilt with what happened with Zod. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Batman's going to not pull any punches when he comes after him. And it's going to be like a balancing act for him. Like, how hard do I punch him? Like, how, how much do I want this problem to go away? Because he's not going to want to accidentally kill him. Yeah, I can see that. I think Superman's going to win fight one. Batman's going to win fight two. Mm-hmm. And they'll be dawning justice by fight three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, no, justice. I have no, like, nothing to <laughs> stand by. I'm just guessing. Sure. But I really think they're going to let it go both ways. No, I'm just th- I'm just thinking about this movie now, other things. like uh, There's a lot to think about. You know, I, I think that, uh, man, it's like, I want to see, like, what kind of Bruce Wayne we get at the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. Where in the movie is he looking at the suit and looks like he's fucking crazy? Like, he almost looks like Nicholson in The Shining. Like, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he feels powerless, but he's got rage and all this shit. And I'm just like, where in the movie is this happening? Is this happening, like, in the latter part of the movie? Is this happening in the middle, the beginning? Where is this happening? And, like, is this a Batman that's, like, put away, like... You know, like, is this setting up Suicide Squad that well? I mean, is has Batman put away, like, all these fucking characters in, like, Arkham or in, like, uh, in prison? That's Could an they, interesting question. Are they all, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. has he not had to do anything for quite a while? Is Gotham, are the streets clean? I mean, you know what I mean? I wonder how much of a lead-in to Suicide Squad this movie is all the time, too. Is, I, I'm thinking, like, yeah, I'm thinking, like, he's retired for a while. I mean, yeah. we would imagine here and, and like he's probably put away all the villains and that's what's setting up suicide squad right yeah i think i think you might be right yeah and then of course we had this week where cavill opened his mouth and said that it's not a sequel but i think if anything the trailer absolutely fucking ties it into the first movie you can't get away from it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy cavill is crazy he doesn't know nothing. If he's not careful, he's going to be right next to Cudmore soon. They don't tell the actors nothing. They don't even get the other people's dialogue. I honestly think that you have to watch Man of Steel in order to probably understand this film. Yeah, you totally right. Do. You'd have just to. from just from that fucking right trailer that we watched. Obviously, he's here and has been here for right. whatever reason. So in that re- in that regard, I think in that respect, it is a fucking sequel. Yeah, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. You have to see it. Yeah, so good. So, yeah, so good. Don't, Craig, you're not alone, dude. I'm looking forward to this fucking movie, man. Yeah. And don't let the haters get you down. As a Batman versus Superman hater myself, don't, don't let us get you down. I hate, I, you love know, what I, you fucking love. I if love you think the, it looks great. Yeah. I love the movie so much, I'm getting pissed off that Jake keeps calling it Batman versus Superman. It's Batman v. Uh, I'm trying to, Superman. I'm already trying I'm, to fix it. Me. I'm already trying to fix it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you gotta kind of figure too. I mean, our opinions are still being formed by this. We haven't seen the movie. We don't know what it's gonna be my, at yeah, all in my, the end. Exactly. Exactly. All we can do is say what we feel like with what comes out. You know, the female voiceover in that is uh, Holly Hunter. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know mm-hmm. that either. Yeah. She remember she's playing a character in this. I think hmm. uh, who is she playing again? Oh crap. Tompkins. Uh, Leslie Tompkins. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, who's part of the? No, nah, I wouldn't say. Is she part of the Bat? Would you consider Bat family? You know, like right up there. Not right up there with Alfred. Yeah, I don't consider her part of the. I don't know. Direct Bat family. Yeah, no. not the direct. But Bat she's Bat on the maybe, Batman but there's side. A, yeah, if you yeah. made a big poster of everyone connected to Batman and Bruce Wayne, she'd have a line in there. Yeah, I guess. absolutely. And I've watched that trailer now so many times, I, I can't get it out of my head. When Jeremy Irons speaks, I just keep thinking of Scar. Oh, from yeah. fucking Lion King. I could see that. I could see that. 
So yeah, don't let the haters get you down. Yeah, you know. All right, Nikita. but you can hate on me all you want because I can take it. Yeah, Frank, you're like a a punching bag. Yeah, pincushion, yeah. like a stress ball, stress yeah. banana. Yeah, stress <laughs> banana. Beat me against the table. Oh, All God, right. I'm never going to beat you against the table. <laughs> what are you talking about? We've got an email from Jacob Harmon. Okay. Not his beard, Not his oh. beard. But, but the man himself. Harmon speaks. Yeah. The man himself. He says, hey, Brian, Jake, dot, 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 and Frank. Just wanted to write in about a few things. It's a long email, so be prepared. All right, we'll break this down paragraph by paragraph then. You ready, guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, Archie versus Predator number one is a Tupperware. Awesome concept, fun story with a few pop culture references. There's a single-page story at the end unrelated to the book featuring another Dark Horse character meeting a young Archie. And once you've read it, you'll probably want an entire book of their adventures. It's probably Hellboy, right? Is there another property you would like to see crossover with Archie? Man, what a tease. Jacob Harmon's being a tease there. I wonder what the other character... Hellboy, I believe. It is Hellboy? I'm pretty sure. Wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I, I, I've added this to my pull list. Now i got to wait like two months before I get my shipment. I just got my shipment couple days ago. You know, so. this Archie crossover stuff, they've mm-hmm. been doing this for as long as I can remember. Sure, I Archie re- and Kiss. Yeah, when I was a kid, they did Archie and Punisher. Yeah. And they did Archie and Ninja Turtles. And so, it's pretty weird how... They did Archie and Glee a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like there's... I'm sure there's like 20 others that we're not thinking of, yeah. but kind of a weird thing that they do. A lot of them are really fun reads, though, that's for sure. Well, I mean, um, they have to in order to kind of get to sell issues i would think yeah you know what i mean uh even uh idw was kind of doing something like this where they were and idw does this a lot to be honest with you now that i'm thinking about it but they had a mars attacks month okay yeah and they had mars attacks transformers mars attacks gi joe mars attacks like every like ghostbusters like every one of their like properties Mars Attacks. They do do that a lot. I remember like a couple years ago, it was zombies infest everything, and they infested Ghostbusters, and they infested Transformers, and they infested Star Trek, and yeah, yeah, Yeah. they they do do that a lot. All right, so moving on, he says, iZombie also gets a Tupperware. I've been loving that show. I never thought a zombie could be hot, but damn. So you guys still watching the iZombie? I I never got on it, man. No, I, I, I mean, I can... I can catch them on Hulu if I want to. I just haven't yeah. gone back. I still got them all on my DVR, but I'm probably going to delete them and go the Hulu route in yeah. a few months myself. Yeah, they're on Hulu. All right, so moving on. I collect movie and TV soundtracks, and I want to ask, do you guys have a soundtrack that's a personal favorite? My beard says that all the soundtracks from Sons of Anarchy are Tupperwares. Those soundtracks have some really neat covers and are well worth a listen. The best movie soundtrack I've heard in a while is from The Fault in Our Stars. Um, while the soundtrack to If I Stay has been the biggest disappointment, as it doesn't include any Melvin songs, despite the fact that the band was prominently mentioned in the book. So any favorite soundtracks? Let's go around the table real quick and just, just name like a couple. Well, I mean, right off the top of my head, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's a good that, modern one. That was amazing. One. I went ahead and paid for it, even though you could get them all those songs off of Spotify. Yeah. So, Brian, you got to just one up the top of your head? Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. Hands down. I still love Huey Lewis in the news to this day, and I'm sure most of that is from Back to the Future Love. Yep, absolutely. So, shoot. Um, man, the, the, 
when I think of soundtracks, I always think of Star Wars, but that's such a cop-out fucking answer. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of all the, the Tarantino soundtracks. I used to listen to, like, that Pulp Fiction and those Me Reservoir too. Dog CDs, like, all the time. Yeah, when I used to go playing pool, when I used to play pool, mm-hmm. like, that was in the jukebox, and, like, that was uh, one of our go-tos every time. So. Yeah, just tons of good songs. Tarantino always does a great job picking out songs for his movies, mm-hmm. so. Uh, even the Dust Till Dawn soundtrack I listen to a lot, so... Yeah, that's uh, just you know putting on the well, spot. That was that was Rodriguez. Yes, but yeah. Tarantino wrote Rodriguez. Um, directed. He directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the most obscure uh, soundtrack that you ever got? That I ever actually bought or yeah. listened to? Well, I bought, purchased, went out of your way to find. Oh, that's really. Oh, my other soundtrack. Spot. I got one more. Hold on. Transformers, the animated movie. Oh, there That's you go. good. <laughs> there you, you go. You got the touch. Well, it's got Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's fantastic. That is a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. I can't think of like what the most obscure soundtrack I ever bought was. I want to say it was 1998 uh, after Final Fantasy VII came out. Yeah. Back then, the uh, internet was in its infancy, so I had to order it from Japan. I think it cost like 50 or 75 bucks. Mm. And, you know, it's Japanese all over the case because they didn't have like the Distant World CDs you could get now. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about video game soundtracks, but yeah, I bought a ton of those. So, All right, and then just another real quick thing. Um, I want to also give a shout-out to Frank. As a tradesman myself, I enjoy seeing the work he does on his Facebook. All right, guys, take care and keep up the great work. Jay Carmen. All right. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, so, buddy. Yeah, that was a good email. A lot of fun stuff. Um, so you're getting the Archie Predator comic? Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's going to come into my next shipment, but I added it to my pull list. It's a, it's a mini series, like four issues or something. Okay, so this next email is pretty good. We, we get an answer to, uh, Fabrizio's death here. Oh, yeah. From, uh, Gregory Alente, do you remember when we brought up the whole Titanic thing? Yes. I'm sure you do. Yeah, it was last week. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, in, so what is hands down the best part of Titanic? Fabrizio is crushed by a huge fucking smokestack that falls over as the ship is sinking. I actually bought the movie in 3D when I bought a new TV and applauded when he was killed because he was so goddamn worthless in this movie. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Hating on Fabrizio. Oh. I told you. I told you we got to see that motherfucker die. Yeah, you were right. I just couldn't remember how. I knew he wasn't the fan guy, though. No, That's I knew what that was too. confusing me. I didn't know if it was like the propeller blade or yeah. I knew something like I thought it was the railing dude, but I was wrong. Yeah. Okay, and then um, our next email, it's another Batman versus Superman email. I, I did a terrible job really grouping those together. Yeah, you did. So, <laughs> yeah. This, this one's from Joe Fatale. Showrunner Jake, killing it. Killing it. So this one's from Joe Fatale. He says... um. I'm sure you will have a lot to say about it on this week's show, but I wanted to chime in about the Batman v Superman teaser. So, um, first off for a teaser, it really sets the tone of the movie and shows more than I thought they would have at this point. I'm sure at San Diego Comic-Con, we will be getting some additional footage so we can all look forward to really bad leaked cell phone video at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll get anything. <clears throat> really? I- I really think we will, especially since Marvel's been so upfront about that they're going to give us nothing. I don't know. I think I, Time Warner may come in and seize that moment. I think we're going to definitely get something. I mean, they can't they can't get this footage leaked out on the internet fast enough. The, all the shit with Leto and all that stuff with the Joker. The question is: Isn't are we going to get leaked footage of what happens? Is anything going to happen at all? Is the question? Well, right. I would hope to think that they would have something planned. I mean, they they're pushing it out like they haven't shit in a week. Yeah, you think we'll get promotional images? Or you think we'll get more full blown clips? At least images. At least images. Okay. Probably of people we haven't seen yet. 
Yeah. God help me no more Gal Gadot. I'm with you. We're going to see some more stuff, I think. So back to the trailer. I can't help but think that this is exactly how a modern society would react to a being like Superman. Some of them would literally worship him as a savior or God, while some would look at him as a real threat to humanity and all its governments. After all, if he decides that you as a dictator don't deserve to be in power, there's nothing anyone could do to stop him. Therein lies the internal battle for Superman. Do I assist where I can help and, or let humanity solve their own major problems? Oh, I read that so fucked up. Therein lies the internal battle for Superman. Do I assist where I can and let humanity solve their own major problems? Or do I step in and remake the world as I think it should be? I mean, if you had that type of power right now, don't you think I would want to wipe out ISIS off the map or dismantle weapons in North Korea? These are complex issues, and I give WB credit for going down this path. Unfortunately, this will cause this movie to be polarized, just like the Man of Steel was. There will be people who will love who will love Marvel Avengers and will say how bleak and depressing they are making this movie. Let's all give it a chance and wait and see. I will say one thing, and saying this is awesome, who has always loved Superman, ever, saying this as someone who has always loved Superman ever since I sat in the front rows to see Superman the movie, I will be very disappointed if at the end of this movie, Superman is not looked upon by us as a symbol of inspiration and hope. After all, that's what the symbol on his chest is supposed to stand for. Very good email, I think. Um, that's a really interesting question. By the end of Batman v Superman, will Superman kind of be the Superman that we know? Like the, you know, the symbol for inspiration and hope? I mean, People seem pretty split in the trailer from what we've seen so far. That seems like quite a radical change to happen by the end of the movie, but maybe. When it's one man with all that power, yeah. I mean, one morning he could wake up and just decide to go do whatever the fuck he wants and nobody can stop him. I I think with it, them, you know, labeling it Dawn of Justice, by bringing in those other superpower beings, it's kind of like they keep each other accountable. So if there's some kind of structure in place where, you know, everybody knows that there's discussion before somebody goes and does something. Cause, I mean, if Superman was to take it upon himself to go do things, like take out ISIS and stuff like that, at what point does it become him being like the benevolent dictator? Like, taking away your toys so you don't hurt yourself with it. Do you think by the end of the movie, they will, that the general public will see Superman as a hero? Hard to say. Don't really have enough to go on. I know you don't have enough to go on, but do you think? Guess. <laughs> Brian, what do you think? I no. don't think so. No. No. I don't think so either. I, I mean, we still have Lex, and we still right. have another Man of Steel Man of Steel sequel or whatever, Man of Steel 2 or whatever that's going to come out, and I think that, that he's still got to overcome Lex Luthor, and Lex right. Luthor is still probably going to be championing the, the fact that he's an alien and he needs to be stopped. Yeah, and what's Lex Luthor without a cult of people that agree with him? Right. So, yeah, there's, it's always going to be split. And I still think it's a House of Cards race to the presidency mm-hmm. for Lex Luthor. So, it kind of kills some of the conflict to take that out of the equation. Like, yes. whether Superman is good or bad and if everybody accepts him. I agree. There's no, Superman is definitely still going to have his detractors by the end of this movie. Well, I the would government, say. even in the comic books to this day, if you read the comic books, the government has always wanted control of Superman. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's a big thing. Uh, you know, the government uh, would love to control Superman. Um, you know, and we've seen that in the comics. So, it, it, yeah, there, uh, 
there's going to be different groups. It's never going to be 100% everybody loves him just like in the uh, fucking Christopher Reeve movies. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, lots of, lots of questions about the Batman v superman stopping myself from saying verses there Mm -hmm. all right so moving on to the next email it is from john butler um it is addressed specifically to brian Mm. with the subject matter leave frank alone Ah. so real quick email it says hey man stop picking on frank you are so mean just (laughs) just pulling your chain bry keep up with the great episodes my favorite podcast ever watched babadook last weekend Great movie. Thanks for the recommendation, John. Now, I saw that you had posted on our Facebook uh-huh. page that The Babadook is now available on Netflix. It is on Netflix, everyone. You can watch it there. If you have Netflix, watch The Babadook. So, and yeah, if you're one of our listeners that's a jerk and hasn't liked our Facebook page yet, mm-hmm. you, you'd have known that already. But we'll, we'll reiterate it yeah. even, even to our jerk listeners. That now, don't, don't be mean, Jake. Oh, I can be mean to the listeners. It's just not to you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Fuck. Frank, Frank's in a little bubble, a little force field. <laughs> Talk <laughs> a little flower listeners. All right, so <laughs> next email. This one is from Oh man, I I this name I've been ruining the day. It's just at the very bottom they say it. What? Huey Cox? Huey. Where where do you see the what? last name at? Huh? Where'd you see the last name at? I oh, just know the guy. Oh, I know him. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. I care about our listeners even though they fucking hate me. <laughs> no, no, I recognize the name now that you say it. I yeah. just that's the first time I've I've read it on an email there. So speaking of Cox, let's talk about a few of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so what you want to name names? I could yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Who's on our shit list? Find out. Episode one hundred. <laughs> no, I'd say I, I enjoy the majority of our listeners. <laughs> the majority. <laughs> There's a fraction of them. <laughs> That's what we should make the first T-shirt say. P- Pop culture leftovers. The majority. Right. So yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. All right. So here we go from Huey Cox. Hi, Frank and the leftovers. A minor correction. He says Frank. That's first. backwards. The yeah. fuck? Oh man! All right, don't next. Read, don't ne- read this. Next email. email. Yeah. <laughs> next Hi, email. Frank and the Leftovers. Like it's a fuck. Like it's a band name and shit. Oh, Frank and the Leftovers, and we're like back. Me and Jake are backup singers. <laughs> I know. To this guy, no, Frank no, and the no, Leftovers. No. We're the fucking Jets. I, Benny. Yeah. We're the fucking Jets. We're the Jets. Bullshit. I'm the caboose. No. He's Huey Lewis. We're, we're the, the fucking news. news. Yeah, we're going to the same place. Same thing. What the fuck, man? Yeah. This is. You're gonna look at me like I did it. Yeah. No, I'm just looking at you. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> He's I'm looking Archie. at you. They're, they're yeah. looking. They're We're looking the Archies. Like, yeah. Like, right. I can't believe this sack of shit. If it makes you feel any better, skipping ahead to the end of this email, it says, P.S., please be meaner to Frank. It makes my day. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I don't know what happened. This guy must be bipolar, right? Frank and at, the leftovers. At the beginning, it's Frank and the leftovers, and at the end, he tells us to be meaner to Frank. Was he setting us up to be mean to Frank? You know what? Frank? We're changing the name of the fucking show, Jake. To no. Frank and the leftovers? No. To Brian and Jake. <laughs> <laughs> we're changing the whole name of the show. Brian and Jake. And we're going to have a Brian Jake rating system. If it's a toss, it, it gets a Jake. Nice. Like you synonymous. <laughs> I love it. You're synonymous. I, no, I take no shit. insult at all. <laughs> I, right. And so if it's wishy-washy, it's the, it's the Frank. And if it's the... There is no mention of that name. Not the F word. <laughs> you will uh, not no mention of the F word. No F bombs. No F word on our show. So. <laughs> all right. Um, a minor correction. The Stormtroopers and Rebels and Original Timeline are actually recruits, not clones. There was an episode of Rebels that focused on Ezra infiltrating an Imperial Academy that focused on this aspect of the Emperor, Empire. 
Also, in the trailer for Season 2, they showed an aged Captain Rex leading renegade clone troopers. And, of course, there's the line in A New Hope where Luke wants to join the Empire before he finds Ben. Considering he was just a farm boy, he would probably only be qualified to be a stormtrooper. Don't mean to be a dick, but considering all this focus on canon, I thought it was important. I don't think we ever disagreed with it. I, we just kind of pointed out yeah. that, that you know, if people wanted more proof that this is it. I mean, I never thought that... That's um, what I take away from that is, wow, Captain Rex is going to be in Season 2 of Rebels? That's cool. Yeah. So that's nice. Some Clone Wars tie into Rebels. You didn't watch the Rebels? I haven't seen the Rebels Season 2 trailer. Okay. I have four episodes left oh, okay. of Rebels 1, so okay. I, I just didn't want to see. I, someone Craig, how, many, how many episodes of Rebels Season <laughs> 1 do you have left, man? All of them. Oh, okay. Some D-bag already spoiled to me the um, Darth Vader ending. Oh, okay. And it kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit while I was I was like, and, and there was so much other stuff going on. Yeah, but I, I want to be the season two guy. So my plan is the week that season two is going to start. Mm-hmm. I, got, I only got four episodes; they're only a half an hour. When yeah. is that? So I was watching um, Star Wars uh, Celebration, the live feed. You know, yeah, yeah, I saw Star Wars and they had like a, a real like chopper droid. Oh, neat! That's there. awesome. I love chopper. Was it talking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it awesome. was making all the noises and shit. I love it. That is awesome. So yeah, that's okay. No need to apologize for correcting us there. That's interesting. That was a good email. Yeah, I kind of thought we all thought that though. Yeah, I didn't. I knew the episode four stormtroopers weren't clones at that point. Yeah. It's pretty established in episode two that they lose like their main source for making the clones. I, I know what we said in the episode, but it was just kind of like a, like I was used to saying it as a revelation to listeners. You know what I mean? For, mm-hmm. for them that didn't know. I mean, but I kind of knew it for myself. But All right. Our next email is from George Zygoris. I hope I'm saying that oh right. God, let me see this name. I got to see this. George. Yeah, it looks good. It looks like you did a good job there, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, it was Where'd a tricky one. Yeah. So, hey, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. Oh, Oh, this guy gets it right. <laughs> this, this, this guy Frank gets it. Frank the leftovers. Frank and the leftovers. <laughs> Dude, that guy's demoted. What is he, is he potato peeler in the army now? Uh, Huey Cox. Yeah, he's yeah. been demoted to yeah. potato peeler. Yeah. One more Frank and the leftovers, and you'll be fucking walking the deck. Oh, be yeah. on latrine duty. Oh yeah, latrine duty. There no, you go. he can ring the bell. I can starship troopers and walk the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So here we go. Hey, leftovers. Dot dot dot. And Frank. I just wanted to shoot you a quick thank you for working so hard to put out a quality podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That makes me laugh every time I hear it. it. Yeah. I, hear it. <laughs> I laugh when I'm not the guy reading this kind of stuff. So. Now, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of dedication and passion to, to every week sit down and record five hours of audio. And that's not counting all the time you spend editing and doing research for this show. This podcast has quickly become my favorite. Yeah, Frank, he wants to thank you for all the research. <laughs> that I don't do. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting at home with my thumb up my ass <laughs> while Frank is slaving while away. While Frank and the leftovers shit. continues on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one to two hours a night that I yeah. put into trying to watch a show that I'm supposed to watch. Mm-hmm. The Saturday night. Yeah, the, the, binge, the binge watch before the show. Uh, I have no, I have no favorite leftover. However, it's great to hear Brian be fairly po- be a fairly positive host. Yet will choose someone's throat out if he has if he has to when he feels strongly about something. Jake appeals to my inner hater, which is pretty enjoyable. And as much as Frank catches shit from you guys, it's great to hear his point of view, especially when you guys turn him on to something new. 
I've been listening since the beginning of the year and look forward to listening as long as you decide to continue this. Have a great week, and don't forget that people do appreciate you. Mm. So yeah, thank you. That thank is a you. great email. Yeah, as long as we, as long as we want to do this, I, you know what, man? I talk about like episode one hundred and shit. I don't even know if I'm gonna make it to episode. 100. <laughs> what? Seriously, man? Uh, yeah, Twelve way? No, it's just like uh, that fucking, uh, you know, like like some of the listeners, like that dude last week that thinks I'm too fucking mean to you. I <laughs> seriously, it's just, oh, like, shit like that makes me just want to fucking walk away from this shit. Don't no. let that shit get you no, down. No, it fucking does. You've it got fucking does. You've got George. For every one of those, there's at least twenty Georges. I know. So yeah, and George, you, George, we're gonna flip flop army positions. The the position that Huey just lost is yours now. Yeah. So good mm-hmm. going, George. You've moved up in the ranks. Huey, there's a fresh bag of potatoes. <laughs> get the get the work. Yeah, I'd like some fresh French fries right now. That sounds good. Yeah. So get to get to cutting them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. <laughs> Where did that come? What? I, I was thinking. I was thinking a Full Metal Jacket, like. They were they were doing he made him do PT. I'm glad you were thinking of that because nobody sorry. else was. Well, they're all recruits and shit, and he was busting them down. Am I borderline mean right now, Frank? I don't think so. We'll find out if you were Fuck. by next week. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. Oh, somebody will let me know. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, that was know. a valid point Frank had there. No, it really wasn't, guys. It's right. Okay. Next email from Tyler Bennett, subject Spider Man. Hey, leftovers and Frank. I just watched the Imitation Game last night and thought it was a fantastic movie. I wish it would have gone more into what happened to him at the end. But what I really want to bring up is the kid that played the young Alan Turing, mm. Alan Lawther. I thought he was one of the best actors in the film, particularly the scene with the headmaster. After the movie, I kept thinking about how Marvel wants a younger Peter Parker and thought he could be great. I have no idea if he could be funny or not, but if so, I say get Alex Lawther. Thanks for all the hours of podcasting to get me through the week. So what do you think, Brian? You, you've seen The Imitation Game. Is this guy, could this guy be Peter Parker? Uh, no. No. I mean, from like the sampling that I saw there. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it was not a funny role. I mean, it was basically a bunch of older kids picking on him and then putting him into a piece on the floor. Basically removing a plank from the floor, putting him in the floor, taking a plank and covering him up. And so that, and then him like basically, you know, banging to get out. And I mean, that was, that was basically the scene. I mean, there was. That's his only scene? Uh, no, there were other scenes. I mean, but that's I, his big scene. But I, yeah, I'm just saying, like, that's just one of the scenes. I mean, that uh, if you want to know, like, it was a serious movie. There was yeah. nothing. He wasn't cracking jokes. It was. It was not a. And that's that's exactly what he said in the email. I don't know if this kid is funny or not. I mean, yeah, you can look at him. The kid was a good actor, but I'm not, this is not Spider Man. Okay. I mean, you'd have to look. Go to his IMDb page, and if he's done any comedies, then maybe take a, another look at him. But. No. So you're jaking, I mean tossing Alex Lawther. <laughs> based on based on based on the performance that I saw from him in the imitation game, which is a phenomenal performance, but on the flip side, it does not work for a Spider Man film, so yes, I am tossing it. Alright, alright. Yeah. Alright, gentlemen, we have one more email left. Mm-hmm. So you ready for it? Yeah. This is from Slowfly McDuffie, and this was actually a you Facebook. Still, you left out that one email that I told you. You've got a Oh, the rating system email. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I'm is, so, it was in my notes for last week, and then we skipped emails, and then I I'm, forgot it this week. We're pausing, and we're reading that one this week. Okay. You've got to read that one. Jesus, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll do this one, and we'll get that. I saved these emails so we can get all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we got to read that one. Okay. We'll do it. We'll do it. 
This one is a Facebook message, not an email. Yeah. So you're more than welcome to send us Facebook messages too if you want to ask questions. I'd like the emails. Prefer the emails. They're easier to send. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Send the emails. Send the emails. Yeah. Fuck the Facebook messages. Yeah. You've been demoted, so fly McDuffie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peeling potatoes next to Huey, <laughs> sucking uh, golf balls through a hose. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Were you dropped on your head as a child? Uh, so fly says, "Hey PCL, love Eps eighty seven, but Olivia Munn in the new X Men movie, kind of a bummer to hear." I heard she was a monster to work with on Attack of the Show, according to co-workers on Kevin's Pointless Podcast. Anyway, did you guys see Age of Ultron yet? And what what's y'all's rating on it? And Jake, what do you think of the new Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts DC cartoon? Thanks for your time. Keep up the excellent work, Pop Culture Leftovers, and Frank. All right, so let's break that down one at a time. Uh, Olivia Munn, is she hard to work with? I, I guess you're the uh, Kevin Pereira fan. I listened to the Pointless Pod, have not heard those episodes where people talk about her, but I wouldn't put it past them. Huh. Uh, they do talk a lot about their experiences working for G4, and, and uh, you know, they do talk about different people. So, I, I mean, sure. I mean, whatever. She's still cast as Psylocke, and I'm still excited. I don't care how she works with, plays with others. I yeah, mean, right. I'm still excited to see her. Some of the best, best actors ever, there's tons of stories about them, right. you know, being hard sure. to work with. Well, there's that Christian Bale freaking video where he went off on that grip. Oh, and the Terminator said, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. And then he asked about the Age of Ultron. No, we are not Australian, so we have not <laughs> seen Age of Ultron yet. No. Um, like we said, next week is the All Age of Ultron, Ultron podcast. You'll hear what we think then. Um, and as far as the Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts DC cartoon, this is off my radar. I haven't, I haven't even heard of this cartoon yet, mm-hmm. so I will check into it. Um, that title doesn't get me excited, though. What is Batman going to be like morphing into like tigers and shit? I mean, what is Batman? I would change into a bat. What's animal- the title again? Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts. Oh, so that's, that's, a, that's a terrible title. Yeah, but I will look into it. I will see if it because I the previous Batman cartoons I love, so I will look into that. Yeah. Oh shit! We were talking about bestiality last week, so maybe this maybe is the cartoon for you guys. Bat- <laughs> Batman's f- fucking reptile or something. <laughs> Probably got fucking so, the killer croc. Some kind of spray in his suit to incapacitate him, paralyze him for about twenty minutes. All right, so yep, that's that's what I got. Let's uh, take a pause break and dig up that other email. All right, I've got. The final email now, for real this time. <laughs> for realsies. You've been waiting on this email for like four weeks, man. This email is like the Avengers 2 of emails. Yes, it is. It's just been building anticipation. <laughs> yeah. There's been rumors about this email that haven't been confirmed. Yeah. So we don't even know where we're going to get here. Yeah. Bleeding Cool had a different rumor than Cinema Blend. So. Slash Film was saying even crazier yeah. shit than that. Yeah. So it's just been all over the board. What will this email say? Yeah. I don't even know who the original originator of this email was. Because, you know what I mean? It's just been something that's been passed on and passed on and passed on. I read an article on Reddit about this email. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it, was, it was actually like a post about the email referring to the email with snippets of the email. Wow. It, yeah, it was fucked up, dude. So, time to put these rumors to a rest yeah. and read this email. So, here we go. This is from Anthony Rodriguez. And he says, greetings, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. I'm a professional branding and marketing strategist, which means I evaluate and structure branding strategies for large corporate brands. I listen to your podcast often. Sorry, you are not my first or one and only, and I have enjoyed your show on a regular basis. I started back at episode 50. 
I'm sure I will be shunned for making this email too long, but I would give my profession. I would like to give my professional evaluation of the PCL brand. Uh, okay, yeah, stop here. So mm-hmm. this is cool. This is what this guy does for a living. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you read this? Did you read through this already yourself? Oh hell yeah! So, okay, yeah. I was going to ask. Yeah. So, what do you think, Frank? Are you? I I haven't uh, gotten to read the rest. No, of I know, I know. But what do you He's think? He's asking what you think. What, what oh, you, I think it's awesome. No, it, do you think it'll be a positive or or, an, or a negative evaluation? I think it'll be a positive one. Okay, so Frank is optimistic. Um, I typically rate brands on a scale of negative five to plus five being that you can only do things that will lose or gain listeners, in your case. All right, so here we go. He breaks us down into all different kinds of categories and gives us a rating for each one. Um, The cast rating, plus five, the highest rating you can get. The current trio is the perfect mix of high-intensity Brian, grounded insight Jake, and wild card of opinions that split the two perfectly frank. This blend is one ba- is one balance that allows listeners to gravitate towards a reviewer that suits their own ideals, with Frank as the resident shimp of the group. <laughs> no, shimp. Oh. Shimp. Like, like the fourth stooge. I thought he was talking about, like, you know, did, a, a did monkey sound, at the zoo throwing poo. He did sound like you said chimp. Oh, my apologies. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Male Frank chimp. is the resident I, chimp. Well, I identified with that also, so... Sorry. So, uh, so don't apologize, God damn it! Give it to me. With Frank as the resident shimp of the group, uh, varying between unintelligible rambling, both sober and not, and in-depth commentary, hammer drops, sandwiched between unfiltered, down-to-earth reviews. So, all right, perfect. That was that was brilliant. Plus yeah. five on cast rating. Yeah. So moving on, content rating plus four. Still pretty good though. Many brands that spend millions studying their audience fail to stay true to their original niche. PCL runs the gamut of current pop culture, movies, TV, games, and comic books, with heavy emphasis on Star Wars and Marvel, and less focus in the music category. So there we go. Mm-hmm. I have an opinion on that as to why. Let's hear it. Uh, it's because uh, we, we haven't sold out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't talk about shit that we wouldn't be talking about anyway, just to try to fit something else in. Right. Yeah. I know, I know there's some others out there that... I'd sell it in a heartbeat, though. <laughs> Got money for me? Well, yeah, but no. I will sell the fuck out. I will talk about whatever the fuck you want me to do. Just give me some goddamn money. But I know I know you'd make it organic. <laughs> I know I know it'd have to be organic to what it is no, you talk about. No, I don't about. care. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> so, yeah if, anyone, if anyone in the Army wants to be on Pop Culture Leftovers... Just give us some goddamn money. Give some <laughs> donations. Yeah, you're no, bro- I'm talking to sponsors, too. Right. I'll pimp your shit. I don't care what it fucking is. <laughs> I don't care what the fuck you want me to sell. You want me to fucking sell bouillon cubes? Like those little bouillon cubes for fucking like uh, broth and shit? I love I'll those. Fu- I'll talk about that fucking shit all fucking day. Oh, shit, I'll yeah. give you a two-hour goddamn podcast on that alone. I'd let Jake Periscope me getting a tattoo of somebody's brand on my butt. <laughs> wow! This right. guy is regretting for giving me periscope in your butt. What a true friend you are! <laughs> Yo, you mean you'll really let me do that, Frank? Oh man, this guy is now regretting his decision to giving us such high marks. All right, quality rating. There Mi- we go. Minus two. The show is often decimated by poor sound quality, impedance, delays, level disparities. However, the leftovers never fail to point out their own faults in this area. Point the finger at themselves and laugh it off, which is exactly how it should be handled. Loyal, loyal listeners referred to as the leftover army will surely find themselves nostalgic for these type of quirky mishaps that add charm and rawness to the brand. So man, even at a minus two rating, yeah. it's still basically a positive review. 
This no, but we're called the leftovers. We should be like the first one. Cash should be like negative five. Yeah, <laughs> we should be. You know what I mean. The next one should have been negative three. Yeah, this is the only one that makes sense so far to our brand. <laughs> <laughs> negative two. I agree. I we're agree. Leftovers. We're fuck ups. Originality rating plus three. This one sounds like a fuck up too. Like our whole theme song is about how unoriginal we are. Yeah. But, yeah. but we'll go on. As indicated by their own name and theme, they don't cover anything not already covered in the podcast market. The originality of what they offer lives in the presentation. A lot of places serve steak. They don't serve it to you with a side of fries, ranch dressing, and a fuck you written on each napkin. My kind of place. Okay. So, uh, that's good rationale. Yeah. He swayed me. I don't know plus three, but not as low as in my head yeah after that swain so you're not that original all right theme rating plus five thus thus far the best podcast theme song i know of it's the only theme song that plays in my head like a radio pop song if there is a better custom tailored theme song for a podcast i haven't found it yet so I, i'm with him there our theme song is a plus five. Oh man, do you remember the day that I got the fucking the theme song back? We were just talking about this, I think, <laughs> yeah. a couple episodes ago. Not on the air, but like mm-hmm. off to the side. Yeah, yeah. I just played that thing like five times in my car, back <laughs> to back to back. I we, played it for everyone I knew. Right. I sent out, and I actually put an article on our webpage um, months and months and months ago about the origin of the of the song and mm-hmm. like how it came to be. And I I sent the band. The name of the band is Love You to Death. And mm-hmm. they're, they're a band out of Canada. And I sent them uh, just sent them a couple emails and told them kind of like what we are, what we want. And I said I trust you with the lyrics. And like they took everything that I fucking said and made this awesome song. It's yeah. the best part of our show. Yeah, they killed it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so yeah. What's I always forget the name of the band. What was it again? Love you. Love to you death. to death. Yep. So yeah, they, they killed it. Check them out. Love you to death. Yeah. Give them some love. Tell them how much you love the PCL theme song. Yeah. So yeah. entertainment rating plus five. While entertainment value is subjective at best, the equation of enjoyability times cost or times time divided by cost, I give PCL a plus four as it offers hours per episode with each minute carrying a high satisfaction rating for its demographic. Since episode 50, I found it to be consistent while constantly evolving with added skits, running gags, and contributing characters such as Mark Harmon's beard and Nemesis Nemesis TJ Lamb. He he says Mark Harmon. That's hilarious. Yeah, Mark Harmon, he's like a CSI guy now, right? Right. Or something that, like that. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. I was, I was thinking, first I was thinking like, uh, I'm surprised you didn't say Dan Harmon from Community. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's the small things that prevent the show from getting older stale and the familiar things that keep the army loyal. Oh, all right. So. And, oh yeah. As we witnessed last week. Oh, uh, loyal army? No, yeah. Me being a big meanie. Yeah, you big oh. meanie. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let that get you to heart again. That's one guy thinking that. Whatever. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to, uh, you know, like, I feel like the army's defected, but maybe I should go rogue. Yeah. We're going to have our own pop culture leftovers. Civil war. What? <laughs> I'm going to go rogue. I just That's got a feeling gonna I'm gonna, somebody's going to end up balls deep in my ass. You're going to go rogue. Episode. Yeah. I'm going rogue, man. What do you mean? You're like, ditching us doing your own thing? On the show, no, I'm just going to be like the evil motherfucker on the show. Oh. <laughs> That's what people already think, so it's like, why not? <laughs> All right, overall score, based on your KPI, which is Key Performance Indicators, 20 out of a possible 30. If that doesn't sound like an impressive number, the average score for nationwide corporations and TV shows is about 18. 
and they pay millions to get a score that high. McDonald's, for example, has a current score of 14. Keep up the good work, guys. F-bombs, gotchas, and hammer drops for life. So there we go. I want to know how fucking Long John Silver's stacks up against that group. Yeah, I bet we're beating <laughs> Long John Silver's. Oh, God. Ugh. I can't even remember the last time I saw a fucking TV commercial for them. Yeah, they still send out their coupons. I'm still fooled once a year into going to Long John Silver's. Yeah, they haven't had many commercials. No. Yeah, see, I'm not the go-to guy on commercials. I can't remember the last time I would have seen one. Oh, God. Hmm. Are you so you're saying that people don't want to see greasy fish on their TV anymore? <laughs> they need a mascot, like a cute mascot. Well, they probably couldn't get like the shine from the lights off of the food because it's so greasy. How you about can't put powder on it like somebody's face? Okay, so like a mascot. So how about like um like a parrot with a pirate's hat and like a little eye patch? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm the greasy fish parrot. <laughs> Come on over to London Silvers. I'm down. I'm down. Well, it used to be Eat the a pirate. plank or walk the plank. They have that Arr. bell. Have you seen that? If you go yeah. in, they have like a bell that you ring when you leave at London Silvers. Oh, yeah. They've had so, that for years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I like the pirate with the with the parrot. They no, just, a parrot pirate. Oh, a parrot pirate. Yeah, not no, not a pirate with a parrot. Oh, the, the an actual fucking parrot that is a fucking pirate. Jake. Oh shit, you should go fucking work for Long John Silver's. Yeah, that's good right. stuff. Yeah, that'd be a good way to get the kids involved. I mean, kids want fucking Happy Meals and shit. Yeah. They want Ronald McDonald. Right. What are they gonna get it? <laughs> get the Long whole family shit all over the place. Do you like pirates, <laughs> colorful birds, and grease? Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> Bring your coupon. <laughs> Eat a chicken plank or walk the plank, matey. Singers get twenty five percent off on Tuesdays. Yeah. Having shit in a week? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lube your bowels. Who needs X lax? They're putting X lax out of business. Long John Silver's. Yeah. Swab the deck and all that pirate shit. Okay, so that was officially the last email. Yeah. So we're that's it for emails. That's it. Thanks for the branding thing, dude. Yeah, great email. Love that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. What are you for? Uh, no reason. Okay. Uh, I'm just. Are we? Do you want to pause the show and wait, wait for? It's your show, man. Yeah, I think we need a pause there. <laughs> <laughs> Is this one of those technical issues he's talking about? <laughs> There's no technical issue. Oh, like my fly's not down or anything. Holy uh, shit. Jake, you, you are wow. running the show with authority this week. Yeah. yeah. Shut this shit down. Do pause we, it. Do we need to pause? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. All right. Hey, we are back. You know what, uh, Jake? Uh, I'm going to read an email here real quick. We're never done with the emails, I are know, we? dude. I got an email here, and I'm going to read it. All right. Let's hear it. And uh, let's see here. It says, uh, it's, it's from uh, Joseph, and he says, hey, Leftovers and Frank. Yeah. My name's Joseph. Also, I'm Rick James, bitch, in the Leftover NBA Fantasy League. <laughs> I believe I won this year. And remember some mention of a cool prize. This may be out of line, but I'm going to throw it out there. I'd exchange any prize for a guest spot on the podcast. Here's why I believe I could hang, contribute, and at least one-up Frank, LOL. 
I promise not to drink too much and doze off like Frank. Well, I'm out. I saw all 13 episodes of Daredevil opening weekend, unlike Frank, <laughs> and I'm currently current with Orphan Black. I'm a weekly reader of comics, subscriber to Loot Crate and Marvel Corps, and aside from Game of Thrones, I have nothing better to do on a Sunday. All that said, I'm a leftover junkie, and the outcome doesn't matter. Just don't stop all that you guys do. So that's from Joseph. So a yeah, great email. Great email. And he was the winner. But who the fuck does this, this self-entitled bastard think he is just saying, hey, I want to, I want to be on the show? Well, I, oh, shit. It sounds like he has more credentials than Frank, though. It does. It, I, it sounds like like it's coming down to like one of those super fight I fucking mean, things, me versus like, this he, dude. He's just telling me what his prize should be. So, uh, Joseph, welcome to the show. Greetings, leftovers. How are you guys doing? We're good. Good. Leftovers and Frank. <laughs> yes, yes and I was not Frank. addressed in that initial group. And you are not entitled. You are the king. You reigned supreme in the NBA Fantasy League. You went undefeated. I don't think anybody ever beat you one week, did they? Uh, well, I, I took one loss like two weeks ago. Oh, and, okay. uh, and He was the last guy I played. And it was pretty close there. I was sweating. Yeah. But, uh... The good guys prevailed. I'm, I'm donning, you guys at home can't see this, but I'm donning a uh, inflatable crown uh, to acknowledge my kingmanship in the first pop culture um, leftover army fantasy league. And um, also because I'm, I'm calling from the, uh, the Alamo City, home of the current world champion, San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, San Antonio Spurs, there man. An inflatable crown, did you blow it yourself? <laughs> oh Frank! Oh, we can always count on you. Oh uh, yeah. Who was your MVP on the uh, pop culture leftovers fantasy basketball? Yeah, who was your big um, big time player? I, the guy who's tearing up my team right now as we speak, which is Chris Paul from the uh, LA Clippers. He's uh, he was really my go to guy during the fantasy league, so I was really stoked to get him. Nice. There you go. Was he your first draft pick? Yes, he was my first draft pick. Yeah, he's not going to last until second pick, man. Okay, okay. Uh-uh. Dude, I remember one year I went undefeated. Nobody ever beat me, and it was insane. I had uh, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Blake Griffin, and Derrick Rose on my team, and it was just I like it was insane. Nobody could stop me that year. But I got fourth this year. Oh, out of how many? Out of 16. Oh, that's pretty damn good. No need to be sad about that. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking to the king right now. Dude, thanks a lot for being here. And yeah, this was the prize all along. I mean, you didn't, it's so funny. You didn't need to request it because this was the prize all along. I was going to get to you. So, but, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. We're going to start off, um, with, uh, what? Oh yeah, Jake, you're the show. Oh, we're doing good pop, bad pop. So hit it. <laughs> Eventually hit it. Audio guy. Uh, where is it? For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, yeah, Good Pop, Bad Pop. That's the weekly segment we do. Do you want to let our guests go first, maybe this week? You yeah, think? we can do that. Yeah, I was thinking that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I was just introing. Uh, oh, I know. The, oh, yeah, we can let yeah. him go. Yeah, okay. I'm not no. sure what he's got. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah tell what everybody what Good Pop, Bad Pop's about. Good Pop, things. Bad Pop is the uh, weekly segment we do where we talk about things we watch, things we read, stuff we may have enjoyed, stuff we may have heard about, and sometimes, if we can, we give it a rating using our own unique pop culture leftovers rating system. Clive will tell you all about that. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success: a Tupperware party. All right, so let's hand over the reins to our guest. What, what do you got for us? Okay, so uh, this is a little unconventional. Sometimes while I'm surfing Netflix, I, I tend to look for the lowest rating of a Netflix show that I can find. And uh, this week, I happened to watch a show called、um, Wolf Cop. Oh, dude, Wolf Cop! Yeah, yeah, Wolf Cop, dude. I've seen the fucking trailer for this shit, dude. You will, you will. Okay, so it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix, and、uh, it's got a two star rating, I think, when I check.、Um, but don't let that fool you. This movie,、um, it's a movie, and it's it, it, it's it's a classic B horror film. Okay, pretty much you can guess from the title. He's a cop who's also a werewolf. And、uh, you know he kicked ass in crime.、Um, yeah, dude, I saw, I saw the, the trailer. The bar scene is fucking amazing. <laughs> so it's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a movie.、Um, the special effects are actually pretty good. They they look you know they're decent. It's no CGI naturally, but、um, it, it's pretty good. The only thing this movie was really missing was like a Bruce Campbell、um, scene. <laughs>、uh, but. It really、uh, it made me feel like when I was a kid again, watching like an old eighties horror film, like a、uh, Critters or Night of the Creeps or something along that genre.、Hmm. It was pretty intense, pretty good.、Uh, I wouldn't say intense, but、uh, as far as my rating goes, I'm going to give it a really high taste. If you're into B films,、um, it was really good, dude. And、uh, what was so messed up is like when he wolfs out. Like from the previews that I saw, the trailer I saw, like he still has like the cop uniform on, and he still uses the fucking gun, right? Yeah, it's、I、a mean, werewolf got... with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a wolf cop, man. It's fucked up. Is he given like parking citations? He's a werewolf and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just sees like、oh. injustices going on. Like he's in this bar, and like this, like they showed in the trailer, like he's in a bar, and this woman, she's being like. Like pawed at, and,、uh, no pun intended, but she's <laughs> almost being like molested in this bar and shit right in front of him, and he wolfs out. And when he wolfs out, he still ha- he turns into full wolf, but he still stands upright. He's got the wolf like the cop outfit on, but and he still has the sense to use his gun. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see a picture、wow. of a wolf cop. I'm finding this shit. Yeah. It's a high taste, and that makes me, dude. I'm so、yeah. watching this shit this week. I'm gonna give you my review next week, so you gotta listen then. I gotta see Wolf Cop. Well, yeah, Dirty Harry, only、uh, hairier. <laughs> What's up, dude?、Uh, going off of last week, just a heads up for Frank. If you in, end up watching it,、uh, which you probably won't, but if you <laughs> <laughs> dude.、Uh, There's some, you know, there may or may not be some wolf on chick high high tasted type bestiality going bestiality. on. Bestiality, bestiality, fucking、dude. doggy style, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe this is real. Yeah, yeah, I think I talked about this on the podcast at one time. Like, what's the logistics of that anyway? I mean, can he fluff himself to get ready, or does he lick his balls to clean up afterward? Yeah, can wolf、Whoa. cop lick his own balls? 
<laughs> if Wolf Cop can dark, lift, right? if he can lick his own yeah. balls, he'd probably be finding some better things to do than be a Wolf Cop. <laughs> I'd never leave the house. Yeah, well, as a, <laughs> I mean, you're saying so, like he would just quit his job as a cop and just give himself blowjobs, like <laughs> that's his new job, maybe. Okay, all right. I love this tagline, Wolf Cop. Here comes the fuzz. <laughs> Here comes the fuzz. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wolf Cop. Check it out, dude. Sounds fucking awesome. That does sound fucking awesome. All right. Um, we're keeping good pop, bad pop short this week. So I've just got a couple things I want to briefly talk about. Um, I don't, many of our listeners probably know this, but lately I've been doing unboxing videos for various different boxes like, uh, Loot Crate, Nerd Block, uh, the Marvel Collector Core, One Up Box. And I just wanted to bring a couple new boxes to our listeners' attention. And by the way, if you want to see those unboxings, um, just subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's under my name, Jacob Elliott, and, and check it out. But there's a couple of new boxes I wanted to bring to uh, you guys' attention as well of our listeners. Um, the first one is called Comic Block, and it's from the makers of Nerd Block, and it's $13.99 plus shipping a month, which equates to just under 20 bucks. And every month, they send you three brand-new comic books, a T-shirt, and a comic-related item. So it kind of sounds like a good deal to a lot of our comic listener friends. Um, I've read that the comics will have variant covers a lot of times that you can't get anywhere else, that they're going to focus on trying to give, you know, let you try out new stuff and new number ones. Um, they're going to be working with Marvel, DC, Image, and a few other independent companies, so probably a good wide variety of stuff. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to try out the first comic block hmm. and see what kind of stuff I get in it. Did you I, say anything about exclusive variants? Yeah, exclusive variants okay. to comics and everything. I've even heard that they very well may have full-size graphic novels in a few of these boxes throughout wow. the year. Very cool. So a pretty good deal for 20 bucks. I mean, in, in a lot of these boxes, if you get a T-shirt, I mean, you buy a T-shirt online and with shipping, you're already paying 20 bucks. So mm-hmm. you can get a comic book T-shirt and three comic books and a random collectible for the same price. You know, it might be worth checking out to some of our uh, listeners out there. And um, the other one is actually wizard's entry into like the mystery box realm and there's this called comic con box Hmm. now it i am not going to try this one out but i'm interested if any of our listeners are because i'd like to kind of hear what they think it is 29 dollars and 99 cents a month with ten dollars shipping and handling so this is a 40 dollar box and i don't know about the rest of you guys but when i'm buying a box full of stuff that i don't know what it is I think $25 is about the limit for me. I'm spending more than $25 and I get a bunch of stuff I don't want, especially 40 bucks. I'm going to get real upset real quick. So I'm, I'm very skeptical and scared about trying this box out, but it sounds like they're trying to be really unique. They're supposed, a lot of the stuff they're supposed to have is, um, collectibles and exclusive toys, tech and gaming, licensed artwork from different artists, um, hmm. celebrity autographs. Uh, comic books, apparel, t-shirts, discounts to cons, uh, all kinds of different stuff. So now I believe they even say a few of the properties that they're going to use in the first box, um, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Funko, but ah, just 40 bucks is really steep for me. I don't know about you guys. What do you think about that? That's way too much. I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. I mean, that'd have to be like some really, really good shit that you get. I'd have to see like what people have gotten in the past. You know? Yeah, they're not what even giving you. A, a, say again. 
one of the sponsors is Funko. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is, there, is there any mention if it's you know Marvel or DC or just all of the above? All of the above. It could it could not even be Marvel and DC. All we know is that there's a Funko item in there. It could be American Horror Story Funko for all we know. So no, but I was just saying as far as the comp portion of it goes. Um, uh, yeah, I believe I believe be that instant. they have the rights to do both Marvel and DC stuff. So it'd be interesting. I might try it. Yeah, I, I, I wish you would try it. I'd be really fascinated to see what that first box looks like. Um, I, you know, I'm just scared though. I don't want to pay forty dollars because they have autographs and have it be like someone I don't even care about. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm, if they give yeah. me like, I'm not the guy that's going to be excited when I get a Norman Reedus autograph that I didn't ask for. No, but I'd love that shit. You know. But like, if I pay forty bucks and then that's like twenty dollars of the value, then I'm gonna be like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. So, and no knock against Norman Reedus, but it's it's just not like I wouldn't stand in line for him at a con, and I don't want to get his autograph sent to me either, you know. So, (laughs) like, fuck this shit in the mail. (laughs) Yeah. But that's all I got for good pop, bad pop. Um, I'm excited to see if any of our listeners try out that forty dollar one, and I definitely myself, I'm gonna try out the twenty dollar comic block. So, Frank, what you got for us? Uh, I actually have something. Uh, it's uh, called Death Battle. I found it on YouTube. Uh, it's from a website called ScrewAttack.com. Okay. Uh, it's created by Ben Singer and Chad James and narrated by both those guys as well. Okay. And what it is is they take two characters from, you know, what whatever source material they can. As an example, one of the ones that I watched was Batman versus Goku from Dragon Ball Z. And the first part of the video, they... Are these live action, or is this, no, like, animation? it's all animation. Okay. Um, the first part of it, they discuss the background of the character, uh, strengths and weaknesses, like stats, height, weight, all that stuff. Um, and then they describe, like, their durability using things that happen to them in comics or shows, uh, like... Superman uh, has taken the blast of a supernova mm. or been in between two worlds as they collide, um, stuff like that. And the uh, second part of the video is they actually have an animated battle between the two characters. And um, Jordan Lang did the animation from episode 20 to 29. After that, they have a couple different people handling 2D sprite animation and 3D uh, animation. Oh, interesting. But it's really well done. And they're not real quick, real quick fights. They also have like a uh, like a minute version of the same thing using different characters. But I really like these long and drawn out ones. What are some of the most memorable matchups? Well, Superman versus Goku is one, um, and because basically with that, and I really didn't have any knowledge of Goku before I watched it. Mm-hmm. Did a really good job of explaining to me uh, him, his background, his powers, and all that. Uh, so essentially, you have him who can overcome all limits. Versus Superman, who has no limits at all. Mm. And um, it shows you the fight, shows you the outcome of the fight. You get a definitive winner. And then afterward, they explain why it went that way. And these aren't just based on speculation. Um, they're put together with uh, collaboration from various known experts, conventions, Comic-Con, official websites, and franchise encyclopedias. So they actually list their sources on each video. 
Uh, and it's really hard to argue like the outcomes of the battles. Uh, they're really neat and interesting. Um, and like when they're doing the background information and stuff, they show you clips from either like the comics that they've been in or any of the animated shows, things like that. Um, Spoil it for me. Who wins the Superman Goku fight? Superman. Okay. How do they pick these battles? Are these battles that people like, do they have a website and they have polls and things like that and people vote to who, who's going to be? I'm know? not sure if they have polls. I didn't see anything about that. Are these just like popular battles yeah. that they think people want to see? Yeah. Have they done Captain America Batman? I'd watch that. Actually, there is uh, because we've discussed that on the podcast <laughs> yeah. before and I know the outcome of that. I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, I mean, they're really well done. Uh, some other awesome matchups is Akuma. From the Street Fighter series versus Shang Tsung from mm. Mortal Kombat. No, that's fun. They also put Goomba versus a Koopa Troopa. Ah. Uh, let me see. Zitz from Battletoads versus Leonardo from the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, and the one that actually I, I watched first was Deadpool versus... Uh, God damn it, what's his name? Um, Deathstroke. Yeah, Deathstroke. Well, because I was, I, I, would, I just guessed. Well, yeah, the, their names like always screw me up. Wade Wilson, Slade Wilson, and all that. I mean, it's like they're each a parody off of one another. Right. But um, yeah, when I first stumbled upon this, I'm like, okay, it's going to be like a cheesy, like, uh, like that one fucking animated Hulk versus Wolverine thing from a oh, few yeah. years ago. Uh, but these are these are so well done. And it's the fact that they pack it all full of knowledge. You could have jack shit idea of who Superman or Goku were before you watch. They give you the background of each character, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, they really build it up, right? And And then they even tell you about who they fought, and like uh, they they so they give you the background of uh, Zitz from Battletoads. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. wow. And And that's not a match that I really think I'd give a rat's ass about to be honest. Yeah, I feel like like unless Leonardo wins, like you're gonna have a riot. In uh, season two, their season two opener was He Man versus lion oh, so I mean, it's always awesome like these yeah. matchups that they come up with and they've even started doing some parody ones like they've got justin bieber versus rebecca black so oh, that's funny it, it's it's funny they're really entertaining they're kind of long uh the superman versus goku one is a half hour in oh, length it's okay. long for a youtube battle but the thing is is that they even went down into figuring out like the exact numeric uh, figures for like how fast Superman can fly versus how fast Goku can fly, like how hard of a hit each one of them can take, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. And they tell you how they figured it out. It, it it's extremely well done. That sounds uh, pretty cool. I might yeah. check one out that looks interesting. Yeah, uh, you could ch- you can find that either at ScrewAttack.com. They've got most uh, all all their recent episodes out on that, and then they've also got YouTube links for the episodes that came out before they redid the website. Cool. Now, on a side note, real quick, before I shoot it over for you for Good Pop, Bad Pop, Brian, mm-hmm. um, I actually really like that Wolverine versus Hulk cartoon that Frank just poo pooed on. I thought it was pretty good. You didn't yeah. like that? The the one that just came out like a, a it came out years like ago? two years ago. It, it was half Thor, half Hulk. I thought the Thor half was really weak, but I thought the Wolverine Hulk stuff was pretty good. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking. We're talking about the same one. Yeah. Okay. So I just remember hearing the voice clips that you guys played on the show way back when I was just a listener. Yeah. Of it, and I, like the dialogue from Hulk was really cheesy. I thought it was horrible. So, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. But I really liked it also. Uh, with the half Thor and half uh, Wolverine mashup with the Hulk. Yes. Um, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Hulk versus, I, I think the name of it was. And uh, most of the Marvel animated movies, I think, are total crap. I thought this was like the diamond in the rough. I think we're talking about a totally different movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
But yeah, anyhow, I mean, these are really cool. Some of them are done in 2D animations. Others are done like the Goku and Superman when that was full 3D. And it's so well fleshed out. I mean, it's not like cheesy little punches that they're doing. It's really in-depth and well done. And especially the explanation afterward, after the fight, why they say this is why it went that way. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to argue with. So I just thought it was really cool and something I had to share. All right, Brian, what you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Okay, I'm going to talk about a series that recently dropped on Netflix, and it's called Danger 5. Okay. And uh, it's written by Dario Russo and David Ashby. It's directed by Dario Russo as well. Uh, it originally aired in Australia on SBS1 back in 2012. How they get everything first. <laughs> uh, and it is about... Okay. It, what's that? No, I'm just laughing. Oh, okay. like, I did everything yeah, it's true. They got uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, it's it's about basically Danger Five. It's a crazy interpretation of World War II that takes place in the 1960s, and um, it's a comedy. Uh, it, it's a it has the look and feel of like an Adult Swim show, kind of like Saul. Can you back up a second? It's a it's a World War II show that takes place in the 60s. You say? Yep. Oh, okay. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's called Danger Five, right? It's called Danger Five. Yeah, I saw that last night, as a matter of fact. Okay. The first episode. Yeah, um, I've watched the first season, and I've watched the first episode of the second season. And um, it it has, it, like, like the look and feel of, like, a, an adult swim show, like uh, like the old Saul of the Mole Men mm-hmm. kind of show. But also, it has, like, when they show, like, vehicles and uh, buildings and stuff like that, they never show a real building. They kind of use toy models, kind of like in that... Thunderbirds are go. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, like the stop motion model stuff. Yeah. Uh, Each episode, the team, which consists of five different members, you've got Pierre, Jackson, Tucker, Ilsa, and Claire. They're given a mission by a uh, a man with the head of an eagle uh, named Colonel Chestbridge. uh, Good name. Who, for some reason, he hates Claire, this blonde girl. He hates Claire. (laughs) And uh, she'll ask a question as he's, like, giving, like, the instructions for the mission. And he will... He'll tell her to shut up. Um, there's one time where just he didn't even tell her to shut up. He just started flashing a flashlight in her eyes, <laughs> just, just so she would shut the hell up. And um, sometimes the team, like like as he's trying to talk, they, they there was one episode where he's tr- trying to give them the mission and they won't shut up. And so he pulls out a shotgun and he says, "I hate having to put, I hate having to pull out the sit down shotgun, but." Some Sometimes you make me do it. <laughs> the sick house shotgun. <laughs> and it's, and, um, the missions and locations that he gives them, they're, they're always different, but the, like, the main objective at the end of the mission is to always kill Hitler. And so Hitler is in every episode. Uh, my favorite character is Pierre. Uh, he's got a passion for making mixed drinks. What do they call those guys? Like a mixologist? Mixologist is correct, yeah. yeah. Every episode, there's a character that dies in his arms, and as they're dying, the character that dies, they give him the ingredients to the perfect drink. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a different drink every time. Oh, that's awesome. Um Episode one, just for example of how bizarre this show is, episode one, Hitler steals a bunch of different monuments, you know, the Eiffel Tower and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, what is it, uh, like the, uh, something in Greece. Statue of Liberty, the, the, uh, yeah. Eiffel Tower. 
Eiffel Tower, all these different monuments from around the world, and then he stacks them on top of each other, uh, and there's like a carving of his head at the very top of it. That's cool. How, how big is that stack of monuments? It's got to be pretty huge. Well, it's huge, but it's one of those models again. Oh. One of those Thunderbirds or Go models, you know what I mean? That's so, kind of funny. And then the second episode, the Nazis are using dinosaurs uh, with machine guns to win the war, and they're being controlled by these mine crystals. And then there's also there's a pterodactyl that's really rapey, and it <laughs> a rapey pterodactyl? Rapey pterodactyl? Yeah, they, they go into a room and there's a pterodactyl that's humping uh, this woman from behind, like dry humping this woman. Wow. It's a really rapey pterodactyl. Uh, yeah, rapidactyl, I <laughs> guess. Rapidactyl. rapidactyl. <laughs> there you go. Bestiality. <laughs> uh, episode four, Hitler is making uh, guns out of gold. So that's an episode. And then episode five is titled Fresh Meat for Hitler's Sex Kitchen. <laughs> Um, I got sucked into this fucking show. I didn't know what to think of it after the first episode, but it was quirky and bizarre enough to like keep me watching. Are they like 15 reason. minute bite sized episodes? No, like, these full are half full hour? 25, 30 minute episodes. Wow. And, mm. and, uh, I absolutely, I, I absolutely love this show. I got sucked in. It's a Tupperware. The first season's a Tupperware. Um, because there's quirky things about each member that you get to, to to learn, and they do it in multiple episodes, and you really start to love these things and look for them in the next episode. Like, you know, you're just waiting for somebody to die, Pierre to hold them, and then for them to, like, recite the perfect, uh, you know, whatever, some kind of mojito. Do yeah. they actually, like, give the ingredients? Yes. Like, go through the person? Yes. Oh, like, wow. Two parts, something or other, a splash of this, and then they go, the perfect mojito. You know, and wow. it's, it's uh, the perfect tequila sun or whatever oh, wow. it is you know whatever the drink is it's so funny and i i absolutely love this show it's so bizarre um i absolutely love it the second season is in the 80s so it's set in the eighties, but Hitler, they're still trying to kill Hitler. <laughs> they replace they replaced Pierre though with a different actor, and it's not even a Latin actor. They got a black guy for Pierre now. That's that's kind of crazy, and it is crazy. Um, the second season, the first episode, I did not really enjoy. I didn't I didn't enjoy it, but the second episode, they gave me scenes for the second episode, and it looks like Hitler is trying. They're doing. Hitler is playing a high school student, so Hitler's going to be in a high school classroom, and I think they are going undercover wow. within the school. So it looks interesting. I'm going to get. I'm going to keep watching the second season. Are they giving him like the Dutch boy shorts? I don't. That'd know. be fucking great. They, they showed him sitting it in in class. He's still got the Hitler stash on. He looks like you know a fifty, sixty year old dude. It's it, it's a fucking crazy ass show, man. That's how that sounds fun. It kind of sounds like a good SNL sketch where you're kind of waiting for all those funny beats to hit every episode yeah, that you know they're going to hit on. So Danger Five, it's on Netflix. Uh, both seasons are seven episodes long. Joseph, you watched the first episode. What did you think after the first episode? Um, the first episode really kind of had me going. Um, I, I got a question for you, though. Does Hitler's dog come out in every episode? No, he does not come out in every episode, but he does show up yeah. in, in later episodes. The last episode of the first season, dude, is actually a prequel episode, and, and it shows the formation of Danger 5. Now, what do you mean by the dog coming out, like uh, making an appearance? Yeah, the Hitler's dog actually talks and smokes. Everybody smokes in this fucking show. <laughs> Everybody smokes cigarettes in this show. Pierre's always smoking. They're all smoking all the time. Um, and there's like horrible things that are happening. Like people, like you'll notice like other characters about to get punched in the face or going through a struggle, but like they, they sometimes they'll just grab a cigarette and just start smoking it during this. 
It's I, so weird. The two minutes that I watched of it last night, that yeah. one dude pulled that gun out and said, chill out, and then shot a cigarette, a lit cigarette yes. in the one chick's mouth. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's so bizarre. There's a, 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 a cartoon dog that appears later in one of the episodes, <laughs> and his name's Kilroy. And it's just like, what the fuck? And they act like it's just like normal. Like, like, Kil- like we've seen Kilroy in other episodes. And I'm like, did I fucking miss something? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but no, there's this fucking animated dog and shit that they hang out with. And he, spoiler, he ends up dying in Pierre's arms. <laughs> and I think he gives him a fucking recipe. Oh, <laughs> so it's, yeah, shit's fucking crazy in this show, dude. What's a dog drink? I don't know. I think he gave the recipe. I don't know, but he got his head blown off and shit. <laughs> How do you give a recipe with no head? No, he got part of his head blown off. Oh. Like, you see like a whole fucking ear gone. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So as he's dying, he gets yeah. the recipe. But I Tupperware the shit out of Danger 5. It's so bizarre that I absolutely love it. It's, it sounds interesting. Yeah. It's just so weird and fun. <laughs> but I, we'll see how where the second season goes because it's set in the 80s. And I really miss that fucking... Like the '60s mm. World War II feel was just really fun. Sounds like you just need to get a handle on the new vibe, and maybe you'll start liking it more. Yeah, and then they switched actors. I love my favorite character was Pierre, and they switched actors on me. Oh, so I've got to get used to the new Pierre. Maybe that's going to be a trope, though. Every season you get a new Pierre. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and the weird thing was, okay, no, a funny thing at at the end of each episode, they like pimp a product, at, at like a fake product at the end of each episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. It's a, is it an Australian show? Like Australian writers and whatnot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. They yep. just have a wacky sense of humor, it seems. Yeah. So definitely check it out. Danger 5 on uh, Netflix. All right. Um, we have one more good pop, bad pop we're going to discuss. Um, we're kind of going to talk about the Orphan Black premiere that was last week and give our thoughts on that and rate the uh, Season 3 premiere episode. Um, I know at this point we're on episode two but we're just going to stick to uh stick to the premiere this week so and the reason being i've only watched the premiere so yeah, I no apologize. big deal it just aired yesterday so joseph you said you watch orphan black as well that's right yeah I'm, I'm i'm really loving the show it's super super awesome and you and you watched the premiere i'm assuming yeah i did i had to find out what was gonna happen nice okay we can talk about it yeah good no spoilers for anybody then except i guess frank yeah but that's okay that's all right i'll do my best so how that goes (laughs) i thought all in all this was a pretty strong premiere i was pretty excited about it um we got a lot of answers which basically gave us a lot more questions and then that's the kind of that's the kind of thing this show like this needs to keep doing, you know. Yeah. We don't want that we don't want to be strung along for multiple seasons. We want to keep getting new information and keep getting new questions. Yeah. Um a lot of fun stuff going on in this episode. Um right off the bat, the first thing that stuck to me was um well, I guess let me rate the episode and then we'll break it down a little bit more. Yeah. I- I'll give the episode a Tupperware. I thought it was a very strong opening. Um I really liked it. We got to see a little bit from um the four main Tatiana characters and everyone kind of had a really great brief moment um i'm sure we'll get into that talking scorpion too as we talk about the episode Mm -hmm. but yeah i thought it was really fun i thought the episode had a lot of funny beats had a lot of really dramatic beats had kind of a little bit of you know some heartbreak even in there some real sad stuff going on so i I gave it a tupperware this was this is classic great episode of orphan black i thought so what do you think brian i'm gonna give like the first 30 minutes 
was a taste it for me. Mm-hmm. The last half hour was a Tupperware, and between the two, I'm going to give it a high taste it. This was a strong premiere. Mm, um, I, I can see that, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, that last half hour, loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about the episode. I was a huge fan of the cold open. Um, and the kind of the dream sequence through um, Helena. Helena yeah. yeah, I loved that. Let's let Joseph. Rate. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Joseph, rate the episode. What do you think? Oh, I, I took a word of the episode. I, I, exactly what you're getting at. I love the opening sequence of, of the uh, whole dream sequence, and um, yeah, I, I took a word all the way. Yeah, I, I love that opening sequence. It was so funny to me um, between the. Uh, cover of the beach boy song and just how helena like inside her head how she saw these characters of sarah basically just all leather and sunglasses Mm -hmm. um was really funny i thought kasima's line about oh i got better with science made me laugh like laugh out loud when she said it like that's all helena (laughs) knows is science blah 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 yakety schmackety jargon you know she got better with science and I thought it was a super fun cold open. Um, it didn't try to fool you. I think anyone that's ever seen half of a TV show knew within five seconds of his opening what we were watching, that whenever we cut to the real Helena, things weren't going to be so pretty. So it was nice to see this fun scene before we got into some of the not-so-fun stuff later on. So I thought the cold open was really great. Um, yeah, lots of stuff going on. What did you guys think about the talk? We'll, we'll stick with Helena while we're on Helena, I guess. What about that talking scorpion? Did you like that? I did. Uh, I thought it was cool seeing that she was in a box. You were afraid for just for a second at first because you know, like, what the fuck? There's a scorpion in a box with her. She can't run anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I really liked it when he started talking. You kind of get what's going on and uh, seeing where her head's at with the whole narrative point of it. Well, I mean, you know, it's, I think, I think she's kind of used to this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like being a prisoner and having to, you know, talk to whatever creature is like, you know what I mean? Just yeah, this is like, like a go-to for Halita. Yeah. A mental trick she's probably done similarly before to, yeah. to try to keep focused in these terrible situations. Right. right. Um, interesting. Yeah, the side. whole reference of being in a box in a box was pretty, I, I like the way that they referenced that. Yeah, definitely a lot of metaphors going on here, even between the Scorpion and Helena. You know, you can kind of see the metaphors and the way those two people behave. Um, you know, Tatiana was also the voice of the Scorpion. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So Makes sense. Yeah, a real different accent for her, too. Just another one of the many different accents. Um, I guess another big thing that happened this episode is we got our biggest exposure to the male clones. Yeah. Um, oh, help me out here. I'm having a brain fart on what the name of their program is. It Castro? starts with a C. Yes. Castro. Castro. Yeah. Castor. 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 The Castor program. Yes. Um, what do you guys think now that we've seen, what, three or four different one of these male clones? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest draws to this show is Tatiana and how different each of her characters were. And kind of one of my only negatives to this premiere was that I really haven't seen that from the male side of the clones yet. They're all very similar characters so far from what we've seen. I mean, they're not exact. I'm not saying they're exactly the same, but it, it, not to the varying degrees. I don't think of, we've had enough time really to spend with them to kind of like form that opinion 100%. I mean, the, the, the one that we saw like that 
Sarah was talking to at the mm-hmm. beginning that was in the cell, the one that's doing the, the pull-ups and all that stuff. He is like the male version of Helena, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then the other one that we've spent most of the time with was the guy back on that, that farm. The farm with yeah. the, yeah. Yeah, and he seems like, I don't know, he seems totally different than that guy. I just don't think we've spent enough time with a lot of these characters to really form an opinion 100%. I agree with that. Let's track that throughout the season, though. Kind of come come to a consensus at the end of the season if we thought that this is as good as what we got going on on the female side. It's going to be hard-pressed to be as good. No, no, no. I'm yeah, I'm not, that, yeah, I'm not saying, well, as far yeah. as, like, trying to compare the actor-actor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, right now, Tatiana Maslany's got it locked up. I'm just saying, like, they, I think this whole caster program has kind of been, re- like, a big secret so far. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think we'll see more of this actor and get more of these different personalities. But there's so many pieces in play right now. And, I mean, Delphine's got a bigger part now. Yes. So it's not like... You know, she's the new Rachel. Yeah, and she sure was acting like the new Rachel, too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I, I to get all these different characters that much screen time, mm-hmm. you know, because I've fallen in love with, like, uh, uh, you know, Allison. Allison's and my Helena favorite, yeah. And Sarah. And I'm not a big fan of Cosima. And I think that has to do with her relationship with Delphine. That, that relationship is just the – two, the two of them are just, like, oil and – Oil and water, it's weird. I think she was a hard character to be a fan of after season two when really all we saw her do was be sick, too. Yeah. So maybe she'll stand out a little bit more now that we're kind of past that and she'll get it. I don't understand why she's so, like, head over heels over Delphine. At this point, yeah. It's like, how many times can you fuck me Yeah. before I'm out the door? Yeah, Joseph, what do you think about all that shit, man? Like, I don't don't really know what to think about uh, Kasim's character i like obviously she's holding a lot of cards knowing that she has the the book and she's playing that ace up her sleeve um Mm -hmm. i really like her lab assistant um i like his character um but it seems like he might be having an exit off the show telling her that you know spoiler but you know she she doesn't want to be a part of that anymore um and i really like delphine uh playing the part of rachel now that you know when she was trying to explore all those questions or answers from um from Rachel and, mm. and the whole thumb on the eye bit that had me going. I, I was really liking that. I was shocked. I was shocked, and it made it makes Delphine's character way more interesting than she was last season. Yeah, that's that's true. Another good call by Joseph was bringing up the um, Island of Doctor Moreau book that's got yes. all of the Duncan's notes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that potentially could make Cosima a more interesting character this season too. Yeah, just having that book. Um, another thing about this episode I really loved, I mean, I always love when one clone is pretending to be another clone. Mm-hmm. And so we got a lot of that this episode with um, Sarah pretending to be um, Rachel. Rachel and then Allison pretending, pretending to be Sarah. And she did a horrible job. Yeah, yeah she did a horrible About as good a job, though, as Sarah did pretending to be Allison. Sarah was better at Alice. At, at, no, Sarah was better at Rachel, in my opinion. She was better at Rachel, but... Especially when she started choking dude out with the fucking belt. Yeah. Uh, in the season two, though, with the... Uh, when Sarah tried to be Allison, it was pretty shittacular, too. Yeah. That was a pretty funny moment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what uh, What about now there's a rift between um, Sarah and Mrs. S, too. Yes, yes. And it I, seems like that's like back and forth, back and forth. 
repair the bridge, break the bitch, repair the bridge. But they got it out of the way early. I'm glad yeah. they didn't like drag it on for like, you know, half of the season before she finds out that she, that Mrs. S was the one that gave up Helena. I'm glad they just got it right out in the open. Yes, I'm glad so too. I, that I, reveal needed to happen right away. Yeah. Joseph, what you thinking? Oh, I definitely agree with that. I, I, you know, nobody wants to sit around with that elephant in the room for, you know, X amount of episodes. So I was really glad that, you know, she went ahead and confessed and, and, you know, we got it all on front street. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of, uh, old, uh, of dude this episode. What's his name? Um, uh, uh, old dude. Felix. Oh, Fee. Felix. Yeah. Not much Fee this episode. Uh, you get a little bit more in episode two, but still not much. Okay. Yeah. But you do get a little bit more. Okay. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a good episode. Um, Orphan Black, it's 10 episode seasons, so that's one thing I really like about it is the story usually seems like it's on a fast track. Very little filler when dealing with Orphan Black. It's unfortunate, though, that this season, uh, the premiere was the lowest ratings of the show since, yes. it, since it's been, since it's aired. So. I've actually read a little bit about that. Um, season, episode two actually did a lot better. On AMC? On AM, yeah, and a lot of people are contributing the low ratings for the first episode to how available it was to see even a week before it actually premiered. They were like allowing you to download it for free on iTunes, like mm. you could watch it in other sources. Okay. The, the website was showing the episode for free. So a lot of the big Orphan Black fans had actually already seen the episode before it aired. Okay. So, and the, the rating numbers kind of support that for episode two being a lot higher than episode one. Okay. What's the most common medium you can find this on? Is or, I- Orphan Black? Are you a Comcast subscriber? No. Oh, uh, well, on, on Comcast, all three seasons are on on demand. Uh, they were pimping it, uh, during the episode that it's available, uh, the first two seasons are available on Amazon Prime. Okay. So. Alright, I've got that. Like, so new episodes are aired on AMC? They're aired on BBC America. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, and which makes no sense to me. It's a, actually a Canadian show. Mm. So I'm not, mm. I, I have no idea. Like, it's a Canadian show that airs on BBC America. That's different. So, but it is dope as hell. I fucking love this show. It is dope as hell. <laughs> I, yeah. I've, I'm full into this show. I love wow. this show. So yeah. I, w- I would love to come back to this show maybe in like three, four episode blocks and talk about it. I don't want to just just wait till the season finale to bring it back up again. Okay. Maybe like every two to three episodes, we can kind of run her down a little bit. Sounds good to me. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, Maybe we can. Uh... I don't like the fact. Oh, go ahead, Joseph. Sorry. No problem. I'm talking over you, but I think we have I, I a bit like of delay. The... Uh, okay. Um, I don't like the fact that it's on a uh, on Saturdays. You know, if this was a show that came out during the week, I think it suffers a little bit from its time slot, also. Um, if it was during the week, I would find it, it would be a lot more easier for myself, at least, to watch it. Um, as it is on Saturdays, I'm always playing a little catch-up. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, play it on like a, I don't know, Tuesday or something like that. Be nice. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, on the flip side, I don't fucking record shit on Saturday. Yeah, so that's it's true. Like it, that's true. It's like the one thing I do record, so I don't have to worry about it, you know, overlapping with something else I like to watch. Yeah, I actually forgot to set it up as a series recording. I just like hit record on the premiere and didn't mm. set it up, and had to. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and luckily it was already on on demand this morning. Yeah, so I was able to catch it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's two, it. Two Tupperwares and a. Uh, and high, a high taste. High tasting. Yeah. A very high taste. For the premiere episode of Orphan Black. Yeah, so that's good. That's better than we gave the premiere mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true. 
That's yeah, true. Yeah, taste it's. Yeah, taste so. it's. So yeah, right out the gate, Orphan Black season three is firing in all cylinders, pretty much. Very, very good. So all right, that's Orbit. it for good pop, bad pop. We're gonna take a little bit of a break here, and then we're gonna come back and do our news. You not cooking? Yeah, do. Pork chop sandwiches. Oh shit! Get the fuck out of here! What are you doing? Go! Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot! Fuck! We're all dead! Get the fuck out! My god, did that smell good! Detect it! This is no going, and you tell me do things I done running! G.I. Joe! Alright, it's time for Pop Culture Leftover News. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Alright, and so we are not going to bury the lead and we are going to start right off with the Joker reveal that happened this week. Yes. Brian, take it away. Okay, yeah, uh, we're gonna be talking about the Joker. Um, what happened was, who's the, uh, David Ayer, yes, the uh, director for Suicide Squad, on Instagram, dropped the first official picture of Jared Leto as the Joker, and the internet fucking went crazy. It sure did. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about this look, uh, we're gonna, Rate it, because that's what we do. I mean, yeah, we're rating a fucking picture. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. So toss it, taste it, to Tupperware. But, uh, yeah, this is the first official look at uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. So you guys' thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have such mixed emotions about this. Um, I do know. Yeah. You know what I think? You, do you want – you, Oh, you go for it. You okay. go for it. Let's okay. hear it. I am going to – I am going to toss this look. I am tossing this look, but on the flip side, it might be misdirection. This character is called the Joker, mm-hmm. so this might be misdirection too. I think I, – I, what I mean by that is like this is the – the Joker might be playing a joke. I mean this might be him in prison. Like this, this might be the angle they're going for. In prison, he may look like this. You know, cause yeah. it's a, he's the Joker and he's gonna make himself with this damage tattoo and all these stupid tattoos all over his body. But once he gets out, I mean, he could be completely look different. It, I don't know. Is that the angle? That's, this is, this is exactly where I'm at too. Yeah. I don't, I, the image makes me want to toss it. When I see the image, it makes me want to toss it. Yeah. But most of me really wants to freeze it and I hate fucking freezing things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I have been such a strong supporter along with you. Mm-hmm. About Leto having this gig in the first place, right. that it like feels wrong to just like be insta tossing this image. I mean, it's just oh, I still toss the look. I think yeah. that looks fucking stupid. But maybe, maybe with the performance behind it, I'd completely change my mind. But, but I think like, but for me, I'm thinking like maybe this Joker, like oh, this is prison Joker, and yeah. this is just part of him being the Joker and. You know, I don't know. Maybe they want to sell four different Joker action figures. So, I don't know. So I don't they, know where I'm going with it, but you I know. see what you're saying, yeah. though. Yeah, I. Yeah, this look, though. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say. about it. I tossed it. the hell out of it. I mean, if this is the final look, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. The only somewhat cool thing I could even think of was like with the mouth tattoo on his arm. It might look super creepy, like holding that over his mouth. 
Like that could be a super creepy image. Mm. I was just trying to yeah. find one fucking positive in this. Sure. Kind of like drawing a mustache on your finger. Yeah, and like the mustache on your finger. He's got the Joker <laughs> mouth on his arm that he can like hold right. in front of his mouth, and that would that might be a really creepy image. Mm. I, I'm gonna be the odd duck here. I I'm gonna Tupperware it. I like it. We don't know how long he's been in prison, and there there's so many different facets to the character. You've got like the gangster, the anarchist, and I, we don't know what he's been through, but I'm sure we're going to get the story. The only thing that I'm kind of not super thrilled out is that damaged tattoo on his forehead. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about like that's the hot topic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the rest of it, I, I think it's great. Maybe Batman knocked out all of his teeth, and that's why he's got that's the metal grill. I was grill. thinking too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of comments on that. I, I Tupperware. I kind of like the one purple glove too. If I'm trying to nitpick positives out of here. Mm. Just see, I, I, see, it's a purple. I wish the whole thing was purple, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I, I think that he's going to be intimidating, not only with just his looks, but also the the character he's going to bring about. Hey, Joseph, toss this shit. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm going to uh, taste it. Definitely taste it. Uh, I don't like the damage tattoo on his forehead, uh, but other than that, I mean, I figured the tattoos are there for maybe you know a a quick. 30-second shot maybe of him doing push-ups or something for the ladies. It is Jared Leto. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to see those tattoos exposed the entire, you know, uh, movie. Um, and I, I do view the caps on his teeth as, you know, we're getting an older Batman. I'm sure he has caps on his teeth from him, you know, punching him in his turkey face and having teeth knocked out and whatnot. Uh, I kind of like the look. I, I wouldn't like it if it was a carbon copy of the other ones that we have gotten, and I think they really have to go in a different direction. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like you can't just like Heath Ledger following Jack Nicholson. You couldn't you couldn't redo that. It's kind of the same thing, you know. Well, they could have they could have done like a blend between like Nicholson's Joker and then Ledger's Hobo Joker. You know what I mean? They could have done a a blend. I guess I, this is just like. This is like Lil Wayne meets the Joker. I don't fucking <laughs> yeah. I saw someone on our thread that we had call it Juggalo Joker. Mm-hmm. And that 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 made me laugh quite a bit too. Yeah, man, I, dude, I'm not Juggalo. digging this look at all, man. I am not digging this look at all. I mean, green hair, cool, purple glove, cool. Let's just throw a fucking suit on, I, man. I I hope there's there there's some kind of angle that they're using here. I I don't know. I mean. I don't understand this look. Yeah, and you got to be in the same boat I'm in. It's like, God, we've been championing Leto the whole time, and now it's like, ah. But, I mean, it's got, like, ha, ha, ha all over his body. Like, this is, like, being – this is, like, you know, stuff that we've seen in artwork from – straight from the comics being put on his body. It's just yeah. fucking ridiculous to me. Well, yeah. we don't know if those things actually end up in the film for whatever reason. I, it could just be a promo picture. I, I'm pretty sure that at some point this will appear in the film. Oh God! If I see the fucking damage tattoo on his fucking forehead every fucking movie, <laughs> yeah, go fucking nuts. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, there's gonna be about six fat chicks in the front row with the same tattoo on opening night. <laughs> the only way I'm gonna allow that damage tattoo to ride is if he's doing it as a ploy to somehow lure Harley Quinn into you know his graft or somewhat. You know, if she calls him damaged, you know, as their official, you know, review, and then he carved that into his forehead or something or whatnot. Like, other than that, I'm, I'm talking the damage tattoo, but other, you know, if you're in prison, that's what you do when you're in prison. So I hear you get tattoos. Yeah. 
You know what's weird? This almost makes me think of Zazaz more than it makes me think of Joker in lots of ways, too, mm. with all the stuff like carved on his body and stuff and everything. Like, it has that kind of look to it, you know? There's nothing carved. These are tats. Yeah, but I mean, still, like, I don't know. The, all the ha-ha-has are so, like, it kind of looks like all the little etch marks, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's shit. <laughs> I'm with, I toss it, too, my friend. Yeah. I think it's shit. I'll be the lone, I'll be the lone gun. That's I fine, dude. It. I'm glad that you're taking a stance and saying you like this. I do. I think it's pile awesome. Of horse shit. I'm yeah. glad you like this fucking pile. Of <laughs> crap, well, what, what would you expect? Anything less from me? <laughs> yeah, you, you can have this Frank all yourself, shit. Frank. Dude, and I, I love the casting. I just, yeah, I can't believe like this is the picture that they put out. Yeah. Wow. And everyone seems split on it. I've seen just as many yays as nays. Sure. It seems like it's really polarizing to people. Yeah. I don't think that DC wants to do anything but polarizing. I don't think they want anybody to back anything they do 100%. <laughs> it feels like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's okay, though, because that's kind of like us. When you try to make everybody happy, you end up making nobody happy. Like, Marvel seems to, like, make most everybody happy. And then, like, we're, like uh I was, like, really thrilled when they cast this dude as fucking Joker. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. And, like, how did they fucking dampen that? They Fucking oh, let's throw a bunch of tattoos on him and give him a fucking Lil Wayne grill and shit. Yeah, dude, what the fuck is going on with this fucking bullshit? It's like one of the few things I'm even excited about in the DC Cinematic Universe is seeing Leto's yes. Joker, and now it's like I'm not even sure about fucking that anymore. I know. I have no. I have no idea what they're doing with this movie now. This is so- man. <laughs> I I don't know. I fuck. I I love it. I think it's great. Tell me, I'm excited. Yeah, tell me why I'm you with, love it, man. I'd love to. Well, it's like the expression on his shit. face, his eyes, just the intensity. Yeah, he looks like Kevin from Home Alone. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that picture. I love I love that picture. Have you seen the pitch, the meme for that? I think I saw it. Oh, it's great. Looking around. Oh, it, it's like the lost in New York photo with the Joker superimposed <laughs> on it. Oh man. But like you know, the purple gloves tells me that I mean he's not going to be purple in like glove. street. Yeah, he's not going to be in street clothes or whatever. I mean, I, I'm, he's Honestly, going to have his probably purple outfit at some point. You know, if you give Prince green hair, he looks more like the Joker, probably at this very moment, than Leto looks <laughs> as the Joker <laughs> in purple this fucking picture. Purple rain, purple rain. Well, Prince did Batman songs, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I just look at it like it's uh, a different take on the character and one that is unique. We mm-hmm. haven't seen any Joker like this before, and I'm not going to shit on it without knowing anything else about it other than just the image. I'm all about shitting on things without knowing much about them. Yeah, so. you oh. are. You I, really I toss are. It. To the point where sometimes it's fucking borderline <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like it. I was excited about it. So, but right. I agree with you here. So, Joseph, you gave it a taste. It. I mean, what do you like? What do you, you don't? Okay, you don't like the damage. Like, what do you? What are you digging on it, though, man? Uh, I'm digging. I'm, I'm looking at his tattoos as you know something to, to single out him from the other Jokers that have, that have come before. You know, kind of like what we got with Heath Ledger's scars on his face. I'm, I'm looking at his tattoos as his scars. Like this is something different that we can look at. And there again, I don't think we're going to see the tattoos you know the whole way through. So this is just sort of like maybe an inside look on something that we're only going to get a brief look at in the movie. I can't see them showing him with his, you know, shirtless the entire, the entire Suicide movie. Or, you know, not I that he's gonna, I don't see him being in the Suicide movie all that much anyways. 
I mean, because at the end of the day, how much Joker are we really going to see in this movie? I mean, if we only see him in a prison cell for 20 minutes of this movie, maybe this is the the only Joker we're going to see for the Suicide Squad. What movie. I'm worried is, like, what we're going to see is we're going to see, like, some, like, clear cell that he's in. And the first image we get of him is from behind. And he's um, doing, you know, push-ups, standing push-ups upside down off the wall. And you see on his back, like joker life on the tattooed on his back you know what i mean yeah yeah, and then he gets up and he's like you know he's like heaving like (gasps) you know and then he acts all i don't know dude i i don't want that's not the joker i want to see i i want to see the fucking i want to you know if they're gonna have him in prison just have him in like the orange you know scrubs or jump jump jumper or whatever the fuck they wear in prison Mm -hmm. have him in that and then he doesn't i don't he doesn't need all these tattoos I just want to see. I just want to. I don't know. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Heath Ledger Hobo Joker. I don't want to see fucking Jack Nicholson Joker. But I. I don't want to see Thug Joker. It's no. I'm with you. I don't want to see it either. So, oh man, I'm just looking forward to seeing a crazy Joker. He looks like he's got that. I hope they. I hope they show him in flashbacks of Harley Quinn's memory. Like this may be her, you know, getting all moist over her memories of him doing those said push-ups. You know, in a prison cell, and she just happens to be walking by. I want, uh, don't ever use the word moist again. Number one, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I want yeah, their good. relationship to be way more emotional torture, though, not her like drooling over his body. You know what I mean? I I want it to be the whole he fucked her over mentally, and that's why she is the way she is, and uh, that's the way that would play out. Frank's got to go grab a beer right now. Yeah. <laughs> This there makes me go. really interested to see what route they're going to go with Harley, though. Smoother. Like, yeah. If this is the route they're going with Joker, right. oh my god, what's Harley going to look like? I'm scared. I'm it's scared Margot too. Robbie. They can't fuck that up too bad. Oh god. They fuck yeah, Leto fuck up. Leto up. <laughs> so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, Frank's saying more tattoos. Yeah, no, I'm Frank's like, that. Frank's like, give him a fucking Mike Tyson face tattoo. <laughs> Frank wants more fucking tattoos. No, man. I mean, I we don't know. Two more ha-has, right? We don't know more. No, we don't know what the stories are behind all those. I'd hope we would find out. I can't imagine any story that's going to make me care about those Mm ha-has. I don't know. So uh, I'm hoping the joke's on us. That's why I'm hope I'm hoping the joke's on us, and I'm hoping that that is not the final look at the Joker. So. All right. So yeah, that's that's what we got for the Joker. I guess we can move on to. some other regular news after that. Yeah. Yeah, let's but move on to regular news. We'll have a little bit more DC news later. Yeah, we got a few DC things yeah. we're going to cover. Um, the next thing we were going to cover is the uh, brand new Jurassic World trailer that was released this week. So um, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause <laughs> and I'll refresh our minds of that. And we'll be right back. Fucking old school. are so fresh. Snap! All right, everyone, we are back. Um, we actually recorded our uh, non-Marvel DC Star Wars news just a moment ago and then fucked up and still had the thing on pause from the last time we took a break, so we kind of lost all that. Um, <laughs> it's my yeah, fault. You guys, If you guys have listened to us for more than 10 <laughs> episodes, you're used to this kind of thing by now. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, we're, we're just going to go ahead and skip that stuff and move ahead to Marvel News. We'll cover that stuff when there's more developments later on in the future. So Marvel News time. Marvel News. Marvel News. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. All right, so first thing we're going to cover is the second official Fantastic Four trailer that was released this week. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Did this come out on Sunday? It was Sunday or Monday, right? Or am I crazy? Monday. Monday? All right, thanks, Sunday. Joseph. Sunday. Same, week. Same epic weekend. Same epic weekend. There you go. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to uh, talk about the trailer, rate and review it, say what we thought about it. Um, one of you guys want to want to go first, or would you like me to? Frank, I, I want Frank go. to go first. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna taste this trailer um, mostly because the first one was so lackluster. I know I shouldn't be using one to help rate the other, but it kind of confuses me as to like the direction. They're such polar opposites. The first one was very artsy and tame, and then this one has you know humor and some action in it. Um, got to see Doom, so that's good. And he didn't look like he was sitting behind a computer blogging, so that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I still don't know what I think about that thing. I still think he looks like a giant pile of shit. But then again, I don't know what I would necessarily want to see out of a thing in a live action movie. Yeah, so, that's yeah, always going to be a character hard to nail down. Yeah, to real people, I think. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I don't hate him, I don't love him, and him just like this trailer is a, a taste it. It's, it's just kind of okay. It doesn't really get me super excited, but it doesn't make me look at it like the first one did and say, "Fuck this pile of shit." What do you think, Brian? I toss it. Yeah, I toss it. I, it's just like, it, yeah, the fr- I mean, this, this movie's fucked up. The first trailer, like you said, it was like all artsy, yeah. and interstellar and shit. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, if hey, if you didn't like that first trailer, <laughs> here's our trailer where we're gonna show off some powers. Yeah, yeah. Here's some powers for all you fanboys out there. You're gonna get to see me, you know, flame on and fucking. <laughs> uh, I'm, you get to see some stretchy shit, and you're gonna, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're gonna get to see a little bit more of the thing in this one. And he's gonna do that thing where the Terminator jumps out of the, the helicopter <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, in, that, yeah. in that trailer, and but you're going to get to see the thing do it now. Yeah. So, yeah, this is what you wanted. Here's your superhero movie. The first one, you didn't know if you're going to get a science fiction movie with the first one, but no, you're still getting a superhero movie. Yeah, Don't worry. Yeah, you're still getting a superhero movie. I didn't. I, I I didn't think it was any of it was really good. I didn't care for it. It just it's, it's nothing I'm excited about. I did not watch this trailer and be like, holy. Fuck, dude, I cannot wait to see this Fantastic Four movie. It's going to take a little bit more for me to get excited about this movie than just showing me, yeah, he does flame on, he is a rock man, and he does stretch. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you did in this fucking trailer for me, so I'm still tossing this. Yeah, I I think I'm going to give it a taste it. Um, I, I didn't think it was the worst trailer. It actually did get me a little bit more excited for the movie. Um, I like seeing that it's not going to be completely, totally artsy-fartsy science fiction and that there is going to be some character humor in there. And I got excited for that. Um, I'm really fascinated as to um, how exactly the four get their powers now. Um, it, they seemingly aren't traveling to the moon anymore to get their powers. It very much looks like um, they're getting their powers from some kind of alternate reality or other dimensional world or something. And I'm kind of curious as to how that's all going to play out. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I give it 
I give it a right down the middle of the line taste it. Well, they don't go to the negative zone. It's called dimension N. Is that what it is? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So is that is that where they're going to get their powers from? Is the negative zone or the dimension N or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I unlike Brian, am a fan of the Ultimate Fantastic Four universe. And so this, this kind of piqued my excitement to see more of that, too. So I'm excited. Excitement is not a word I would use to describe it. Yeah, I, it got me more excited than I was, for sure. I liked it better than the first one, that much is certain, but eh, just with everything coming out, I mean, of course it's going to be overshadowed, but it, it's just okay. I, I liked it. I liked seeing them in action a bit more than, you know, the things like you mentioned, Brian, as far as like, oh, you get to see some stretchy detchy shit and old flame on and, I, I'd I rather see that daddy. than some more. Basically, you know what? You know what that is to me. That's daddy, daddy jingling some keys. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the Fantastic Four I know. <laughs> but it, 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 it's a very confusing message to have such tonally different trailers. Better yeah. to show it now in a second trailer, though, than than to pull yeah. the blanket over everyone's eyes what's, until they see the movie. What's mm-hmm. Joseph? Joseph, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually going to give it a high taste. It. Uh, the first trailer, the Interstellar version of, of the Fantastic Four trailer that we got, I did not like that at all. Um, but out of this trailer, what I got was, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've seen some negative things being talked about uh, as far as um, Johnny Storm being, you know, portrayed as a black guy. Yeah. Um, I happen to really like that actor. And what I got out of this trailer was that, you know, we learned that his dad is, is um, you know, Baxter. Um, and that it's Sue Storm who's actually the adopted daughter. Um, and, and I, I kind of really like that twist. Um, I, I like think it too. I recently watched the, yeah, I recently watched the, the first, the, the nineties, um, or early two thousands Fantastic Four with uh, Jessica Alba and the other, and uh, all the other, other guys. Yeah. But, Michael uh, Chiklis. And more. Yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. Yeah. The foam suit. Uh, I, I got more out of this Reed Richards and, and Sue uh, little playful banner in this trailer than I did uh, believing that you know Jessica Alba was really into the other Reed Richards and the and the other version. Um, I, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. Uh, the one thing I didn't like was how much um, you know with that director's commentary that you guys played for the uh, first trailer that they released. Uh, he made so emphasis, so much emphasis on on about. The thing's eyes. The the one thing I really didn't like about this version of the thing was his eyes. I thought they looked they didn't really match his body, in my opinion. And um, other than that, I'm I'm giving it a high taste. Okay, nice, Joseph. I thought I thought the trailer did do a good job of showing the chemistry between the four actors too. I agree with you with that. Yeah, I really like the way that uh, Reed Richards when you know you get, you get to briefly see his arm stretch, but it wasn't. So unbelievable as with the other version, you know, this, you kind of see there's some muscle movement underneath and maybe, you know, some stuff happening underneath the skin. Which, yeah. You know, do you want me to, eye. do you want me to explain a little bit about that, that ability that he has now? Have you read the new character descriptions that were released? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. I have. Please do. Uh, the character descriptions were released and these are official. All right, here it is. I'll start with Reed, since we're talking about him. Reed Richards is a scientific prodigy who has been quietly exploring the universe's deepest mysteries in his garage after school. After being transformed by one of his experiments, and this is where they explain his ability now, 
He can warp the space around him and appear to stretch his body into impossible forms and to incredible lengths. Ooh, that's weird. This is not he's not actually stretching. It just appears that way because he can warp the space around him. Like bending space and time, not yeah. really being stretch man. That's that's an interesting concept. Fuck they're trying. They're thinking way too fucking Science. hard. Yeah, science, <laughs> science. He, he cured himself. She cured herself. Well, we, with don't science. To, we don't have to scientifically I'm, prove all these fucking superpowers. Mm-hmm. Anytime they like reference science shit in this movie, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna yell out science, science, science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting more and more up on this movie as time goes by than down, though, surprisingly. This is my least anticipated superhero movie this year. But, yeah. you know, I could be totally wrong, man. This could be like the days of future past for me, man. You know what I mean? And that one gets released this year? Yeah, dude. Yeah. August. Yeah. Blah. Okay. Not so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully fantastic for That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. He can warp the space around him and appear to stretch his body into impossible forms. Any other crazy descriptions where they change the powers? Well, you know, it's like, are they going to have to explain that in this movie? Yeah, they are, apparently. It's just not, he's just not, he's not Stretch Armstrong. He just can't stretch. He just appears to stretch, Frank. That's the That's science bullshit. behind this. Because he can warp the space around That's him. stupid. I think it's pretty neat. No. You would. You <laughs> fucking would. I do. <laughs> Toss everything else, but you're going to fucking, like, I'll taste this. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's like uh, Captain America's explanation about why he could dodge bullets because he can see faster. Huh? Yeah. But everybody else sounds like sounds like uh, their characters. Like, that's their power. Here's here yeah, here's Johnny Storms. A troublemaker and a thrill seeker. Johnny is the rock star of the team. His <laughs> wow. powers allow him to shoot fireballs, fly at breakneck speeds, and really light it up. Whoa! Light you know? I tossed that description. It's not like he appears to be on fire or something. <laughs> wow. You know, Sue is brilliant and beautiful, independent and sarcastic. The power to become invisible and generate her own force fields. I mean, this all sounds like the characters. Like why I don't know. Why they have to do that with Reed? Hmm. Make it all sciency and shit. Yeah, science, <laughs> science. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I see your point there. All right, so moving on from the Fantastic Four trailer. I love your moving on voice. You you get that moving tone, on. yeah? Like Jake's like, yeah. all right, I love yeah, that. Right. I love that. Like you are like like let's fucking move away from this. <laughs> <laughs> Back away, nothing to see here. Exactly. No, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, you got some stuff you'd like to talk about from other Fox movie franchises? Yeah, uh, let me find it because remember my notes got all fucked. Yeah, up. if you notice, I the, I keep trying to like no, give I, you like context clues for your next thing. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, yeah, here we go. MTV News, they asked Channing Tatum if Gambit was going to show up in X-Men Apocalypse. And like, this was a big fucking question for me because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like our first, okay, the Apocalypse movie is set to come out before the Gambit movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like this was a huge question for me. I was like, are we going to see Gambit in Apocalypse? Full, you know, fully, you know, fleshed out character. Before we actually see his origin story in a film, which made no sense to me. Right. Yeah. It made no sense to me, unless he's a cameo only. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they MTV News, they asked him, and Channing Tatum, this is what he had to say. He said, you know, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. 
I don't think I want to introduce Gambit until you can really explain who Gambit is. Hmm. So that makes it sound like no. Yeah, and I'm hoping that's the case now. Um, because it, it, for me, it doesn't make sense to really introduce him until we get that first movie. Yeah, it, it, right. I could, like, just to play devil's advocate, if we, maybe if we showcase him in one cool action sequence, that would help generate buzz for a Gambit solo movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but just like trying to gen- put him into one cool action sequence just to, I don't want to sacrifice the story. Just like, like how are you going to work it into where like he's just in this one scene and that's it? They kind of did that with Quicksilver though, and it worked in the previous movie. Yeah, but if they do it again, it's like they, that. That made sense for that movie. It's yeah. like, oh, here's the breakout scene which we need Quicksilver for, and then they had to actually just say goodbye to him as they got on the plane. And like, then- like. If they do that again here, it's like, oh, here's your cool Gambit thing. And then, like, as everybody, well, bye, Gambit. And then there's also the difference Maybe in the box office draw that you're going to have between an Evan Peters and a Channing Tatum. They're going to want to milk that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they're not going to want to milk that, Frank. That's kind of what the discussion is. They well, won't be in the movie. He didn't say either way if yeah. he's going to show up or not. Right. I, I don't think it would be like a little one little scene and done thing. If he's going to be in it, it'd be a lot longer. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, for me, it just, it just goes back to it not making sense to the character. I I understand what you're saying, like showcase the character to get him excited about it. But I think Marvel's kind of proven that you don't need to really do that with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I agree with that. I I mean, if you have a, you know, if you market the movie good and you have good trailers and People are going to see the movie. If it's a good movie, people are going to see it. Yeah. Right. So um, I'm just hoping that they get a good director. And part of that director uh, process, uh, it's not really going where they want it to go. Um, Channing Tatum has actually kind of talked to a couple people um, about directing. Um, and they talked to Darren Aronofsky. And uh, he was asked to direct the Gambit solo film. He turned it down. That seems an odd pick for a Gambit movie to me. Not really, considering that you know Darren Aronofsky got really close with Fox before when, when coming to direct the the Wolverine film. That seemed like an odd pick for me back then too. No, I thought that he could have done a really grounded and and gritty Wolverine movie that I would personally like to see over that fucking mess that we saw with James Mangold, which was oh. half gritty and then half like really weird like. You know, super shredder bullshit at the <laughs> that end. That was some crap. <laughs> and then that Viper character was just kind of like bizarre in that movie. I, I, I didn't really care for it. I think Darren Aronofsky would have uh, really added a lot of weight to this. Um, I'm trying to remember who else that they, that he asked. There was another director that was asked to do this Gambit solo film and they both turned it down. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Be interesting. They got Fox has three movies coming out that year: Apocalypse, Deadpool, and Gambit coming out in 2016. Big so. year for Fox comic book movies. They usually yeah. it's just one movie a year for them. Mm-hmm. I think the stars kind of aligned, and they're wanting to get this universe rolling. So. Yeah, yeah, get the, get it going. Um, I got a little bit of an Avengers story to talk about. Got a little bit more. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. X Men Apocalypse news. Oscar Isaac, he's playing Apocalypse. He talked with IGN and he gave us some cool plot details about it. He said, without giving anything away, the recruitment of the four horsemen is very cool. It's very interesting the way that he does that. You know, the idea of the way the cult leaders do. They find people that are in need of something and try to fulfill that thing in them as it relates to every one of the horsemen. Um, Apocalypse, he sounds, you know, 
human then, but will look but will he look that way too? Mentioning the fact that the villain can change his form at will, the site then asked Isaac about whether he's excited to possibly explore multiple facets of Apocalypse's appearance. And he says absolutely, and at the same time figuring out what the limits are and how it relates to how he moves and what it costs him. That's always a fun thing. So to be able to sit with Simon Kinberg and as a fan, just go through it and be like, well, what about this? You know, this is something that he does in the comics, and is there a way to incorporate this? Or if he has this power, suddenly how do we make that not come out of nowhere? So it's really fun to map that thing out. But yes, the nature of his powers will, uh, nature of his powers manifest themselves. Uh, Excuse me, but yes, the nature of how his powers manifest themselves is, to a certain extent, quite open to interpretation, because there are so many and they are so vast. It'll be science. Science. (laughs) (laughs) Science. I couldn't help myself. Well, see, what he had to do was he had to bend the space-time continuum to where his body's here and then his powers are there. And he really looks like himself the whole time. He's just warping time and space to make himself look like Bruce Jenner. Yeah, Apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because in the comics he like changes sizes, right? <laughs> I just broke Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I I'm lost on that one. Uh, yeah, but we got hey man, we got confirmation, of course, of the four horsemen, which yeah. is cool for Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. What were some sorry, Jake? I don't even know what I was saying anymore. <laughs> okay. I'm excited to see uh, the movie's interpretation of famine. Yeah, that was always my favorite visual yeah. of all the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of Wolverine being one of the four horsemen? You're cutting out, Chief. What do you guys think of one of, of maybe Wolverine being one of the four horsemen? Oh, that's an interesting idea. Hmm. I, you know, I, I think you're on a good point there. I don't necessarily think it'll be Wolverine, but I bet your bottom dollar, a pre-existing good guy character we know, is going to end up being one of these horsemen. A la, I mean, because they can't use Angel because he's not been established enough in the movies for that to make a big impact on right. everyone. But I bet they do use someone. What's interesting mm. is that, um, remember that picture that was released um, by Hugh Jackman? And he said one more time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a picture of the, of the, the claws. The claws. Mm-hmm. And it had three. A lot of people were just assuming that it was the three claws meant it number three. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah. Some people were thinking that it was, um, the ultimate universe version of, um, Wolverine, Wolverine when he, as when he's cable. Yes. And he only has the three. Hmm. Claws. And that would play into the apocalypse movie. Well, possibly. I mean, there, no, I don't know if it's going to play into the apocalypse movie. I'm just saying that, that maybe, He's teasing like where he's headed as an actor after this final Wolverine movie. Oh, okay. Because I mean, physically, he can't do this forever. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. he's in his upper forties now, so that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, for fifteen years he's been Wolverine. Right. Right. Yeah, that's wild to think about like that in like that actual time sense. Mm-hmm. That's just like one of those theories that people are floating around. So. Hmm. Kids that were conceived when he was in the first X-Men can now have kids of their own, technically. 
Not legally, but that's that's a, that's a gross statistic. <laughs> yeah, <Frank>. thanks, <laughs> thanks for sharing that with mm-hmm. us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Got to put it in right perspective. Kids, fucking What's kids. What's the right perspective <laughs> for a fifteen fifteen year old? Science. Yeah, science. <laughs> Good call, Joseph, on the science. <laughs> <laughs> Biology! (laughs) (laughs) Not quite legal! Yeah. Somebody take a poll as they're walking in. Are you ovulating yet? Wow. Okay, Uh, never mind. Sorry, god damn it. I'm done. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, I was, I'm distracted, I'm sorry. (laughs) um, Go ahead and move it on then. Yes. Um, I got a brief Avengers thing I wanted to talk about. Um, all the press junket stuff is going on this week where different people are interviewing different cast members and we've been hearing a lot of snippets and everything. Well, it seems like, uh, Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner kind of stuck their foot in their mouth during one of these press junket interviews. Um, during their interview with Digital Spy, um, Evans and Renner were asked about the fans shipping of different characters. And if you don't know, shipping means what two characters you're pairing up romantically. And um, they specifically asked about Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. And uh, Renner and Evans' reply was that um, she's a slut, which caused the two to burst out in laughter as Evans also chimed in with saying, yes, a complete whore. And so um, a lot of comic fans and a lot of women comic fans in general didn't take too lightly to this interview as it started making its way around. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe that they would say that or just even think that they could say that and have it come off as cheeky and funny? Were they drinking? I don't know what the fuck was going on here. I, I saw a gif of them giving the interview. I mean, it didn't look like they were just out hanging out. Yeah, but they within hours, they were issuing apologies for this comment. Um this is what Evans had to say. He said, yesterday we were asked about the rumors that Black Widow wanted to be in a relationship with both Hawkeye and Captain America. We answered in a very juvenile and offensive way that rightfully angered some fans. I regret it and sincerely apologize. Renner also says, I'm sorry that this tasteless joke about a fictional character offended anyone. It was not meant to be serious in any way, just poking fun during an exhausting and tedious press tour. Now, I thought... Evans' apology came off as a good apology. I thought Renner was kind of still being an asshole with his apology. The second apology you read was Evans, right? The Renner was the second. Where he oh. says, I'm sorry that this tasteless joke about a fictional character offended anyone. Well, yeah, I picked that up too. Yeah, I, it's kind of like he's saying, settle down, folks. But it's mm-hmm. fictional or not, we shouldn't call the only strong female on the Avengers team a complete slut whore. Right. When, I mean, the movie hasn't displayed that in any way whatsoever. Right. So I... If yeah. anything, it could just be a misguided effort to make sure that people knew that he wasn't talking about Scarlett Johansson in particular, just the character. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on here. I think maybe they were just out of their mind. This must have been like their 50th fucking press junket tour, and they were just fucking giddy and ludicrous, and... I don't know why the fuck they would say this kind of thing. It blows my mind. Crazy, huh? You heard David Letterman said something very similar recently. Oh, what'd he say? Um, he was like before the show had started, you know, people were asking him questions and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, somebody asked him, somebody asked him, like, you know, they were asking about women and I think he, his response was, you treat a, I forget what the question was. I think they were talking about like maybe like attacks on these campus campuses or something like that and i don't know it was weird he said you treat a lady like a slut 
and a slut like a lady or something like that or like a you know what I mean wow. and, yeah. and like it didn't go over well with people of course like this wasn't recorded or anything this is all hearsay but yeah. like, like that's that's what he said so yeah yeah I mean you could actually watch the video of this interview it's all over the place and you could actually see I mean oh, they, they're, they're laughing just really heartily at it once wow. he says it and everything like it's the funniest thing they ever fucking heard in their life mm. so I was surprised that we hadn't heard a statement from Scarlett Johansson after all of this. Yeah. It's probably better that she doesn't address it. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe standing up for herself and calling those two idiots might not be a bad PR. Well, right. But from within Marvel, they just probably just want it to go away. Yeah. I could see that, too. I just wanted to briefly talk about that. Um, I thought it was kind of an interesting story. Hmm. Um, Another thing real quick about Avengers Age of Ultron is um, we know the movie is going to be 142 minutes now. And we also know that Josh Whedon had a very much longer cut of the movie before it got down to this. Um, I've heard rumors over three and a half hours. Good the original God. cut was. Um, but Whedon has said that every single scene that hit the cutting room floor is going to be available on the Blu-ray when it comes out. Nice. They're not going to do an extended edition. They're not going to like plug all these, these scenes in, which I actually hate when they do that because I think a lot of times pacings of movies are ruined when they plug in like a dozen deleted scenes that weren't in there. Um, but all, they're all going to be there. We'll be able to see everything that hit the cutting room floor when this Blu-ray comes out. So I'm excited about that. So and that's all I really have for um, Age of Ultron news. Um, moving on. I, oh. real, sorry, I'm not trying to step on your toes with it. I, I think it's kind of odd, and I wish somebody would address it, about how... So everybody's upset with what they said about her. However, nobody's made mention of how Disney's pretty much just ignored her and the Scarlet Witch as far as coming out with action figures for Age of Ultron. Uh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they, they, they've got action figures of everybody else but those two. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen Scarlet Witch Funko Pop, and I've seen Black Widow Funko Pop. Gotcha. But I haven't paid attention. Gotcha. But I haven't paid. I, ha- <laughs> I haven't paid attention to it. I'm not um, a traditional action figure line type of guy, so I, I really hadn't heard that that was an issue yet. Yeah, it, uh, I was just reading it. Hit fix pointed it out. But I know but, Funko Pop has the ladies covered. Yeah, that's good. At least somebody is. I from what I was reading, it, it's Disney's own merchandise that doesn't have them. Anything specific, just them. Hmm. They're including like group photos and stuff, but nothing of them specifically. It, which is a shame too, because it, it might not sell. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, it, I know. know. I mean, it, but you know, maybe they need to put it out there and see if it does sell. Yeah, take a so, chance. I agree chance. with that. Brian, you've got a new story about basically the two biggest Disney franchises colliding a little bit. Um. Do I? Yes. Um, a little bit of Star Wars Easter egg. Oh, in the- yeah, thank you. <laughs> God damn it. See, I had all these notes all set up and shit. All right, back, uh, we we're talking about, uh, I'm gonna talk about Kevin Feige. He was in Whoa, the Oh, is our dude still with us? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, our- you did, you uh- did. You didn't mean to, but you did. It's weird how you didn't mean to, but you did. Isn't that weird? You well, I, I know, I'm fucking with you, Frank. Our, our guy, Joseph, are online? you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. All right. Uh, what do you think about all this fucking, <laughs> fucking nonsense? I'm, that, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna add in that uh, I think uh, Captain and uh, and Hawkeye just wanted to, you know, get people beefed up for the ten minutes of film that we aren't gonna get to see from what we've already seen from the trailers. It just seems like they've put out a lot of stuff from the trailers, and I'm just kind of oversaturated. The movies 
you know, a couple of weeks away or a week away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just kind of tired of, of seeing all this stuff about him. I, I want to go in to the movie kind of, you know, fresh. And yeah. uh, I, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. A lot of these things that are out aren't like official, officially cut things that I think we're meant to see before the film comes out. There's one scene that I saw with an extended version of the Hulkbuster fight, and it had stuff in it that I'm not going to mention that I wish I wouldn't have seen on my phone. I wish I would have saw it on the screen. And then, like, the way these things end, it just drops off. It, like, picks up in the middle and then drops off like you're looking at a piece of the movie, not like it was a cut that you were supposed to see at all. Oh, sorry. I was... Yeah, go Marvel Star Wars news. <laughs> yeah, you are on the ball. Um, Kevin Feige was in a chat with Cinema Blend and he talked about uh, a very weird topic. Apparently, there's a Star Wars Easter egg that has been a part of every Phase Two film. And so when I clicked on this, I was like, "What the hell is this all about?" Um, let me read his quote. So, is this a spoiler for Ant Man? Not really. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. Who's not? I'm 40 years old. I'm in the movies business. I went to USC. So I'm obsessed with Star Wars. And it didn't start out as intentional, but it became intentional, including that beat that you referenced. It sort of happens in every Star Wars movie. But I was sort of looking at it. Okay, is this Phase 2 our Excuse me. Okay, is Phase 2 our Empire Strikes Back? Not really, but tonally things are a little different. Somebody gets their arm cut off in every Phase 2 movie. Every single one. So in Iron Man 3, Iron Man sliced off uh, Aldrich Killian's arm at the end fight scene. In Thor The Dark World, Loki appears to cut off Thor's hand in the illusion right before the battle with Curse. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Bucky, is revealed to have lost his arm during his fall off the train. <laughs> in Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora chops off Groot's arms uh, when they first meet. Avengers Age of Ultron, they know that somebody loses their fucking arm, but we have no idea what it is because we haven't seen the movie yet. Could be 800 Ultron bots lose their arms. Right, something. Yeah. And then in Ant-Man, we don't know what that is yet either. But <laughs> apparently in every phase, this is like his, I don't know, fun little... Easter egg, Star Wars Easter egg in every Phase Two movie. Everybody, somebody loses an arm in each movie. I thought that was pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Yeah. So Um, yeah, I'm surprised that um, there's isn't more Star Wars Marvel kind of crossover Easter eggs. So Mm -hmm. it's cool that there's at least this little thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. What's your takeaway on this, Joseph? Oh, I'm I'm loving that news. I hadn't heard that, and uh, I'm a big you know Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie, so I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, if you're going to get any homage, you want it to be the losing in hand arm stuff, huh? Yeah. Could have been worse. At least it's not a homage to Theon Greyjoy. Oh, yeah. Ripping off dicks in every movie? <laughs> or some fuck? brothers kissing <laughs> Frank, you're on fire this episode. <laughs> Ripping off dicks? Can you imagine that in the Marvel movies? Yeah. Like, all the, like... <laughs> That'll be face X. <laughs> wow. Face triple X. <laughs> Oh, Incredible Hulk's like, go ahead and tug. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Instead of the hammer, they try to, never mind, <laughs> see who can lift what. <laughs> um, moving on from that. <laughs> There's my moving on voice. <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got news no, that we're gonna. No. Speaking, I mean, how big is Hulk's dick? I mean, seriously. Is it bigger than fucking, like, a, a horse would probably be. The like, hornier he gets, does the bigger it get? 
Dude. That's how it works for most people, so I would assume yes. Yeah. Well, you know, like, his strength is unlimited because the matter he gets, the yeah. stronger he gets. The fucked up thing, though, is, like, no matter how big his is, Reed Richards could make his bigger. Longer, yes. Well, but it would be like a piece of wouldn't technically be bigger. He would just be bending time and space to make it look bigger. <laughs> well, the ultimate version. <laughs> He'd have a science dick. <laughs> science dick. Science cock. <laughs> Could that be the name of the episode? Science dick. Science. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad name. I'll second the science. Science dick. <laughs> That's the. I'm naming it science dick. Science dick. Science dick. <laughs> science dick. I mean, science cock was funnier, but we can't name it yeah. that. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, excuse me. My next piece of news is um, about a Spider-Man animated movie coming down the lines. Um, we just heard this news this week. It's being uh, written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the same two people behind the Jump Street movies, the uh, Lego movie, the upcoming Lego movie sequel. I'm forgetting another property that these two guys are behind. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And so, yeah, they're doing a Spider-Man animated film. Um, it's due in theaters July 20th, 2018. And here's just kind of a quick rundown of some of the uh, bullet point facts we know about this project so far. Um, like I said, we know it's coming out July 20th, 2018. We know Phil Lord and Chris Miller are involved in writing, but there is no word on whether they will be involved in directing. Um, if they're not, we're not sure who will be directing the movie yet. Now, um, Tom Rothman, who introduced this news, said that the film will coexist with the live-action Spider-Man universe. But um, it'll exist independently of the projects in the live-action Spider-Man universe, all of which are continuing. So that's kind of confusing what he means there. Like, I don't... I basically think what he's saying is that it'll be the same character, but there won't be much carryover between the live-action and the animated mm -hmm. stuff, is my takeaway from that. He's um, giving us a... Oh, shit. I was going to say Sam Raimi response, but they didn't... I almost that. said the same thing, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, we didn't talk about that, so yeah. I can't say this sounds exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> we bent time and space, so no, yeah, we didn't exactly. We bent Science! Science, <laughs> dick! Science, cop! <laughs> um, go, go, gadget, dick. <laughs> and we also know that A.B. Arid... Um, Matt Tolmach and Amy Pascal will be serving as producers. Oh, so, fuck. I mean, this all just got announced, so we don't know like a million things about it. But we're going to be getting a lot of Spider-Man stuff, you know, coming up. We got a live-action movie, an animated movie, him being the Marvel, you know, MCU. Mm -hmm. So just just one more thing to add to the Spider-Man plate. Um, I myself am excited for this. I want Marvel to do a Tupperware animated movie, and I think it's about fucking time. Um, I want to see it. I know this is Sony and not technically Marvel Cinemas, but it, it, a Marvel property Tupperware animated movie. I'd really like to see that. You guys excited about this? Hmm. <laughs> Joseph, what are, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, Marvel does have a reputation of having some lackluster uh, animated stuff, so I think this would be a really good chance for them to totally redeem themselves, uh, given as far as how Spider-Man, you know, the shit yeah yeah i'm excited i i tupperware the news of a spider-man animated movie mm -hmm. um yet to be seen how i feel once the final project is out though i'd be more excited if they said like oh uh you know phil lord and chris miller are doing a live action 
they're going to be executive producers or writing that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Drew Goddard's directing, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, fucking they're, they're executive producers or they're writing the script. Uh, this animated thing doesn't really have me too. Yeah, excited. I have a lot of respect for Drew Goddard as a, as a writer and a screenwriter. So I, I don't want that job taken away from him. That's fine. I mean, I'm just saying executive producer role or something. I, I don't, I don't, I'm just not, I don't care about this fucking animated movie. To be honest with you, yeah, I didn't like what they did with Lego Movie animated, so I'm not really looking forward to the Spider animated movie. I liked Lego Movie, but you know, there, there's to me a lot of these animated films for both the uh, Marvel and DC. It's a little overwhelming. It's kind of like looking at the comics all over again. It's like, where do I start? What should I watch? What you know? I don't know if like I'd get lost in it or what's worth watching and what's not. So I mean, it's kind of like just one more. Uh, piece of straw on the stack yeah i can see what you're saying there i think this will stand pretty independently from all the previous marvel animated movies and be pretty easy to jump into though it sounds like it's gonna i mean are they gonna use the same actor you know what i mean yeah i don't know those details aren't available the yet. same child actor that they're gonna get to place you know peter parker are they gonna get him to you know be in this so and that, that's a great segue brian um why don't you tell us about what we know about Spider-Man actors. Yeah, the big rumor Wednesday was that Marvel and Sony were down to a short list of five actors that can play Spider-Man. And then the rap gave out names. Now, these names are not confirmed. This is only speculation. So here's the list of names of actors that are being considered for Peter Parker. The first one is Nat Wolf. Uh, Nat Wolf, um, if you've seen uh, Admission, the Tina Fey, Paul Red film, he was in that. Uh, he was also uh, in the, the Fault in Our Stars. Um, so that's Nat Wolf. Uh, the second one, um, more people might be familiar with this actor, uh, Aza Butterfield. Uh, he was um, in Scorsese's movie Hugo. He also played Ender in Ender's Game. And then he's going to be in the upcoming Tim Burton uh, Peregrine's Home for Peculiars. The third is Tom Holland. Uh, he was in uh, played one of the kids in the in the Impossible, um, and he's also going to be in that uh, in the Heart of the Sea movie with Chris Hemsworth. Okay, uh, that's the Ron Howard film that uh, got pushed back. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, he is uh, he's been on uh, the series Homeland. Uh, he was the young version of Casey Affleck in Interstellar. Um, and then the final actor is Liam James. Uh, he was, uh, in the movie The Way, Way Back. He was on AMC and Netflix's The Killing. And then he was also, uh, on the TV show Psych. So, um. Yeah, loving those names, huh? They all getting you excited for Spider-Man? What's that noise, uh, when you lose a game in, um, uh, Price is Right. What's that noise? Yeah, that's that. That's seriously, that's what's going on here. That's exactly what I was inferring, yes. Um, the only one, oh my God. None of them. None of them. None of them. None of them. I mean, uh, Nat Wolf. Um, I liked him in, I loved Hugo. I thought it was a fun movie, but he, Nat Hugo wasn't cracking me up in fucking Hugo. And, and the actor from The Fault in Our Stars, I love that fucking movie. I just, I can't see this kid as fucking being Peter Parker. 
I'm not digging any of these. Yeah, fucking, interstellar kid, fucking oh, toss that God. out the window. I know he's no young Murph. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's just for Interstellar. Yeah, <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, what are you thinking? Uh, the only guy out of that short list um, that I think might be okay is uh, the guy from that Tina Fey movie. Um, um, I've seen that movie, and, and at least he has some snappy comebacks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the, the kid from Hugo that that you said, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Ender's Game. He was Ender in Ender's Game, yeah. Yeah, like he definitely didn't strike me as being funny, or and he didn't strike me as being physical enough to be um, a part of Peter Parker. Who I, just didn't. Yeah, he doesn't even yeah. look like he's hit puberty. I, I at least want like uh, Peter Parker that had his fucking his balls have dropped. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. This kid looks, this kid seriously looks like a young kid, like mm-hmm. way too young to be battling, you know, villains and shit. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm talking he about- might have some pull with, uh, with, uh, you know, um, Han Solo. So. Yeah. Casting Spider-Man is tough, right? It's, I mean, I don't know if there's any name that's just going to make us fucking get up and, Start jumping up and down, right? Nick Robinson for me, you know yeah. that though. Yeah, yeah. And what's he been in? He was in um, the uh, he was in Melissa and Joey, the TV show, oh. and uh, the Kings of Summer. Yeah, that was the movie with the um, the guy from Parks and Recreation. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Fucking a. I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch Parks. Plays Rod Swanson on Parks. Oh, Nick Offerman. Nick right? Offerman. Yeah. yeah, he's the voice of Axe Cop too. I fucking he, love. Isn't him. he in that movie that you're talking he about? Is, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So. so yeah, that's that's not nothing to get excited about. Those five names. I can't even taste any of these really. No, I tossed the whole list. I mean, maybe lo- low taste. Um, Nat Wolf, I guess, because yeah, because he wasn't. Uh, you know, funnier movies. Yeah. Maybe low taste it, but you're being I, nice. I, I am being nice, but I toss all of these. I, none of them get me excited. I mean, they're not. There's nothing to be excited about any of these. You know what? Opinion. Really, though, I mean, as far as like a Spider-Man actor goes, we need a Peter Parker in the costume. Mostly, he's going to be CG, I would bet. And you know, from there, it's the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot think of anybody right now that just makes me scream. Oh my gosh, that's Spider-Man. It, it's really hard, especially with the direction that they're heading with needing a funny guy. I can't think of anybody that age range that just fits. I mean, I don't know. When you guys watch Jurassic World, hopefully they'll let Nick Robinson play up to like his comedy because the mm-hmm. kid's funny. Okay, the kid's funny, and and so I mean, I, I'm hoping, but they're not going to cast him. They're, they're going to be they're, they're going to cast one of these fuckheads, and <laughs> and I'm not really. Are you sold that it's going to be one of these five? No, I mean it, this is coming from the rap. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that these are these are actors that they're definitely looking at. Yes, mm-hmm. these are actors that they're looking at. But I don't think that they are committed to one of these five. But yes, I think I think they are looking at these actors. They're looking at actors around that age. Absolutely. So. Okay. Um. So uh, we can move on from the Spider-Man stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, the next thing I have down here is um, some news you have that you acquired from the Sony Leak stuff, Brian. Uh, some Sony Leak. I have it. I have it put down as Kevin Sony yeah, hack. Yeah, thank you. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, Kevin Feige. Um, 
I, I last week I said, you know, he gets Spider-Man. He mm-hmm. understands the character and what what we need from a Spider-Man movie. And he wants a funny Spider-Man, a quick-witted Spider-Man. Well, WikiLeaks, they posted more from the Sony hack, and this one I thought was awesome. Kevin Feige's notes after he watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 that he sent to an email to Sony's Amy Pascal. I can't wait to hear this. Okay. And they are good. There are two. Here's the first one. There are too many storylines, and we need to choose which ones we are focusing on and lift out the other ones. Example. Could reduce father arc to just Roosevelt. Next one. Uh, could cut out plane crash and Richard destroying spiders and start on armored car. Don't start with Spider-Man. Let the danger stakes to New York City build first and then have Spider-Man enter the scene heroically. This one's fucking perfect. Yeah, these are good. Tone down Paul Giamatti's performance. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> ra, 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 ra. So he seems a bit more menacing and less cartoonish. <laughs> oh, he was an oaf. Next one. If you cut Richard from the opening and the plane crash, maybe you could instead do Harry coming home and seeing Norman at the top of the movie as a cold open? Yeah, that's a good one, too. You think Re- these are the emails where they realized, okay, fuck, we got to get him involved. Really love Electro. Feels like you may not need the scene in his apartment, which makes him seem completely crazy and hard to relate to. (laughs) Like the idea that eel goes in his mouth and instead of burrowing, you see it glow within him. Need to set up the power plant earlier visually. Seems like the movie switches point of views a lot. Why are we in Max's point of view during the car chase? Worth looking at this playing out from Spidey's point of view. Thank you. That was like the first movie. Like we got like one scene of Spider-Man's point of view as he's swinging and that was it. And like one of the things that I talked about before this movie came out was I kept saying, I hope they show more of Spider-Man's point of view. I hope they show more of Spider-Man's point of view. And did they? No. No. And you know what? I mean it looked awesome in 3D. In IMAX 3D, his point of view looked amazing and they didn't capitalize on that. He says, um, there could be a better way to reveal that Peter is missing graduation. Maybe when you cut Gwen, you cut to the wide shot. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Stan Lee cameo. Maybe need a little more emphasis on Peter here trying to get out of his costume and not be in scene. Set up a little more of the pressure of the principal getting closer and closer to calling his name. Uh, instead of seeing the ghost of Captain Stacy... Can just, oh, dude, I'm so glad that they did yeah, yeah. because that was such a great joke on our show. Yeah, oh yeah. Captain Peter Stacey Parker being fucking, a giant cock block. Yeah. Shaking his head, no. Nope. Yeah. He's going to fuck Gwen and all of a sudden he sees <laughs> Dennis Leary and shit. Oh man. Instead of seeing the ghost of Captain Stacy, can we just hear the voice in Peter's head maybe and maybe flash back to the last movie? That Don't think so we should better. add Cap Stacy back into the car chase. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is too much back and forth with Peter and Gwen. Can we recut the dim sum scene so that it doesn't feel so repetitive of their breakup in the last movie? Can Peter yeah. be more honorable and definitive and less wishy-washy? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Why do we need a year to pass? <laughs> uh, Harry's, Harry's story feels like the main plot of the movie. Peter should look into the past because of Harry. Maybe find some photos of them together as kids. Use Obsession Wall more to set up this part of his past, not just what happened to parents. Um, let's see here. Andrew's performance is all over the place. A lot of crying and then a lot of mania. 
hard to track him emotionally sometimes. It undermines his reaction to Gwen's death because he gets upset and emotional a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and I thought that was like the only emotional scene that worked was that wow. Gwen scene. But he holds no, Kevin holds no punches here. He doesn't. Here. Um, like the idea that May finds out he's Spider-Man, finds his costume instead of just the Rosemary Harris wink, wink all the time. <laughs> um, kind of like the morgue, but hate the dancing mortician cliche. Mm. Um, what's some other good ones here? Can Electro hum itsy bitsy spider before he plays it electronically? <laughs> Maybe we can use this again. Um, don't need Aunt May in the kitchen. Uh, Spider-Man needs to feel more directly responsible for preventing the planes from crashing. Don't show New Yorkers looting. <laughs> so, I mean, he had a lot of thoughts on this film, apparently. And I, I think, like, what we can take away from this is, like, I think he does get the character, and I think that he's going to be able to add a lot to the character in the MCU. He's obviously very passionate about the way the character is handled, and yeah. not just the character of Spider-Man, but all his supporting characters, too. Yeah, yeah. So, And that's of- what makes him a genius at what he does. Yeah. I, I I can't say enough about all the things that he brought up. That was what took me out of the film immediately was at the end of the first one, they broke up. Beginning of this one, they're together, but 10 minutes later, they break up again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck that shit. Make a goddamn and decision, it was all, dude. It was all because of the ghost of Captain Stacy. <laughs> Shaking his head. <laughs> Do you think that he head. appeared in his room when he was spanking it at night? No, he's okay with that. I yeah, think. he's fine with He'd that. Rather you can jack off into daughter. a sock as long as you're not thinking about my daughter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm in your head. I know what you're thinking about. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking about opinions uh, about things, here's Whedon's opinion on Edgar Wright's Ant-Man movie. Now let's hear this. I don't get it. I thought the script was not only the best script that Marvel had ever had. Let me stop right there. I mean, yeah. that's – come on. He's Are you sucking buying his it? buddy's dick. He's got to be, right? He's been he supporting is. him ever since the issue arose. I mean, hey, Joseph, I mean, let's get another opinion on this. What do you feel about the whole Edgar Wright Marvel thing? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys on this. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's just his buddies, buddies kind of deal and, and that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, um, but what about, I mean, are you excited? Are you, were you more excited to watch Edgar Wright's film? I mean, or were you, are you still looking forward to the Peyton I mean, Reed? I kind of wash my hands of the, of the, uh, Edgar, uh, film just because we're never going to get to see it. So, you know, I, I try not to think about it. Okay. So yeah, you just want to see what they've, what they've got for us now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Joss Whedon says, I thought the script was not only the best script that Marvel had ever had, but the most Marvel script I'd, I'd ever read. I had no interest in Ant-Man. Then I read the script and I was like, of course, this is so good. It reminded me of the books when I read them, irreverent and funny and could make, and could make what was small, large and vice versa. I don't know what, what what where things went wrong, but I was very sad because I thought this is a no-brainer. This is Marvel getting it exactly right. Whatever dissonance that came, whatever it was, I don't understand why it was bigger than a marriage that seemed so right. But I'm not going to say it was definitely all Marvel or Edgar's gone mad. I felt like they would complement each other by the ways that they were different and uh, something happened. So I hope we find out what that something is at some point. Yeah. Well, here's official word from Marvel on who gets writing credits for Ant-Man. Basically translated, uh, this is 
is Edgar Wright credited. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right. Peyton Reed directs Marvel's Ant-Man with Kevin Feige producing and Louis D'Esposito, Alan Fine, Victoria Alonso, Michael Grillo, Edgar Wright, and Stan Lee serving as executive producers. The story is by Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish, and the screenplay is by Adam McKay and Paul Rudd. Marvel's Ant-Man delivers a high-stakes tension for blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah, so he's getting credit for, for writing. Yeah. I figured he would. I kind of had to. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to throw 100% of everything he'd set up into the garbage can. I knew a little bit of it had to stick. Mm-hmm. It so, was too late in the game for them to throw it all away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It couldn't have came out this fast that they were just starting from ground zero. Right. So Adam, yeah. Adam McKay and Paul Rudd. Yeah, that's interesting. What's, yeah. what's McKay known for, do you know? Oh, yeah. Adam McKay, he does all those comedies. Didn't he do like the... Um, what are the Adam McKay comedies? I, I get them all confused. I mean, he's not the anchor man. That's Judd Apatow. Yes, yes. Um, Adam McKay does a ton of. He's worked with Paul Rudd on comedies before. You guys looking that up? I yeah. Am. Okay, let me pause. Uh, he did. He did. Yeah, you were right. He did Anchorman. Oh, he did Anchorman. Step okay. Brothers. Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, the other guys. He wrote the Hansel and Gretel movie. So. Okay. Oh, he's he even did that uh, Get Hard. It's mm. coming out. Adam McKay is uh, basically dying to do a Marvel movie. You guys heard this rumor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he fits in with any of these new movies coming out. I mean, if he fit in with anything, it is directing this movie. But that went to Peyton Reed. So, I mean, I don't see him unless he does an Ant-Man sequel. Do you guys? Okay, right now, do you think Ant-Man gets a sequel? Do you think uh, Ant-Man oh, ever gets a sequel? That's a tough call. Right now. And then I know we don't know how it's going to perform, but do you think, like, right now, do you think we'll ever see an Ant-Man sequel? I'm going I'm to say no. I'm going to say no, but you'll probably see him appear in other movies in the MCU. Well, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Infinity Wars. Right. One or two. But a, another Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man Part 2, or Ant-Man with a colon and then a subtitle? No. This this movie would have to literally be like Guardians of the Galaxy huge, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. In that case, yes. Yeah, in that case, yes. But see, like it makes it harder once you start getting into Phase Three, mm-hmm. even with the three movie schedule that they're going to be rolling out. Because right. you know, if I mean, I can see like Captain Marvel being fucking huge or Black Panther being huge. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going to get sequels to those movies. Mm-hmm. On the flip, I just, I, I, I can't see this movie. I, I see it doing like <sighs> Thor numbers, maybe? I don't know. I'm 100% with you on this, Brian. I think at the point of the game they were at, they just wanted to get a finished project, get it out there so they weren't complete failures when it came to the Ant Man thing, yeah. and then kind of move on. Well, do you think that this movie's kind of hampered because they can't show too much because it is post Avengers Age of Ultron? Do you, yeah, do you that's think probably that, some of it. I mean, they can't show everything because they can't show what the world is like after the events of Age of Ultron. I'm sure that this movie is affected by that film somewhat. I mean, it's in the same universe. But how much is the world really affected by the end of Age of Ultron? I mean, if, we don't know yet. That's exactly the question. We do have Daredevil as kind of a piece, though. Like that all takes place post Age of Ultron. It's right? not confirmed. It, it's not. That's not confirmed. That was just a note on IMDb, mm-hmm. and just, and all we saw from the Daredevil series was that. This happened post New York with the Chitari. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Ben, the reporter, one of the articles he was looking at in his office was of one of those giant things that the Hulk brought down, just laying in the street. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
I mean, we, I, I don't know if this movie's hampered by that or if they could just have free reign to like show whatever the fuck they wanted to. Hmm. You know what I mean? If, if, if it would help, but I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that too much of this movie would spoil the end of Age of Ultron. I can totally see that they want this movie to tie into Age of Ultron two months out. Yeah. I'm I wondering mean, how they can. Age of Ultron though. is still fresh on people's minds. Right. You've just seen it. You know, I mean, it'll probably still be in some theaters. And you, you know what I mean? And you'll be yeah. able to just like, they want this movie, I think, to carry over from Avengers Age of Ultron. I think that first month after the release of Age of Ultron will tell us the tale because if they do have trailers that will tie in, mm-hmm. maybe about a month after, then they'll drop those yeah. with stuff that's not overly spoilery. But if you've seen Age of Ultron, you'll get it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some Easter eggs in, but I don't think those two movies are like going to be like having sex with each other too much. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Probably you know, no I, more than any of the other MCU movies I'm just do saying with that the I, Avengers I, film. I do think that, I mean, after the Avengers, what we saw like in Phase 3 was like how these characters were affected after the events of the movie The Avengers. That right. was a big thing. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that, I think that Marvel does do that a lot. I mean, we saw the post-traumatic stress disorder with yeah. Iron Man yeah. and mm-hmm. how it affected him. And I think even though that these characters are not directly connected to the Avengers film per se, mm-hmm. it does affect the entire world. And I think Marvel, Kevin Feige, wants to show that in these movies. How did this other film affect this film? Yeah. And so maybe events that are happening in this movie are affected by what happens in Age of Ultron. I'm not saying like the you have to see Avengers Age of Ultron. No, I know you're not saying that. But I I do think that there is a lot of carryover from films into the next film, next set of films. Like that's why they have them in phases. I do think it'll be a lesser extent though to like I guess Iron Man 3 is the example. I think Ant-Man will be more distanced from Age of Ultron than Iron Man 3 to Avengers. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, just solely based on the fact that none of the characters in the Ant-Man movie, or at least the primary characters, as far as we know, will even be seen in Age of Ultron. And I said, actually, I said that. I I totally agree with that. But there'll be some kind of a reference to what just occurred. Absolutely. You can't have technology rise up and try to take over, well, not take over the world, just destroy all of humanity and not address it in the same world. Yeah, Joseph, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I, I'm looking at the lineup here for the movies that are coming out, and um, seeing as where Ant-Man lies in with this end of Phase Two, the end of Phase Two, right? Yeah, I, I guess officially at this point, it's the last Phase Two movie. Yeah, it's the last Phase Two movie, which is weird. Yeah, so maybe him, and I can see maybe Captain Marvel, maybe them two not really getting a sequel. Um, I, I don't really know what to say about about the Ant-Man movie. I haven't really seen enough to really even really be dying to go see it so oh man i i hope you're wrong about captain marvel i want that to be a gigantic franchise me too me too i think captain marvel i think it could be huge yeah yeah i mean the character of carol danvers i mean a strong female in this universe uh mm-hmm. oh i can't wait yeah I and the casting's got to be good for that too we've talked and about I... go ahead i'm yeah, sorry yeah we've talked about uh Katie Sackhoff possibly doing it. Um, I can't think of any of their names are off the top of my head. Did you just thought about? We just dropped the call. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, Katie Sackhoff was a name. 
that we kicked around as far as liking for that character. Emily Blunt. Is Emily Blunt. Name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think that she's going to be very important when it comes to the Infinity Wars, especially Infinity Wars Part One, where we're hearing rumors of Captain America not being in that film. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a tactician, right? And I think that she's going to be. I think she's pretty much going to be leading a lot of the team at that point. I mean, who's who else is going to do it? Fucking uh, Spider Man? No, I mean yeah. they can't have some fifteen year old kid leading the the Avengers. That'd right. be awesome having a strong female character leading an Avengers team. And I think that's what they're going to go for. And then the, that the culmination is going to be like when all these characters in the same film yeah do you think guardians are going to be with them at that point in time in infinity wars part two i think they will oh yeah yeah you know guns trying to say that they won't be yeah i I think gun has to be wrong i don't think we can have such a thanos um centric story i just don't think he wants to give up the characters yeah he's just being selfish he doesn't want the russos to be able to play with his toys right Mm -hmm. now yeah i that's what i that's what i think so i think you're probably right so I hope that they're directly involved. I think I hope that James Gunn's directly involved in the film. I, I hope he has like voice. Are you guys worried about you know like um, face? So do you think that Anthony Russo and Joe Russo? You know like we found out in Phase Two that after the Avengers did so well, they wanted to keep the ball rolling. That they had access. These other like Alan Taylor and some of these other directors that were doing these films, they had access to talk to Joss Whedon. If they had a particular problem with the script or something, they needed help. I mean, we found out that Alan Taylor had actually called Joss Whedon and said, I've got some problems with the script and how to work this in, blah, 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 blah. And we found out it was Loki scenes and some Odin scenes that they Mm -hmm. had reshot. And that that was some of the stuff that Joss had helped Alan Taylor with. Do you think, like, you know, now that Joss is leaving, do you think that they're going to do that here with Phase 3, possibly? I think it helps. Anthony and Joe Russo are going to be, you know, kind of like, you know, if you have any, you know, hey, you know, let's try to keep it all in line so that for the Infinity Wars... I think they should. I don't know if they will or won't, but I I 100% think they should. I mean, that's a lot to keep in check. And and, Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, the the Russos are the ones that have to write that double movie treatment that involves the culmination of every storyline and every hero, basically. And it's all like the butterfly effect, too. If something doesn't feel quite right earlier on, it won't have the same effect when those two movies hit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree. They definitely need to if that's not what they're already thinking about doing. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely should. I can't. I can't disagree. Yeah. All right. That's all we have for the uh, the Sony hack, uh, Kevin Fahey stuff. I guess. Uh, we, we... Yeah, I think so. Um, oh yeah. Um, yeah, Josh. Guys... Oh, go ahead, Joseph. Oh, have you guys seen the uh, Marvel Knights uh, fan film that came out about a month ago on on YouTube? Mm-mm. I have uh-uh. not. No. No, it's it's a uh, it's a fan film of Spider Man, and um, I want to say he's portrayed by a Latino at first. And there's uh, even at the end, after the end credit sequence, there's even a uh, a uh, Miles Morales scene, real quick. And I thought it was kind of fun the way they did it, and he was funny. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I suggest you guys check it out. Yeah, hook us up with the link. Okay, we'll do. Um, I had a quick story I wanted to talk about. Um, Marvel Comics and Telltale Games have announced a partnership to develop games. Uh, the first under this new union will arrive in 2017 on unspecified platforms. Um, exciting news, but the films are being very stingy with further details, assuming they have any, um, assuming they have any at all. Marvel did not disclose anything about the game or which of its properties Telltale might be working with, only that it's involving like 
the Marvel the Cinematic Universe and whatnot. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Telltale Games, but we've talked about their stuff a few times now on the podcast. They mm-hmm. did the more recent Game of Thrones game that's on all the devices, mm-hmm. uh, the previous Walking Dead games. Yeah. They've done a game based on fables, um, all kinds of stuff. Their stuff is really fun. I always think of it as a... Uh, Modern day choose your own adventure book type yeah. of game. There's another one that they did too called The Wolf Among Us. That's the Fables game. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Science, bitch. Science, gotcha. Science, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, science. <laughs> oh, you kill on that voice. But yeah, uh, not much to report here. I'm just a huge fan of the Telltale Games line of games and obviously a huge fan of Marvel properties. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> One of the things I think is interesting about these is, like you said, they are all choose your own adventure. There's, uh, um, I haven't gotten deep enough into the Game of Thrones ones yet, but, uh, the, uh, Walking Dead, you know, when, when you have to, when you're sitting here and you have to make a decision about somebody's gonna die, they die and they stay dead throughout the rest of the episodes. Yeah. So I think it'll be kinda neat when we go to compare notes once all five episodes of the Game of Thrones one is out mm-hmm. to see what kind of a different story we got told based on the decisions that we made. Yeah, that will be fun. I'm excited for when that last Game of Thrones comes out and we talk about that game as a whole. That'll yeah. be fun. So yeah, this Marvel thing, I, I like the idea of it. Yeah, I definitely Tupperware my excitement for this game. Telltale Games does a great job of focusing on character development and the narrative, I, as opposed to any kind of flashy, you know, video game esque type stuff. I agree. Are you familiar with Telltale Games, Joseph? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I have uh, teenagers in the house, and they pretty much rob the consoles from me, so I, um, I don't get zero to. Any bit, any bit of time to play games. Oh, okay, okay. Well, most of it's stuff that's available on like Android and iOS devices. Mm-hmm. Okay. So check it out if you're into Game of Thrones. They have a, the Game of Thrones one is amazing. Walking Dead, Fables. Check one of these games out. Just search for Telltale Games in your um, whichever platform you have. Will do. Um, the next thing I have on the list is Brian. You want to talk a little bit about um, some Agents of Shield spinoff news? Oh, yeah. Real quick, I'm just going to kind of go over this. Uh, let's see here. Man, I'm flipping all through my notes. <laughs> Sorry. Deadline is reporting that first the first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff will be a Mockingbird and Lance Hunter spinoff show. Hmm. Uh, the once-married couple will now have their own series. Mockingbird, Mockingbird of course, is played by uh, Adrienne Palicki. She's, she's known for, you know... Uh, Friday Night Lights, um, and uh, uh, she was in John Wick and also uh, in uh, G.I. Joe films. And then Lance Hunter is played by Nick Blood. I don't know what else he's been in okay. other than this uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Um, I'm excited about the news, but I'll be honest with you. They're my favorite part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, so I've said sad. that. I'm sad because I, I, I still want to see them on the show. They're mm. the, really the only reason that I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've heard Mockingbird was really good on that. She's fantastic. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Agent May. She, she, she just, I don't know. She just doesn't, she just annoys the shit out of me. She's got RBF a little bit. So I'm not a big fan of her. RBF? And, yeah, resting bitch face. Oh, okay. What yeah. the fuck is that? <laughs> you know when 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 you're when you're not making any emotion, your emotion looks like you're just super upset or a bitch. Oh, uh, I have that. I suffer from. You that. got the RBF? I do. Huh? Right. Yeah, I'll admit to it. Oh, but, that's totally like what's her face from Twilight. Then yes, she totally has resting bitch face. Mm. Gotcha. I've got it. Gotcha. 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 Science. <laughs> 
Science Scotland! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, man, this is like, uh, this is like bittersweet. I mean, I, 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 she's my favorite part of the show and her, the dynamic between these characters is so fucking good. And to think of them leaving and now I've just got to watch a, I don't know, a mockingbird and Lance Hunter list fucking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It doesn't have me excited to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm more excited to watch this show. So, uh, yeah, I could see your point. They're not going to be in both, though. You don't think. They'll jump they'll, over. They'll to jump over. They'll do the whole crossover thing that, you know, Flash mm-hmm. and Arrow and are doing. So. I, I watched only the pilot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I never watched another episode after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it worth going back to at all to try to watch? Second season's other? better, man. Hey, Joseph, do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I'm right there with Frank. I dropped off after the pilot. Okay. And haven't picked it up. Yeah. That, that first season was rough, guys. Uh, it really was. Um, the, uh, you know, once they started dealing, they had, uh, Lady Sif on, and I mean, even that stuff was not that good. It, it really didn't start to get good for me, I think, until they got to, um, uh, the, the stuff that happened after, um, Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay. It started to get better, and, and the second season actually was it, – it's a lot better, um, especially since Mockingbird has joined the team. Okay. Um, and, and you know, now that Sky has been introduced as an Inhuman, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm maybe five or six episodes behind now. I'm probably just going to binge watch them here shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it, it, this second season is a lot better. I, I'm kind of poo-pooing on it more than most people that are watching the show – I mean, even Rotten Tomatoes has this at like a 90% for the second really? season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, was, it's doing really well now. I was thinking of actually just tuning in and watching this week's episode mm-hmm. just to see the, the Avengers Age of Ultron tie-in episode. Yeah. Do you think it's yeah. something that, I mean, you can just hit the ground running like that and just jump right back on into? I, I would start with the, with the stuff that, um, after the second, uh, after the first season, I would start with the Captain America Civil War stuff. Okay. Or at least just start with the beginning of the second season. Or, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the beginning of the second season, it actually is good. And you'll get a feel for like Mockingbird and Lance and stuff. And it's, it's fun. So, um, yeah, that's all I had for that. Right, Could we take a quick time out for a second? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Shoot the Avengers too. I don't know. We're back. Uh, James Gunn. James Gunn is on Periscope, so we're playing that. There's so much going on, I'll never get my question. Uh, Avengers Infinity Wars. Yeah, sorry. Jake is asking James Gunn, live in Periscope, if the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be Infinity Wars. I'm sure he's going to give Jake the scoop first and not Bleeding Cool or Vulture or THR. It's going to be Jacob Elliott from Pop Culture Leftovers. Get the big scoop! Science! The soundtrack for GOTG2. Oh. Yeah. Thoughts on Ex Machina? Oh, I want to see that movie. Felt it. What is that? Thoughts on Ex Machina? I haven't seen it yet. Everybody says it's really great. I want to see it. Sinister Six? I don't know. Is that still happening? Boy. Can we get more PG porn? Probably not right now. I'm too busy. I've got to go 
to Colombia to shoot the Belco experiment at the beginning of June, and then I'm uh, writing Guardians and, and prepping that in pretty hardcore. You'll have to wait to see what characters you see. I love Daredevil on Netflix. I've watched all of the Daredevil episodes. I love it. I would love to have Rain Wilson in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yandu is going to have a big role in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yes. Spider-Man news, not that I can share. Batman or Superman, who wins? Sorry, Nerdboy. Am I bringing <laughs> Rom back? I would like to, but right now Marvel doesn't have the rights, so I can't. And and Rom doesn't have the... Actually, Rom approached me about doing something with that, but like Rom doesn't have the rights to the story of Rom, which is a thing that I also find interesting in addition to the way he looks. So I would love to be able to bring Marvel and Rom back together, but who knows? Uh, there is not presently planning on being a Lollipop Chainsaw sequel. Lollipop Chainsaw is the video game I wrote with Suda, for people who don't know. How old is Spider-Man in Civil War? I mean, you'll have to see. Ask him if we're going to see more Cosmo. How's working for Marvel? Well, Cosmo Marvel talk. It's generally great. Um, the thing that's best about it is Kevin Feige. Let me copy that and, so I could just do it over and over again on his ass. Every day, I have a great time with those guys, and we get along very well. What? Oh, no, you lost it. My shit broke. I'll be back. Oh, wow. I got on this one. Chris, or Scott Evans. Oh, now I'm now I can't ask questions because I got booted out. Oh, only like the first like hundred people can actually talk. Oh wow, what's your question? More Cosmo question mark. All right, guys, you want to move on? Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, that was cool, James Gunn. Yeah, periscoping. Yeah, that was awesome. We've got dual guns playing right now. <laughs> All right, Frank. Let's turn it off there, Chief. Trying to. Were we recording that whole time, yeah. too? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice. I thought it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I got super excited as soon as I saw his name. I totally... Yeah. We were watching our friend uh, Aaron Claude Miller, who was on a few episodes ago. Yeah. And then James Gunn's name popped up, and I was like, oh, later, Aaron Claude Miller. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look like he just woke up. Aaron yeah. Claude Miller was showing us that uh, comic book store that he talked about on our podcast That shit looked amazing. Tate's Comics. Yeah. Yeah, comics. And, and it looked amazing, yeah. They had a shit ton of Funko Pops, two fucking floors. Yeah. Like, they had like clothes in there and shit it looked like it looked oh well, he's talking about japanese candies yeah yeah it's awesome so very cool yeah wow super cool um i guess the next thing we wanted to talk about is we have like like some tidbits about like upcoming daredevil stuff season yeah. two and some mm-hmm. other stuff so brian why don't you lead us off with um some daredevil news yeah more bittersweet news this week daredevil showrunner steven denight is not returning for season two of daredevil He's going to be replaced by Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez. Now, the good news is... I'm sorry. What the hell are you doing? I'm sorry. You fucking asshole. It was almost like you were doing it on purpose. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I'm so bored. I'm going to be in class right now. I totally... I'm, I wasn't paying attention to what my hand was doing. I when I went inside, I mixed myself a drink and I was mixing it up. Could, I just didn't think about it. Did you not hear that through the fucking headphones? No, I couldn't. And the, the only thing that caught my attention was you staring me down. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I, I think I was staring at you too. I, well, I only got one eye. I can only see one. If guy you're not time. belching, you're fucking. <laughs> what are you? Are you trying to get your drink colder? 
Next time Brian says something uh, that's Did you yeah. add alcohol to that? I added alcohol to that. Half of this is um, Parrot Bay. Okay. Sorry. Wow. This is going to be my go-to. <laughs> Speaking of Bay, why don't you me. keep that fucking ice at Bay <laughs> okay, well, right bro, now? You so and your lap. No, no, no. Jiggle it around a little bit more. That's what we were... Yeah, that's, yeah what, that's what we're hearing. Yeah, why don't you should periscope you jiggling that ice around? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck James Gunn, we gotta go see this guy fucking jiggling his ice around. As soon as we wrap up, I'll do that. <laughs> jiggling okay, all kinds of fucking hearts uh, Can we call it icy science cock? <laughs> science, dude, you you can you can title your fucking periscope thing. So I'll. I'll I, what was it? Icy science balls? <laughs> what? Icy science, Icy science balls. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Icy science balls. You're gonna balls. get the that'll wrong do. kind of crowd in there, but you'll get a crowd. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Alright. Showrunner for Daredevil. Uh, before you were so rudely interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Frank. God damn it. Oh, no, man. That was like the equivalent of fucking <laughs> Brian. Yeah, I was just like, whoa. I'm I was just getting myself all situated. Like with I said, I'm going to start doing this, whatever you're saying, so I don't yeah. give a fuck about. Yeah. That's not what it was. I was just trying to mix my drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you finished Daredevil yet? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I did. Think, I was thinking maybe that's why you're not interested in No, 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 no. We got no. hilarious news for you, too, Frank, even though you finished Daredevil. We're not going to do our series overview for two more episodes. Yep. What? Two why? more episodes. Why? Because uh, Game of Thrones is on tonight. It We're took gonna... a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, had Joseph. Yeah. We didn't want to say the truth, but Joseph, he's Captain Truth over there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, last episode, you still had two or three to go, Jake. I wasn't the only offender. No, I know. Ah, all right, guys. But uh, okay, so basically, let me break this down before uh, you know, Iceman over here. <laughs> the drink is down, not, dude. Not Val Kilmer, but fucking <laughs> Frank. Icy, Jesus icy, icy, icy balls. What, what was that? What did you call it? Frank's icy ice, science. Frank's balls? Ice Man. Uh, science icy balls. Uh, it's something like that. Icy science balls. We'll figure out what yeah. the name of it is. Uh, yeah, Daredevil showrunner Stephen Knight is not returning for season two. Uh, he is replaced by Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez. Now, the good news about this is, though, is that both of these guys were involved in season one of Daredevil. Uh, Petrie was an, a co-executive producer and Ramirez as a supervising producer. So that is good news. This kind of reminds me of like what they do over at The Walking Dead mm-hmm. over at AMC. Uh, I mean, it's basically like Hydra. You cut off one head and you got somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what happens over at AMC. I mean, we saw, you know, the Glenn Mazzara step in, you know, there and, and Frank Darabont left. Yes, and, and then Glenn, and then Glenn Nazara stepped in, and then mm-hmm. Glenn Nazara left, and then yep. Scott Gempel, who was like yeah. you know an executive producer or whatever, uh, he he stepped in. Now he's the showrunner. Yeah. So I mean, but he's knocking it out of the park. So he's doing great. Lucky. He's doing yeah. great. Now the thing is, um, these guys. It kind of sounds like the same thing. Like these guys were, you know, they were involved in this, but. Man, I, I I really, really liked Stephen Tonight because, I mean, this guy, he took over the show after Goddard left after two episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he took over, and I think, you know, some of the best episodes were the the, the night episodes. Yeah. yeah, and even the stuff he added to the Goddard stuff was great. Yeah. I mean, from what I've read, he was a, one of the big people behind that, you know, one-cut fight scene that happened yeah. in episode two. I mean, yeah. Goddard had written the fight scene, yeah. but it was the night that took it to that next level. Let me read this statement by tonight. Um, you know, and I, I actually I asked him on Twitter. I was like, "Are you coming back for season two? Yeah. 
and I was hoping to get, you know, like uh, a yes or whatever, or I'll let you know, and I got nothing, and so he got the statement here. He says, while previous commitments unfortunately prevent me from continuing on with Daredevil into its second season, I could not be happier that Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez are carrying the torch. They were invaluable collaborators during our first season, and I, for one, can't wait to see what they do with the show moving forward. So, I don't know. It's bittersweet, man. I would have loved to see Steven come back. But, I mean, if, if he thinks that these guys are, are, uh, you know, big contributors to that first season, I'm hoping that, like, they, that, that Steven DeKnight, uh, and Drew Goddard have set the tone for the series mm-hmm. to that, so that we kind of know what we're going to get with the second season. Yeah. The only thing that I'm worried about is, like, now we're dealing with, like, a fully costumed Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And, man, I really, for some reason, I really love that fucking Black Ninja look. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. miss that, dude. I'm really actually going to miss that fucking That's suit. Crazy. And we all hated come, that huh? thing. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't hate it. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I thought I it was horrible. I thought it was horrible, too. I but I had it. no context. I had no idea, I mean, how it would fit just off the look alone. No, yeah. I was one of those douchebags going, but it's it's kind of like that in The Man Without Fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I fell in love with the suit. Um, f- oh. Hey, hey, Joseph. I mean, we haven't talked to you about Daredevil. Like, what would you rate it? Oh, I stopped wearing the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, that no, it was it was amazing, top to bottom, first episode to the end. The only thing I didn't like was that on my uh, I was watching it on uh, on the Xbox, and uh, I don't know how it is, but they give you like a little screenshot of of um, you know just showing promoing the show, and somewhere around the eighth episode, I got a picture of Daredevil in his on costume, and uh, and yep. it kind of spoiled it for me because yep. I was. Hoping to wait for the end. Yeah. Same thing happened. I mean, they, 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 they had a different promotional shot for it. And I think I, dude, I only had three fucking episodes oh. left. And then they spoiled that picture yeah. for me. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of messed up. For me, without talking about the show, uh, the medium in which it was released, all the episodes at once, it was a good and bad. It was a good in the sense of, like week by week shows like you get people posting spoilers all the time. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really have the opportunity for that because you know people talked about the show as a whole, but the bad is I missed out. I felt like on the whole social experience of like getting that week by week slow burn. Yeah. Net- no, you guys are so fucking wrong with this. I'm Net- going to break on this 100%. Net- bullshit. Netflix has mastered the binge watch. Their shows are meant to be binge watch. They- they- you don't have to have that fucking cliffhanger at the end of every episode to have you come back. They can just end the episode and you can just watch the next one. And the thing is with this is like a lot of series when they first start off they have the problem like the first episode the pilot episode is not the best episode. That wasn't and the so case here though. That was backwards. I'm yeah. saying that a lot do. I'm just talking about the Netflix model. Mm-hmm. The Netflix model is if you don't like that first episode, it you don't have a whole week to be like ah, I'm not going to watch the next one. Mm-hmm. We do that all the time on this oh, fucking yeah, show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I saw the pilot, but I didn't watch anything else. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time and then we find out like maybe the second or third or fourth episode is a lot better. Mm-hmm. With Netflix, you can just, like, for me, Danger 5, I might not have waited the next week to watch the next episode, but right. since I had it readily available, I did. I don't think, Netflix, the way they make their shows is, it. I don't think it has to be the week-by-week thing. They don't always do, like, the big, like, 
cliffhanger at the end of the episode because you you know you can just watch the next episode. I think Netflix makes them to be binged watched. Yeah. And I think oh. that they 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 understand that their service is a monthly service that you pay for and they understand that some people are just going to buy the service for that one month mm-hmm. so they can watch that one series. And they're hoping that once you binge watch that whole series that after that you you'll be able to because me personally if they said it's 7.99 a month and mm-hmm. we're going to release one episode a week i'm like well i would watch the whole thing but i don't want to spend 7.99 a month or 8.99 a month over the course of like you know 10 15 weeks just mm-hmm. to watch this one show yeah right. they suck you in with that binge watch for 7.99 8.99 mm-hmm. so you can binge watch the whole thing and then pray to god that you find something else on there that you really like and want to connect with i don't know though that i agree with that it was shot in a way that it had to be binge watched I, most of the episodes, because I, there, I mean, it took me so long. I don't to get think it's it. shot in a way that it has to be like that week to week wait. Like, oh my gosh, they give you the cliffhanger at the end so that you'll come back the next week and watch it. I would have yeah. just preferred that for, I mean, many reasons. I, I think the people that are the binge watchers can wait thirteen weeks and binge watch it then. And I would have rather had thirteen weeks yeah. of talking about Daredevil. I think, I think, I think both. I think honestly, I think there, there's two different ways to do this. You, I think sometimes certain shows suffer from that cliffhanger at the end. Like, you gotta have that in there mm-hmm. to get people to come back and watch it. This one, they, it's just telling a story. Mm-hmm. And you can just jump to the next episode. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I passionately hate the Netflix model. I absolutely love it. I, I still think it's think brilliant. I'm in a, I'm middle of the road in that I taste it because I don't think that it damaged Daredevil at all. For it to have been released that way, it's just the social connection. Like, I'll give you an example. I got a cousin that I can't get him to fucking binge watch this shit anywhere near as fast as like even I did, and I did slow compared to you guys. So I lose out on trying to get him going and having that discussion about did you see this and that. And I think our first episode after the series aired illustrated pretty well as far as like the difficulties you would encounter. You watched the whole series. Jake got through the first six episodes and I got through the first two. We hadn't been able to have a conversation about it because we were all due to the various things going on in our lives at different points of completion. Even up to last week, I had six episodes down, Jake had ten. We still couldn't talk about but it. But the yeah. model, with it being a subscription service, I think this is the only way that they can really do it, in my opinion. I, you know what I mean? Right. I mean? You're out in a social setting, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you've seen, like, you're talking with friends, and you're like, I watched the entire series of this thing. It's amazing. Right, yeah. And then they want to get the subscription, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, it's not I, a bad thing. It's I think just for a Netflix, different way of watching TV. I think it's a great model for Netflix. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a great model for them because right. it's a subscription service. I guess for me though, I mean this I mean the show ranks up there with shows like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones to where I really really desperately like want to talk to everybody I know about this thing, mm-hmm. but because it's not released in a predictable manner, you don't know where to start talking to people about other than maybe like the first episode or two. Yeah, and the fact that they released 13 episodes at once means 24 hours later some asshole could spoil how the last episode fucking ends, which is basically what happened. Well, sure. I mean... See, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't encounter that. I, I, I saw a lot of articles, people talking mm-hmm. about this and that about it, but I didn't see anything that was outright spoilerish. It's like I can handle being 45 minutes behind and avoiding spoilers for like 
you know, half a day, but yeah. holy shit, man. I don't feel like I missed out on any, I, I think I got an enjoyable experience for me when I watched Game of Thrones seasons two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. I don't think I missed out on a damn thing. I had an enjoyable experience and now I can talk to people that have watched the series yeah. in retrospect. I can talk about some of those great scenes that I saw on two, three, and four with you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I missed anything. I don't feel like I missed them week to week talk. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really wish I could have talked to these guys every week about this show. I don't feel like that. See, I definitely do feel like that, especially with Game of Thrones, especially mm-hmm. when you have those big episodes like like the Red right. Wedding episode, the Mountain vs. the Viper episode. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk all week to everyone about it, and I knew I can just say to someone, are you caught up on Game of Thrones? Yes, I am. Then I know exactly where you are. You know, I don't- For you, it is, but for me, it's not. I mean, I felt like I loved watching every episode back to back to back to back, and it kept the story going. Same thing for comic books with me. Mm-hmm. When I'm reading a comic book, if I'm reading The Flash and I get an, an issue – then I have to wait another month before I read that next issue. Well, mm-hmm. I fucking forgot some of the things that happened in the previous issue. So fuck, now I got to read that other issue again mm-hmm. and then read the next issue. I, and it's the same thing. I'm with, with you on comic books. With Daredevil and the TV shows, sometimes it's the same thing for me. Even though they show the things at the beginning of the episode, like little flashbacks, it's the same thing for TV shows right. with me. And I thought Daredevil, I just, I loved watching each episode back to back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got a complete story. I'm not against binge watching. I actually prefer to do both, though. You know, the get back to the Game of Thrones. Like I love the week to week conversation, mm-hmm. but I've gone back and binge watched the whole series twice now. Right. But I it was like after it, it was already it. not. But new in the anymore. day of DVR, not everybody's caught up with everything anyway. I don't right. see what I mean. I mean, it's like our DVRs are full. I've got fucking six episodes of Agents of Shield on my fucking thing. I've got two episode. I got two episodes of Gotham. I got one episode yeah. of Flash. I mean, I'm not caught up on everything. So there's going to be spoilers for unless this is like a show you have to watch. Mm-hmm. Like every fucking second, you know, it comes on. And I'm not watch this week Game of Thrones. I didn't watch it till Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last week's Game of Thrones, I didn't watch it till Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not watching these as they come out. I don't do right. that with hardly any TV show except for Walking Dead. I just think some of those episodes had such powerful moments that I wish they got a whole week to be discussed about. Like, I, 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 think I agree with that. Episode 8 was like that. I think the end fight of episode 2 was like that. Mm-hmm. There's half a dozen moments where I wish the whole week was just focused about talking about those moments. 7, 8, 9, 10... 11 and 12. Sorry, I like that instant gratification that Netflix gives me. Netflix, seriously, it's like going to, it's like going to a strip club, but at this strip club, you know, they're taking everything off. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I I hate it. With how we, with how we talk about stuff, uh, on here, I mean, I, I can only talk from my own personal experience. I mean, and everybody's busy, I know that, and with, you know, a DVR full, to a certain extent with me, even trying just to get through an episode or two a day, it was almost like trying to force feed myself when I'm full. You know what I mean? Maybe I didn't have time, but I had to watch it. You know, and I, it, so, there was one or two points where, I mean, I, it never had any kind of an impact on the show itself as far as how I felt about it. But there was a couple of points where I'm like, no, you know, I better go ahead and watch it. Not like it's a job, but like I felt like I had to, so I was in the know mm-hmm. to know what to talk about. You guys are entitled to your opinion. I just think that this model makes sense for Netflix as a company. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I take no offense to, to your stance on yeah, this I at all. Yeah, I completely agree with like, that. Not like right wing left wing. I don't know how else <laughs> they could have done it because for them to try to release something episodically, 
then it kind of puts you into some kind of a different time frame, like, okay, so who are they competing against? When do they air it? What time? Why? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So then then that becomes a, a thing and an issue, and they're really independent from everything else that's going on because they don't air live television, so... Yeah. I like to pause for the cause and like let the story marinate and think about my own ways about how things are going to continue forward too. I do that too because then you get to compare notes with your buddies and then maybe they caught something that you didn't catch that was really awesome. And then in the four days that you got left before that next episode comes out, maybe you rewatch that last episode. You get yourself really geared up. In the meantime, everybody's tried to figure out like the ending of this fucking thing. Yeah, but that goes on all the time. The fucking writers have to change like their story (laughs) and shit. So, you know, you just drop fucking Daredevil, you just dump it on people, just shit it all over their fucking face, and they can watch it whenever they want to. Now, I can't argue – I do agree with that aspect in that a lot of shows, and we've talked about this before, they hit that fourth or fifth episode, they start looking at what the critics are saying and the audience, and they'll make adjustments to try to appease them, and it's no longer the original story that they originally laid out. When I think about this argument in my head, I always think, like, two of my favorite shows are X-Files and Lost, and I feel like if they were released on the Netflix model, they would not have been my favorite shows. Half the fun of those two shows was the week-to-week discussion. That's all. About, you, that's the only choice you had, though. I mean, you had to watch them or you had to record them on but, a VCR. Well, I realize, but I, I think if the shows came out in the now and were released in the Netflix model, they may not have had as big of impact as I they identify did. with that big time because I've tried a couple of times to get watched and it, lost. And I, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think if a show is good... It's good, and I think Netflix is proof of this. I mean, look at, like, Black Mirror, which came out years ago. I mean, on Netflix, the Netflix model, Black Mirror, people are t- finally talking about this. Mm-hmm. I think if a show's good, people are going to watch it no matter if it's week to week to week and if they have a week to marinate in it. I think if a show is good, people will watch it and talk about I it. I totally agree with that, but I have more fun personally yeah. talking about it week to week. I get yeah, really... Yeah, but I don't think it discounts the fact that a show can't be, like can't uh have its place in pop culture and mm-hmm. still be like a fixture in pop culture right. if it doesn't have that week to week experience for everyone. Sure. Well, you're obviously right because I mean Dead or Daredevil is a huge fixture mm-hmm. in pop culture yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, you know. I just feel like I missed out on bond certain bonding experiences and a lot of discussion that could have happened if it would have been aired week to week. Not that Netflix could have done that. I I don't I don't disagree with you there because mm-hmm. that's the only way they could have done it. Right. But, you know, it, it's that week to week stuff. I mean, I don't, I have a real hard time watching TV by myself. I, I, it's like, it's a, for me, it's a social thing. I have to have somebody I'm watching TV with. And for it to be released like that, it's like you're scrambling around like, okay, who can I force to sit down with me and watch 13 hours of TV with that's not going to complain? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we've, we've nobody's gone. nobody's wrong. Nobody's right. We've gone yeah. off the rails pretty good here. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, I I think that's a discussion that we would have ended up having anyway. Yeah. And it's we've kind had of this neat. discussion before. Yeah, we're, we're Brian spread knows all. How I felt about it. We're spread all over I the board. You, you toss it. He Tupperwares it, and I taste it because eh. I, I, I think you're tasting. Joseph, weak Joseph, too. Joseph, Joseph's still here. Joseph, what do you think <laughs> about this fucking shit? <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, well, I suffer with the show, like I said, and, uh, I think it's like a different type of monster with the whole Netflix model that you're talking about. Um, I really enjoy getting all those episodes at once and I like being the go-to guy knowing that, you know, I'm more than likely I'm going to watch all 13 hours of that show, uh, when it hits the gate. 
and I like being that go-to guy that my friends are like, oh man, you know, they come back to me every week and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm here with this episode. And then it's almost like I get to relive that episode again with them when they're caught up to it. And on the plus side, also, I get to poke fun at them. I'm like, come on, asshole, where are you? Why haven't you watched this episode <laughs> right, yet? And blah, yeah. blah, blah. That's a good point. And, uh, yeah. Oh, everything, yeah, every, every point I made up to that point. No, I'm just I kidding. started tiny reports with great points. I know, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> no, but like, just, he's exactly seeing like what I, I did. Like, I watched the entire thing and I'm like, wait until you get to episode eight. Mm-hmm. Wait till you get to episode eight. Right. I think, like, I think that's what the Netflix model does. Exactly, Joseph. It's, it, that is a great point. Like, it, you've got one person that gauges the entire series and like, he's like telling everybody else, watch this. True. Watch this. Watch this. Because then you do get those moments where like, you, like at Game of Thrones as an example, you could tell everybody, yeah, first season's really slow to start. Once you get through episode nine, Baylor, then you'll be hooked. And then, uh, like Blink, mm-hmm. uh, with Doctor Who, like yep. you told me about that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, those things are good. I don't know. I just, it, it it's such a good show that I wish I could have had more conversations about it while I was watching it is all. Yeah. I'm with you, Frank. I'm sorry you missed out on those conversations, Frank. <laughs> You're not sorry that I missed out on it? But, no. uh, <laughs> maybe I'll figure out a way to like ship the wife to her mom or something when season two gets dropped. That way I can binge watch that whole thing all at once. Yeah. I'll be sitting over here in my underwear texting Jake, be like, what episode you on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope Netflix gets fucking Game of Thrones and they just fucking drop them all. Oh, that HBO would, would never suck. allow it. Now that uh, they got their own service. I'd love it. That would be the worst show. I'd love it. Too. I'd love it because that's how I watched the two, three, four. I mean, if they did that with Game of Thrones, I would call off work the next day. I know you would. In. I yeah. know you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, what are we talking about now? Uh, uh, still Daredevil. Let's argue about something. Daredevil! Are you, um, are you done with the Steve McKnight stuff? I'll, Stephen McKnight? Uh, <laughs> Stephen McNugget? Oh! Uh, about that, my only fear Nick there. <laughs> Science nugget. <laughs> my only fear there is that the entire series seemed very cinematic to me in how it was shot. Uh, beautiful cuts. Nothing seemed very choppy and cut away like a lot of TV shows are. Yeah. I'm hoping that with the new showrunners that the second season carries that same theme through. Yeah. To where it's very clean. And almost theatrical in the way that it was cut. Yeah, I hope the passion for those um, insanely great fighting sequences doesn't go away. Because I feel like uh, Steven was a big driving force behind how good those looked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a good call. Well, and they got, I, I, I think he was, but I, th- I think they're, I think they'll be fine because they got, it sounded like they got a lot of the action choreographers from, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, mm. and hopefully Marvel, you know, they'll, they'll dive back into their hip pocket and be like, yeah, we've got these guys and they're good at this and blah, 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 blah. So. All right. Um, the next thing I got, I, I got a question. Will we see the Man of Fear side by side with the Avengers? Well, we have a, a little bit of news about that. Not much. Um, it's a strong possibility. Uh, Charlie Cox has stated he hasn't heard anything, but the good news is that it is in his contract to be part of the MCU if he's called so to, to be it. Um, let me read you Charlie Cox's quote about all this. Um, he says, it'd be great. I've read Civil War now. I've read New Avengers. I know he's in there, but I think I missed the boat on Civil War because they're filming that. I don't know. Marvel has not mentioned that to me at all. It's in my contract that if they want me to do it, I'm there. And I would love that. That would be an extension of the dream. But I'm pretty, I'm a pretty happy customer at this point to get to do the series again. And I get to do the, the Defenders at some point. So yeah, it sounds like, um, 
Charlie Cox is all about being in the MCU, if you so mm-hmm. ask, but as of now, hasn't heard anything or isn't allowed to tell us that he has. He'll be in it. Yeah. You think he'll, when do you think he'll be in? Civil War? I don't know. He'll be in it. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer for you, but De- he'll be in definitely it. Definitely by the Infinity War stuff. He'll be in it. Yes. Just something about Charlie Cox real quick. You know, we've got a lot of people who have difficulty, like, say, Megan Fox acting with, uh, you know, CG characters who aren't there. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say how great a job Charlie Cox did of portraying a blind man. It never seemed awkward. Oh, I thought you were going to say how, how he did a great job of interacting with Foggy Nelson. Yeah. I didn't what? Like, I was like, whoa, was Foggy not there? <laughs> <laughs> I was, whoa, Frank, yeah. what's, what are you going with this? But, uh, d- did anybody see him as being, uh, Foggy as being like a poor man's, uh, shit. Damn it, I can't think of the guy. Poor man's shit? Yeah, no, I did no, no, see no. that. A poor man's shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Science <laughs> shit! Science <laughs> shit! I can't think of the guy's Foggy name. Shit. You, uh, fuck. Um, he was in, um, oh, that movie, well thought out, uh, thought. Hunger Games, he's dead now. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. Does he seem like a poor man's Philip Seymour Hoffman to you? Mm. I could see it, the comparison a, a little, little bit, bit, but I never but thought about it like that. Never thought about it. But anyhow, yeah, I mean, just the, I'm the glad scenes. glad you got that one out though, Frank. The scenes with, uh, <laughs> Charlie Cox and his glasses are off and mm-hmm. then like just looking at his eyes, he's, it's just a great balance. He's not intentionally not looking at anything, mm-hmm. but he's not focusing on anything either. It's just such a great job of making me believe that he really was blind. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wanted to spit that out. Glad you did. <laughs> uh, Brian, you have a little <laughs> bit more from Charlie Cox and some of his thoughts on uh, the next season. Mm-hmm. He said, Science! <laughs> science blindness! <laughs> science blindness. Blinded me with science. <laughs> 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 Finding me with science. That's good. That should, should that be the title of yeah, the episode? Yeah, that's please. Great. Great. Blinded great. me with science. Blinded me with science. <laughs> Instead of yeah. science, science dick. It's <laughs> probably a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, what do you think? And what, what should we title this? Oh, uh, yeah. Blinding me with science. Yeah. <laughs> I was seriously gonna, I was gonna title it Science Day. Yeah, good thing we bit. found a better title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We saved ourselves. Charlie Cox, he talked to Empire Online about Daredevil, and this is what he had to say about what he hopes to see in season two of the show. Based on the show we've created, which is very grounded in reality, I'd like to see Punisher maybe show up. That'd be cool shit. A little bit of Electra maybe? There was, did you guys hear the Electra? Easter egg? No. No, I did not. Foggy mm-hmm. said you dated that Greek girl for a while. Oh, oh nice. Cool. Oh, she's coming. She's coming, man. Uh, he says, I wouldn't mind Black Widow making an appearance, and you can't think about Daredevil for too long without thinking of Bullseye. I don't know when or if or how that would happen, but it'd be cool if it did. Dude, I think that's a tease to Bullseye. I think, I think, Black Widow's wishful thinking on Charlie Cox's part, but I, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility though, either with how successful fucking Daredevil was. Yeah, they're gonna want to flood this thing with MCU references, yeah, especially right. if they're leading up to having him in the MCU. I could see Hawkeye making an appearance. In yeah, this really. Too. I mean, you would stick runner. Hawkeye in everything. <laughs> yeah. Why not? They should. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you know, I don't know, but uh yeah, Bullseye definitely, definitely yeah. got to beat Bullseye. And I mean, we did talk about the Bullseye 
uh, Easter egg, possible Easter egg, yeah. you know, in the past. So I think Bullseye and the Elector are the two must-haves for season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punisher is definitely the one of those names that you mentioned that I would that I would really like to see. But I almost would rather see him just get his own treatment straight up than even, even starting. A, I think even Crossbones. Uh, you know, injection might not be too far fetched. No, yeah, like, that's a great idea. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they, yeah, get Frank Grillo in there. I mean, he, we know he's going to be in uh, Civil War. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've already said. Uh, I think JoeBlow.com. We talked about that article. They said that he's going to be a big part of that. That's a great idea. And because we know season two is coming out basically the same time next year as this year, I mean, that would be a perfect lead-in to seeing mm-hmm. more Crossbones and Cap Three, which is going to be coming out a few months after that. Right. And then we've got Jessica Jones coming out this year still yet, right? Yeah. Well, this is, he, uh, Charlie Clack said, we'll begin shooting in the second half of the year. It'll probably be the same timeline as the last show. So season two will come out about this time next year. Yes. Again, I'm imagining all this, but they'll probably do Iron Fist or Luke Cage at the same time, followed by the other one of the two in the first half of 2016, and then maybe Defenders in the second half of 2016 – or the beginning of 2017. So does it, it sounds like Defenders might come out before Infinity Wars, before Infinity Wars Part 2, definitely. Yeah, definitely before Part 2, and yes. very possibly before Part 1, I think, with that timeline. Right, possibly, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting. And then uh, in uh, quick news, uh, Bleeding Cool is reporting that Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, could show up in the Netflix Iron Fist series before he's introduced in his own movie. This isn't confirmed, and it's not even known if he's going to show up on camera. This might possibly just be a voiceover role. So we might possibly hear uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange voice uh, in Iron Fist series before we actually see him in a movie. Do you hope that's true? Yes, I do. Me too. I think it makes sense for Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. I think we see him. What's that? You guys think uh, Doctor Strange will have an accent? I think he's gonna have. I think it's. I think it's gonna be. I think he's gonna be British. I think so too. I mean, they've already talked about some of the scenes possibly filming in London. So, yes. And that's all we have for Marvel news. That was a whole fucking heaping lot of Marvel news, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. You guys. Oh man. I, I kind of want to talk fucking Daredevil Easter eggs, but we'll hold off. Oh. We'll hold off. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why two weeks? Because next week is Age all of Avengers Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. Nothing but Ultron next week. All right, let's move on to DC News, DC right? News, and we, we have very little DC News because the bulk of it we all mm. already kind of covered with the Joker stuff at the beginning of the episode. I'll drop the DC News bumper. Yeah, drop the DC News bumper. DC Science! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was your best one all night, too. You get better and better at that. Um... I just briefly wanted to talk about um, the fact that they announced that the uh, the third Dark Knight comic book thing from Frank Miller is coming out. Yeah, um, Joseph, you have thoughts on this too. I know. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Joseph probably hated the uh, the original sequel to the Dark Knight, like uh, the rest of the world. Is that correct, Joseph? You would be absolutely. Yeah, yes, yes. So I feel like this this has a lot to do here. Uh, it's being called the Dark Knight, the Master Race. Hopefully it makes us forget about that stink pile that was the Dark Knight uh, Returns mm-hmm. again or whatever the fuck that shit was called. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just being written by Frank Miller, though. He is not going to be drawing it from what I, from what I heard. Um, we don't have an artist attached to it yet. 
Um, but he's also going to be doing it with Brian Azzarello also. This, so. Yeah, this doesn't go along with the original news that we heard months ago that it was going to be a collaboration between Frank Miller and Scott Snyder. Yes, yes. So, so I don't know what happened there between those two. I really wanted to see the, the Scott Snyder-Frank oh, Miller yeah, collab. Oh, yeah, me too. But I'm not as big of a Brian Azzarello fan as Scott Snyder by any means. But I can't help but not want to check this out when it comes out. You know, the the first series is so good. And, you know, one of those perennial, like, comic book things that mm-hmm. happened throughout my life that it's hard to look away from this if it's going to happen again. I'm just hoping that it's a little bit better than the sequel. What are, what are your thoughts about this, Joseph? Oh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm even really stoked that uh, Azzarello is going to be on to it. I, I really liked him in a, in a run he did called 100 Bullets. I thought it was really grounded, and I, I really liked that that series um, and what he did with Wonder Woman. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, his Wonder Woman run is probably one of the best things that's come out of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, so. uh, the Cliff Chang art on that was gorgeous yes. too. It was hard not to look away from that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when a lot of the books were uh, had the same kind of look and feel, except for maybe that book and then the Flash. Yeah, and this felt that that Wonder Woman book felt so separate from anything else that was going on in the DC universe. I agree. So, and it, it really was separate too, with it taking place with so much of the mythology mm-hmm. and on the island and everything. Yeah. So yeah, but that's I just wanted to briefly briefly touch on that real quick. Um, Brian, you've got some news about the. Uh, some of the uh, Suicide Squad stuff going on? Yes, Umberto Gonzalez from Latino Review. He posted this Suicide Squad rumor on Instagram. Cool Killer Croc tidbit from Suicide Squad. We've heard this rumor before mm-hmm. about Killer Croc. The rumor is that Killer Croc is a leader of a prison gang at Belle Reve Penitentiary. It's a little more than a cameo, but factors into the big set piece at the end of the film. He has a scene with Will Smith's dead shot. Killer Croc will be deformed with heavy makeup. Hmm. So, hmm. after seeing, I mean, I'm excited that Killer Croc's going to be in a film, but after seeing that fucking Jared Leto photo, yeah, I what don't will know. what will his forehead tattoo say? No shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ooh, watch it real quickly. Later, right, Gary. Real quickly, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> see you later. See you in a while, Crocodile. Oh, that's good. Well, real quickly, Joseph, uh, toss taster Tupperware the new Joker look. Uh, I, I'm going to taste it. Okay. You didn't ask him already? He wasn't on the show when no, we did that, I don't believe. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Yeah, oh, that wow. was just us, I believe. That right? was pre-Grub, I think, even. I think I was. No, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know if it got recorded or not. But... He was on the show. Oh, was he, he was on the show. Oh, yeah. Okay, I suck. Yeah, we yeah. have no idea. <laughs> I got I'm not sure runner next week. Yeah, that's me. Oh, shit, I got the fucking Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh! Whatever, I got these fucking movies locked down. (laughs) All right. Um, I got a little bit of Suicide Squad info. Yeah, go for it. um, It's nothing big, just that uh, Common has signed on to be in Suicide Squad in an unconfirmed mystery role. So um, Common has actually been a big proponent of wanting to be in some kind of comic book movie of some kind, um, especially the DC Universe from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So i got to imagine he's going to be playing more than just some Randy Rando, that he'll be um, some character one way or the other. I'm going to bounce off what you just said. Um, first off, I'm going to say I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Common. Mm, um, me too. I enjoyed him on Hell, of, uh, Hell on Wheels and uh, – that's probably what I've noticed him most from. Yeah, I saw him in the Selma movie, and he was good in that, but very small role. But um, Hell on Wheels, he's just been absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, working with Anson Mount, I mean, their dynamic is really amazing on that show. 
But um, Paul Shirley, um, he is uh, a writer for JoeBlow.com. He tweeted, Twitter grain of salt scoop per my source. Common may be playing Black Manta. Oh. Hmm. So, man, I... I hope that, that I'm, I'm 50% of me hopes this is true. The other 50% says, I, I don't believe it. Um, maybe it's too good to be true. I think he needs a breakout role and I, I think Black Mana would be awesome. I just, I can't see this. This is, I can understand why he's saying take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, Common has such an expressive face in his acting that it would be a shame to cover it up with a big old Black Manta mask. Yeah, I I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna land this role though. Yeah, I, I honestly think this is too big of a role for him to land. Honestly, I got to imagine that someone knows who he's gonna be already. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, yeah. I mean yeah, I would hope so if they've already you know cast him in the film, which they have. Yeah, I mean he's got a role. It's just we don't know what role it is. So um, and then um, I believe you had some Jason Momoa stuff for us. Yeah, um, let's see here. Jason Momoa, he talked about what Aquaman comics he's been reading to prepare himself for the role of Aquaman. Here's his quote. I've been hanging out with Jeff Johns, and oh. he's a beast. He, in re- he reinvented the character with the new 52. Like it or not, I'm the new fucking Aquaman, buddy. <laughs> I love, I fucking love Momoa. Yeah, Momoa's How fucking, hilarious. he doesn't give a shit and just says whatever yeah. the fuck he wants to. Yeah. And, he, and you know, if somebody asks him for an autograph, he'll write down, fuck Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's cool. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And like it or not, I'm the new fucking Aquaman, buddy. <laughs> love that fucking quote. I, I want a t-shirt that says that and has a picture of him <laughs> holding that fucking trident. It's slightly Rosk-esque. Rock. Rosk. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Rock-esque. Kind of like he is his own character independently of mm-hmm. whatever roles he has. Right. Yeah. And, uh, he also talked – I don't have the quote in front of me. I'm just going to say it. But he also – like people are saying like, can this guy hold a film? You know. And he talked about his like most challenging role and he said it was Cal Drogo. And he said, yeah, I didn't talk a lot. But just being able to play a guy that could like go around and plunder and murder and rape and kill and all this shit – being able to play a, a guy that he's not like that at all in real life, yeah. he said it was very difficult. And he said that was tough. And he also said how he talked about Conan and how tough that was, like trying to appease like the fucking fanboys of the you know Arnold movies, mm-hmm. but yet still trying to do his own thing. And you know, I got a lot of respect for this guy, and, and, and I'm hoping that he can you know pull it off. Like uh, you know, like we saw Batista pull it off with Drax. Um, yeah, right. Um, you know, but Batista had the help of you know four other dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Momoa's got to basically carry the the entire seahorse on his yeah, shoulders. Exactly. <laughs> so. But I don't necessarily see him having to be in a position where he's got to deal with a lot of comedy or anything. It should be though. I mean, like if if depending on the movie, where the setting of the movie is, Frank. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if the, if they're gonna if they're gonna do a whole like thing where it's like taking place in Atlantis mm-hmm. or whatever, I mean, he'll be yeah. It won't be fish out of water comedy. But right. if they go the Thor route, like if they the go the Thor route, oblivious. He doesn't really understand what he's around, kind of thing. Right. That would probably work. Yes. Yeah, I could see that working really mm-hmm. well because mm-hmm. he's such a hard, you know, has such a hard face anyway. Like yeah. the ultimate straight man. Yeah. Like, I can see, like, other characters, you know. I mean, I, I don't want them to do that. I, th- I think it's been done enough making fun of Aquaman. I think it's time for 
Aquaman to be a badass. I second right. that. I I think we're even beyond like kind of the meta humor of making fun of Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to make fun of making fun of Aquaman. Right. I just want to move on from it. No, I, I, just, I, I think, think that's be- why I think that's why you fucking cast Momoa. That's why you cast a guy like Kyle Drogo to be fucking Aquaman. Yeah. Is I, to get rid of the fucking like the, the, the make Aquaman's a fucking joke. I think it'd be yeah. kind of funny like when he first comes out of the sea there's some like teenage punk kids and like people have heard of him before or whatever and they're like drawing pictures of him like being a pussy or whatever and he just like comes up and hits him in the balls with his trident or something. <laughs> That's a great scene, Frank. Frank, you should be added to like the seven writers that are writing this <laughs> thing. You should get a writing credit right now. You should, for that. I think bad thing is, is I'd probably still rank in the upper half of the quality as far as those scripts go. I think that should be like the surname of the first Aquaman movie. <laughs> Aquaman semicolon trident to the balls. I honestly think that like the entire movie should just be Aquaman just like, you know, sneaking up on people and hitting him in the balls with the trident. Yes, yes. That should be the entire movie. It sounds like jackass. I, it that's what I'm saying. I think just I, I think get rid of Momoa and just we'll get Johnny Knoxville. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Or have Johnny uh, Knoxville be one of the guys that Momoa hits in the balls. We can have Wee Man dress up like a crab and be his little partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, wow. And he can say shit like, oh, I've got crabs. And like Frank will just laugh for fucking days. That's hilarious. Aqua science! <laughs> All right. Um, we broke Frank. Yes, I love it. My favorite part of the podcast when I get the brain. God, break. he's like I'm. He's like turning red as shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, keep it together, Frank. We got one more piece of DC I just, news. Uh, I was just picturing Wee Man in a fucking crab suit. <laughs> I got crabs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, One more piece of DC news, and it strangely enough involves Josh Whedon. Joseph, I want to know your thoughts on Frank. (laughs) I want to know what other people think about this guy. Talk to me, Chief. Um, Okay, well, Frank, dot, dot, Frank. Um, I I don't know. I I sympathize with the guy just because I'm a father. He's a father. I understand why. You sympathize with him because you both have children? Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> oh, it, wow. Thank God it's there. You, uh, you guys are not selling me on fatherhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Frank. Frank is Frank. Uh, I, I like him. So, uh, <laughs> yes. I didn't mean you, to put, you, I didn't mean you, to put you on the spot. You're being polite and I appreciate I, it. I Frank is Frank. Frank is Frank yeah. and that's all Frank is. Yeah. Don't Nobody think. knows what that is, but. Uh, oh man, I don't know. You've given us some pretty good moments tonight, Frank. So I appreciate it. That shit was pretty fun. I'm sober this week for the most part. Yeah, as, 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 as he's drinking the entire time we've been talking. But since okay, so since one thirty this afternoon, I've had four Bud Light limes, which that ain't shit in nine hours. And then uh, this last time when I was jiggling my ice, the first three happened in the first hour and a half, though. No, no. <laughs> I, I mix some uh, uh, coconut rum when, with my Mr. Pib. Okay. Rum side, <laughs> rum side. <laughs> anyway, we heard it when you we mixed. We heard it when you mixed the rum with the Mr. Pib. We all we all remember that. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus, <laughs> Frank! When I die in your arms tonight, I want you to give me the perfect. <laughs> 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 That's the perfect recipe for Pib, and uh, yeah. I'd have to die in your arms if I'm giving you the recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Um, Josh right. Whedon, DC News. Yeah, yeah, check <laughs> this out. So, you know, uh, Josh Whedon, you know, there, he's, uh, he's not only a, uh, you know, a fan of like the Marvel movies, but he's also a fan of the DC characters too. And he, you know, he's a fanboy of comics in general. I mean, oh, he's yeah. written comics and. I've heard and, him comment on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, Yahoo UK, they talked to, uh, Joss Whedon about, uh, the Batman v Superman trailer and they asked him if he watched it and they wanted his reaction. So I wanted to play that for everybody. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, I did. And then it didn't play. Here we go. Come on. Take two. Come on. And one thing. I want to ask you about because obviously in uh, again, oh wait 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 um, this right here is Yahoo UK and they're talking to um, uh, first before they talk to Whedon they're talking to Jeremy Renner and Chris Evans about the Batman v Superman trailer and don't worry they don't call Batman or Superman a slut or Wonder Woman <laughs> or Wonder Woman okay. a slut in this interview so I think that's what most people were worried about but here we go it's Civil War it talks about heroes going against each other and there was the Batman versus Superman trailer released the last couple of days I don't know mm-hmm. if you've had a chance to see that no talk about, there's been a slight backlash against it and people are concerned <clears> about <throat> really? heroes fighting up against each other which is something that's probably going to happen in Civil War sure so how do you lay those fears I mean what um man how does anybody fight Superman I know that's what how I don't care work? I don't know what are you going to do with the bat how belt how does that work you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> What are the lasers in his eyes? I mean, like, fly around. I mean, what do you got? What do you and, have? I mean, what do I have? I know, it? right? I feel like he would bulldoze our whole squad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really wrote him unfairly. Exactly. Just, that's not fair. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got too much. <laughs> Warner Brothers have just released the trailer for Batman versus Superman. And I wondered whether you'd seen that uh-huh. and whether you sort of understood. There's been a bit of backlash against it uh, in terms of people not understanding why two heroes have to fight each other. I mean, is that something that you could foresee problems There's in? Whedon. Or how would... Um, yeah, I've, I haven't heard about that backlash. Um, I found it interesting because they, you know, they're bringing up a lot of the issues we bring up in, in Age of Ultron. Um, and I think it's inevitable. Um, people with power, uh, who are good, do not always agree. Um, and, uh, it makes perfect sense to me that they would fight. Um, and besides, Batman and Superman are going to fight. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, he was totally fist pumping. Yeah, that's awesome. At yeah. that last moment there. So yeah, Joss Whedon's really excited for Batman v Superman. That's awesome. It's one of the things I like about that guy is he's as much oh, into yeah. this so, shit. Oh, nice here's another interview starting out. How appropriate. Serious upgrade for... Uh, Fuck uh, off. <laughs> <laughs> DC movies should get uh, Josh Whedon. Since he's leaving Marvel. Well, I mean, they had their chance with the Wonder Woman film. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if... Yeah, I think he's done with superhero properties. I think he's going to work on more original stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think that was, like, the whole point. <laughs> if Spider-Man can't bring him back, I don't think nothing can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh... And I, I even... There, there's a quote. I didn't get to read it. But, I mean, they asked him. They said, "Are you? do you regret not being able to work on Spider-Man? And he said, yeah, you know, kind of, I guess. But, you yeah. know, he said he's moving on. And it's not, it's not, he's not even going to stay on as a consultant for Marvel. I mean, no. he's done. Yeah, he is done. He's he misses done. his family, man. He, like, gave his life to that shit mm-hmm. for, like, four or five years. Yeah, so he now we get, to watch, we get to watch Marvel suck the soul out of uh, Joe and Anthony Russo. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hope you don't have families, Russo's. <laughs> yeah. He's mentioned before that every film he does takes, like, three or four years of his life. Mm-hmm. 
So, I, and he's a really creative guy. Original properties. I'd, I'd rather him. I mean, he's he's given us uh, Avengers, and he's giving us Age of Ultron, and I, I'm glad for him to move on and do some of his own original stuff. Yeah. yeah, and behind the scenes, in some ways, he's given us this whole modern interpretation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really been, you know, the straw that stirs the drink, so to say. I'm mm-hmm. more worried about Kevin Feige leaving after 2018 yeah. yeah i mean i think i mean this whole thing this whole thing could come crumbling down once he leaves right. if he if he does leave so. well your notes on the uh emails to sony show how much he thinks about this mm-hmm. shit is he's just is he that's how he's built is to dissect this stuff and figure out how it all plays i think like you know like uh, a month before his contract's up, Marvel just needs to sit his ass down and have him map out the next, you know, three to four phases before they... Before Please! They, hey, before you leave, could you, like, write right. this... Th- okay, let me get a napkin real quick. Right. <laughs> you know exactly. what? Disney just needs to break out the fucking checkbook. He needs to stay. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. He needs to stay. Absolutely. I agree. I'm sure Disney will try. And what other what other gig could you have that would be better than that? I mean, if you're still knocking him out of the park... Mm-hmm. Being in charge of all that, holy shit! Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, but we don't know behind the scenes like what yeah. toll this takes on him. True. So, well, that and I guess it is kind of a sucky thing because I, I kind of wonder like if his interest is in this stuff too. Like, does he ever get to watch a movie without thinking about how it could be different? Like, and mess with uh, that universe? You know? Yeah, I mean, but it's not his universe. First, this is not like George Lucas leaving Star Wars. You know right. what I mean? It's like the pilot of a ship. He didn't build yeah. it, but he's driving it. If if he is so OCD about this, he won't leave. Right. Yeah, he, he won't, he be, won't able be able to, to leave it. This would be his life. Saying. It's his baby. But yeah. yeah, but like you're saying, like you know, he might be able to to let it go and watch somebody else do it. But who knows? I don't know. I Give don't it know. to James Gunn. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know about that. Man, yeah. this is just this is all about vision. Yeah, and the well, the, the, way, the movie's going to be all about vision too. What's that? The next Avengers movie. He's talking about, about oh, all the vision. vision. <laughs> Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, for somebody who can look at that stuff and dissect how it's kind of like like I, I said mm-hmm. earlier once, like the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. how one little thing can impact shit movies down the road. Science. I mean, <laughs> butterfly effect. <laughs> That is science. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, for somebody who is so well-versed in human interaction, mm-hmm. to know that by doing things just a little differently can impact the whole tone of the movie. Yeah. I mean, he's gifted in what he does. I hope he never leaves. I, I agree, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, too. This is bigger than, like, Stephen DeKnight leaving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. But I mean, yeah, I don't want Kevin Feige to le- ever leave. Yeah. It's the whole thing. I mean, it, it's all part of one vision. Mm-hmm. If it shifts, then the whole thing could come crumbling down. Marvel needs to keep him happy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sound like he, I don't. I haven't heard anything out of him no. that's been anything Whedon-esque. Yo, I agree. I, not not even a smidgen of right. any negativity. Right. It's from all him, passion or like just the pressure building down upon him. And he's doing him. interviews all the time with yeah. like IGN and all the uh, yeah, interviews he, all the time. He and he's set shit up. You know, mm-hmm. and like the Marvel event, he's there with the big announcements and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. like he's like Steve fucking jobs in this, you know what yeah. I mean? Or, you know, what I, so, he wakes up in the morning and this is what he thinks about. And it's like the last thing he thinks about when he goes to bed. Yes. I'm yes, sure. absolutely. Sure. Yep. Well, that's it. That's an episode fellas. Yeah. Hey, Joseph, thanks for joining us this episode. Uh, what did you think? Oh, um, I love the stuff wearing it. 
I just want to thank you guys for letting me sit here at the Pantheon table with uh, you fine leftovers and so that we can look over at the kitty table and laugh at Frank. Ah, yes. Nice. <laughs> in my head, I was getting ready to correct you about addressing us all. Same here, but you came yeah. through, buddy. Yeah, I was about to call you uh, Huey Cox there for a moment. Oh, You'll oh. understand that when you listen to the full episode, <laughs> Joseph. Good job on not pulling your punches there, buddy. I could take it like the best of them. Brian, I got one favor to ask of you before we wrap this episode up. Yes, sir. Can I get one more science cock? Science cock! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you delivered. You delivered. Yeah. All right. So, um, like all good doggy backs, <laughs> Whoa. like all good something on something, thank God Brian's the showrunner. <laughs> 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 All right. That was my worst one yet. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye, Frank. Goodbye, Bye, Frank. Frank. <laughs> Say goodbye, Joseph. Bye, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Night, John boy. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations i don't know how you did it i couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying i just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap anyway if you'd like to reach the pop culture leftovers cast you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com you can also follow them on twitter at pc leftovers or like their facebook page they'd love to hear from you they're all pretty sad and lonely one of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and it's all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good. Have already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good 
Toss it good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, this is Star Wars news for this week. Yeah, Star Wars news. And Star Wars this week is uh, pretty awesome because uh, we are going to be talking to Grub, uh, who did a podcast, the Awesome Movie Podcast. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about Star Wars Celebration. So without further ado, let me play the little drop and we'll get going on this bad boy. Let's do it. What am I saying? You're supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Yeah, this works out really good for us because since last week we recorded on a Saturday, mm-hmm. um, we really didn't get to cover Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. And so now that we've had to wait a week, it's nice that we can have a guest on that was actually there. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, welcome back. Uh, you were on the awesome, what did we call that episode? The awesome Star crossover. Joe's crossover. Yeah. Yeah. No fucking memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> were you drinking? Been, were you like, were you being a Frank that episode? Uh, Frank was not there, no. Oh, nope. so you were the Frank. You were drinking and don't remember. No, 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 no. I remember doing the episode. I just <laughs> yeah, I doesn't remember. The it happened all. one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, Grub, you were at, uh, Star Wars Celebration, so you are Star Wars news this week. How does that feel? You are the fucking Star Wars news. Uh, I feel like it's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, <laughs> and so, I mean. Eric uh, Grub, you are our only hope. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to disappoint now. <laughs> oh wow! You are just setting yourself up for failure. Oh, I know I am. Plus, nice. I don't know where you want to start. <laughs> you just want to start on on uh, Thursday, or I'm like I'm like I'm like having this like internal like conversation with him, like talking to like the first girl he slept with, yeah. like like totally taking her down. I, where do you want me to start? Yeah, <laughs> I like I like the day by day idea, Eric. Why don't you run us that way? Um. Okay. The uh... yeah Thursday. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this out. Uh, try this in English. Celebration is not a con like any other. I mean, I've been to a shitload of conventions in my life, and it is not like any other convention I have ever been to. I think mostly because it's it's a singular focus. It's not like you go to any of these wizard shows or any you know San Diego or wherever. You've got a million different fans with a million different fandoms. Celebration is one fandom. And that's what everybody is there for. I mean, you, you'll see plenty of people wandering around like, oh look, there's seven Doctor Who's and there's some Trekkies and whatever, but ultimately everybody is there for one thing. So you get a completely different vibe. Um, and I will say right off the bat, if you ever get a chance, go. 
Yeah, next one's yeah, in next, London, right? The what was that? The the n- next year it's in London, right? Yeah, they're do- it's Celebration Europe. Um, the, they're just calling it Celebration Europe, like they're just calling this one Anaheim, even though this was the seventh in the states, and the one in Europe or the one in London next year is the the third one in Europe. But they did this last time after C six in Orlando in twenty twelve. The next year they had one in um, it was Essen in Germany, mm. um, and then that's when they announced when. Anaheim was happening, which was another two years later. So, um, but uh, <clears throat> Thursday, man, that was. I think I was awake at uh, three o'clock in the morning because uh, it, it was we were staying. Long convoluted story. I started high school about twenty minutes south of the convention center, so we were staying at my parents' house. So we got up, you know, ass early, and then uh, drove into the convention center, parked, wandered in. And they had opened up the night before, like the uh, people were sleeping in the the queue line to get in for the the opening ceremonies. Mm. Um, and we walked in. I don't know. It was probably five, somewhere at five five fifteen in the morning range. And we uh, at first it looked like we were going. We had literally missed the main stage by about four people. Oh. Like they they stopped it with the people in front of us. And we're like, no, no. We're like, okay, whatever. It's fine. You know, digital stage. Okay, I'm okay with that one. But they ended up. I guess I think the number they stopped at originally was 2,800. But then they, when they started out handing wristbands to people for the stages, the entire row I was in, which was probably another, um, I don't know, another thousand people at least, got into the main stage. So that was interesting. Yeah, um, I bet you cheered when that happened. Well, I was like, oh, cool, um, even though I knew we were going to be, like, in the nosebleed seats, but I didn't give a shit. I was just like, okay, fine, energy in here is going to be good. I don't care. We're, we're awake. We're awake. <laughs> um, so a couple hours later, when they uh, finally let us in and everyone, like, all you kept hearing was, the first transport is away. Like, people screaming it is, like, the first line mm. started moving. Uh, and once they got us all into the, sta- into the into the main stage, I mean, it's basically, like, a 5,000 seat state you know like a like a mini uh what the hell is a not a stadium but like, like an a, amphitheater or something um i'm thinking more like mm, an auditorium it's it, it's it's a small stage you know i mean five thousand people i mean like you could play a basketball game in there okay uh, or a hockey game or whatever um yeah i guess like you know if you were playing like you know minor league hockey or something but um i mean it's a big it's a big damn room um I mean, it's a full-on, you know, floor, Titantron <laughs> kind of crap. Um, and they had, so they, they file everybody in and so forth and so on. And, you know, once the, they had the, what the hell was the guy's name? It's Mark. Hamill? Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Mark Hamill. <laughs> We're on the same page <laughs> there. young and black. Uh, he's a comedian. He was like the like the guy who was the. Uh, like the MC of the stage or whatever, you know, he had a, a t-shirt cannon and then we shooting t-shirts out in the crowd and all kinds of stuff. But when they started that thing, man, people just, the energy in that room was insane. Uh, so how, okay. Uh, let me ask you this question. Like how long had you been waiting before you got to this point? Uh, that was at 10 o'clock. Uh, and you said you got there at five thirty. Yeah. We yeah, had probably in line four and a half hours. Okay. Um, but it's like it's Raid Pop that runs is is one that runs Celebration. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just trying to get an idea of how like ripe people were. Like if people were oh, starting no, 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 to no. stink it, in line yet. You know, no. Here's the thing: it's is, not like a sweaty I, Wookie or something. <laughs> Stormtrooper costumes contain all that bo. Uh, 
You have no idea. Any uh, any guys dressed as Slave Leia? Yes, too many. <laughs> I saw an Admiral Akbar dressed as like a Slave Leia. Wow. Yeah, that was weird. I saw the photos <laughs> of that with the like it was. She was like a Playboy bunny uh, calamari. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Playboy bunny calamari. Well, they are the Mon calamari. That's right. the species. Um, it was un- that was uncomfortable when I saw that photo. <laughs> uh, but no, st- Slave Leia's. There were. I didn't, you know, there were a lot more at Celebration 6 in Orlando than there were this time around. Mm-hmm. And there were six or seven guys I saw doing it. And it's like, okay, we get the joke. It can stop now. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were in line. And, and here's the other thing is I didn't really get stinky fanboy smell at all this, that we, those four days. Hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really get a whiff of it. Um, they should like hand out like Axe body spray at these things. Patchouli <laughs> oil, Star oh Wars God. car air fresheners to wear around your neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we were, you know, in when they when you say line, it's it's kind of misleading because that opening stage line was, you know, you have a, a thing that's fifteen foot wide and it's just a mass of people and everyone's just kind of sitting on the floor talking to each other because mm-hmm. what else mm-hmm. are you going to do? Um, but man. When JJ and Kathleen Kennedy came out, Jesus Christ, the place went off. The, the place exploded. I'm I'm assuming, like I think Brian, you were watching the live feed or something for that, weren't you? Yeah, I mean they were they it, 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 they were really selective on what they were going to show. Like when they would go to an actual panel, you guys reviewing the panel, I got to see nothing of it. I had to go to like other websites to like for people that were in the panel, and then I would have to wait for them to type and update the page and refresh it. Mm-hmm. I was not actually viewing the panel. I assume that they definitely were doing a uh, delay, mm-hmm. um, but uh, based upon when I said something about, oh my god, the trailer, and you were like, what, the trailer? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, like my initial impressions of that that opening ceremony it was great just because you, know, you got JJ on, you've got JJ, you've got Kathleen there, um, you know, they did a lot of, you know, blah, 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 Star Wars is great, blah, 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 Um they brought out, you know, the three new cast members, you know, Boyega, Ridley, and, um, uh, was it Oscar Isaac? Yes. Yes. Um, and so <clears throat> they talked to them for a little bit, then they, um, and that's, like, people still seem to not understand that Boyega confirmed there that he's a stormtrooper. Hmm. Um, he didn't say it, he nodded, because somebody asked a question, and hmm. JJ and Boyega <laughs> were sitting next to each other. And Boyega just looks over at JJ, and JJ's looking back at him, and they're both smiling, and then JJ just nods, so then Boyega turns forward and just did like two little quick head nods. So he didn't actually say it, but he did nod, so it's... So he got uh, the okay from JJ to kind of... Yes, okay. To, to say it. Right. Because, um, like, he doesn't... Like, when they had him out on stage, like, his handlers, like, weren't out there. It was just him, JJ, Kathleen Kennedy, and the two others, right? Yeah, and then there was... Uh, I forget who the, the host was that was, you know... Yeah. Asking questions, which, you know, whatever, they weren't really questions. They were one of Chris Hardwick's clones, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Who knows? I don't, I don't remember the guy. Um, but, uh, so they did their whole thing. They showed like, you know, a bunch of uh, screenshots of various things. And, you know, a lot of it was just stuff we've already seen before or just, you know, like, Oh, look, there's Boyega and, you know, in a shot where was it like, was it like the TMZ stuff or was it like concept art? No, no, no. It was actual, like, 
stills from the movie, like, you know, someone took a photo. Like, there was the one I really remember the most was one of Oscar Isaac, and he's in the pilot suit, and he's just, like, walking. Mm -hmm. So it looks like something at a Top Gun, like they're walking away from the cockpit of the airplane. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've seen that around a bit. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't anything that was, like, majorly mind mind blowing or anything. Right. Yeah. You know, it was just stuff that I hadn't, I personally hadn't seen before. I was like, oh, that's neat. Okay, cool. Um, and then, uh, I don't remember if it was, then they rolled out R2 and then they rolled out BB-8. Oh. And that thing was, I mean, I've seen videos of it since, but to see it in person, that thing was badass. I mean, it was just like, how does this thing work? (laughs) Was it moving pretty swiftly? It was, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't. I mean, it was moving maybe as quick as R two does when he's. I mean, when you understand how the R two units work with the R two with the R two Builders Club, mm-hmm. and when you're around them in person, they, you know the remote controls. They don't. You know they can. They've got okay quickness, but they're not super fast. And BB eight was wasn't was moving about the same speed. But I think part of that also was they weren't moving them super fast or her it whatever um, super fast in order to show off the technology because. It became really clear real quick that there was nothing. There was nothing. Whatever was holding the top onto the ball, magnets. Yeah, that's magnets. what my guess was too. Yeah, was some magnets. kind of magnetic. Yeah, something or another. Sphero. I think Sphero has actually said that it's some sort of magnet technology. Yeah, I know. They said it was like a patented technology mm-hmm. that uh, <clears throat> you know Disney. I think bought the company specifically so they could do this. Wow. Um. Uh, that was impressive as shit to see. I mean, I just, I still can't get like when it rolled out on stage and just the roar of people was in, like, it's giving me goosebumps right now thinking about it. That is, uh, that is cool. I mean, it's one thing, I guess, to see it. Like, cause like when you first see it in the trailer, when they first showed it in that first trailer, everybody just assumed that it was just all CG. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And so then when we found out that it was actual, uh, you know, an, like an actual droid, like a physical, you know, <laughs> droid we were kind of blown away but like even to see it in person i still would think i'd be, it'd be like viewing a unicorn out in the wild or something <laughs> yeah i would have been among the roaring masses yeah. i would have been oh, shading myself was, oh yeah it was a, i mean i think mark hamill's the one that said originally that it was a real prop rolling around on he and did it, yeah. How yeah that word um but uh and then eventually they brought out mark hamill carrie fisher anthony daniels uh and uh peter mayhew uh, and they're all out there on the stage. How did Pete? How did how did Peter Mayhew look? Um, he was actually he looked fine. He was actually at Baltimore Comic Con last year, uh-huh. and I was the five hundred first local five hundred first contact for him in case they needed something. So uh, he, you know, he looked fine to me. But I mean, you know, the man just had double knee replacement surgery, and I don't know how well he's going to be walking on screen or anything. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, he's a huge i mean like if you've never seen mayhew in person i cannot describe i mean his hands are like the size of my head i mean it's just they're mat he's just huge yeah when he shakes your hand he like encompasses your entire fucking hand it's crazy what's even freakier is like when he gives you a hug and you just disappear yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i mean that was cool to see him all on stage and then they showed the trailer and th- like they had they showed the trailer twice in a row because the first time all you could hear was okay, like the trailer starts, and then you see like the thing panning across, and then you then you realize it's the Star Destroyer, and just the people, ah, my God! <laughs> uh, 
the screams and the uh, the 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 gasp as people figured out what it was, right. and then like as the trailer went on and everything, and then when you know Chewie were home, and when that whole thing happened, people lost their shit. And then, Did, have course, you seen the Chewie were home T-shirts? No, I haven't. I mean, like, like days after, days after that quote, I mean, there are already Chewy We're Home t-shirts in the Star Wars font that you can buy online. Yeah, there were ads on my Facebook feed for them, like, two, yeah, three days after. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Um, <laughs> then they showed the trailer a second time and allowed everyone to, like, calm down a little. Were there, after sweat. Was it like it a, was it like a Beatles frenzy there? I mean, were there like people crying and shit? You know what I mean? I was crying. I was fucking crying. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, like I say, the energy in that room was incredible. Like I can't. I don't think I've ever experienced something like that before. Which just, just the <laughs> to an old Saturday or um, what the fuck was it uh, in Living in Color joke when they were spoofing Millie Vanilli. First, you need the Millie Vanilli eyes, and just the energy. You know, in that room was intense. I yeah. mean, they show it the trailer, everyone loses their shit, and then JJ's like, You want to see it again? And everyone loses their shit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do the same thing twice. The, the, light, the lights popped up, and every single person around me was crying. Everyone. There was not, I mean, I'm sure there were people in there that could pretend like they didn't, but I'm going to call bullshit on that. Um, there was not a dry eye in the house. I, I, my, I don't think my mom was crying because she was sitting next to me, but all my all my friends um, that were around us were, and just the people I didn't know. I mean, you just looked at everybody, and they're all wiping their, you know, wiping their wiping the tears away. And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's so great!" Um, and now that I've had a chance to watch that trailer a couple more times, I mean, that trailer is really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trailer yeah. was amazing. I didn't realize until like the fourth or fifth viewing that. It, what, you know, at one point the Falcon's flying over something, and I think that's the. I don't know. I'm like, I, since I, it's been a the last week since I got back, it's just been crazy. I haven't been able to pay attention to anything, so I don't know if it's been. I assume it has been, but it looks like the tail section of a Super Star Destroyer is in the in the desert as well. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes. 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 It's it's like a ship graveyard. There's multiple like fallen yeah. ships in that yes. area. Yeah. That's uh, a, it, it's a totally separate Star Destroyer. And yeah, I, well, I didn't realize. I was like, I was like, oh shit. So okay, well, we know the the executor blew up with the DS two. So what you know? I was like, oh, so they at least had another one, <laughs> right? Uh, I, it's that uh, that did they talk about the Battle of Jakku? Did you hear about any of that there? Oh no, they they um, they at one point during the when the Ridley Boyega and Oscar Isaac were up there. JJ flat out said right from the start, it is not Tatooine. It is, is a planet called Jakku or Jakku or however the, uh-huh. you know, I freaking pronounce it. Um, right. and everyone's like, okay, what, what, I don't, that's fine. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Um, I got a question for you before I forget. Um, and then you, I want you to tell us more about celebration, but I have a question for you. Did anybody get any closer to figuring out exactly who Domhnall Gleeson is and, or, Adam Driver. Not that I know of. I, you know, I mean, you. I'm sure you've heard the rumors, but I think Driver is Kylo Ren. But well, that's, we, there was like there was no. I didn't hear anything mentioned other than Domhnall Gleeson. I think has been forgotten <laughs> in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of well, who's Driver playing? They didn't tell us anything about Driver. You've seen the pictures of him as the X-wing pilot, though, correct? Uh, they were leaked on MakingStarWars.net months ago. Yeah. 
Um, it was when they were filming. I'm trying to remember. Um, they were filming at the, that island. I can't remember the name of the, oh, the island. Oh, in Ireland. Yes. They yeah, were- I had, see, like, I haven't really actively sought out information. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just one year's as deep into the Star Wars universe as I am. Mm-hmm. It just, it's there. And, you know, I, it's coming from a thousand different sources and I can't, yeah. like, I don't recall, like, I remember something about a photo with him in it at some point, but I don't remember, the, you know, what it was, or I don't remember if I saw it, or I guess the, the, I could the, the, look it up. There were rumors that it was misdirection, too. Hmm. Um, but, you know, if for me, I think that there's a lot of misdirection with this film. And I'm thinking, like, I keep thinking to myself, like, in the trailer, we see the scene of the podium. Uh, you know, you see the the stormtroopers yeah. and then that podium, and for some reason that that cloaked image, that cloaked figure uh, standing at the podium, I keep thinking like that is that Donald Gleason? Yeah, I've Donald sta- Gleason. I've stared at that picture a bunch too, where it's the first order banner, and there's it's the guy. I, I'm I'm not even a hundred percent sure there is anyone standing there. Like I go well, back, there, and, is, there is there's there is definitely. It's not just like a podium. Like it might just be a, it might just be a podium, but it looks to me like there's somebody standing in that center of that stage. Yes. Beyond that, I, I couldn't fucking tell you. It looks uh, like I, a you know, figure all dressed all in black. Yeah, I, I keep flip flopping between who is that and it's just a podium and no one's even come out yet. Yeah, but I wouldn't think that it would be Kylo Ren. You know, I think Kylo Ren is probably like this brute. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think Kylo is more like you know he's he's a like a, a hound or a you know, like a, an inquisitor or something where he's, you know, he's high up in the food chain, but, you know, he's not in charge. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, like a Darth Maul type? Like a Grievous? Um, I, maybe, yeah. I, I would say probably more trained than Darth Maul, maybe. I don't know. Um, Did we get confirmation at Celebration that that lightsaber is an ancient lightsaber? Because you look at those pictures of it up close and it does not look like it's shiny and new. This looks like yeah. old technology. Yeah, I, not that I'm aware of, but having had my face to that glass to mm. look at that lightsaber, it looks crude as hell. Okay. So I don't know if it's just because, you know, it, I do think I subscribe to the idea of it being an older, ancienter, ancienter. That's, that's correct English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do think I subscribe to the fact that it is an old or ancient saber uh-huh. uh, because at one point on, on the I, I guess I would call it the left cross guard uh-huh. like it had exposed wires yeah. hmm. um, so I don't know if that was just I, you know I don't know it, but it it definitely looked to me like it was very crudely made or really fucking old one of the two wow. yeah it's been through a lot one way or the other yeah either way well, we've heard uh, the rumors that you know the, of the MacGuffin, and the, we think that the MacGuffin is Luke's saber, yeah, lightsaber, we, and like they, we think that there might be another MacGuffin, and it might be this, this, this saber might be something that is important uh, in order to open a tomb or something like that. We've heard these rumors. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, the funny part is watching that trailer is how many of the rumors I've heard seem to bear some some sort of you know. There, there, there's something to those rumors. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the the thing with uh, Vader's helmet. Well, that was the other thing: is Kylo Ren's mask 
the back of the helmet is, I don't know if you've talked about this anywhere, is sloped like Vader's, the back of Vader's helmet. Uh, really? Uh-uh. Yeah. That's interesting. You could kind of see it, because um, since they had the, I guess we'll just jump to that, they had the, the Force Awakens room with a bunch of the props in it, which pretty much I, I sent you all the photos of everything that was in there. Yes. Um, and thank you for that. That was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I wish I had a better camera than on my crappy uh, iPhone 5, but... Um, you know, there wasn't a lot in there and like, I was actually expecting them to not allow photos or like so you walk in basically there have like, it. So like, if you take a picture of it, the glass actually reflects back and you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, a lot, that was a lot of the, like the, just the straight up stormtrooper, um, the straight up normal stormtroopers were not behind glass. They were just, you know, behind a rope, everything else. But yeah, I just, that was, um, to see that stuff in person, I mean, the whole Kylo Ren get-up, man. When I was in there, there were people on their knees and faces into the into the carpet trying to look at the boots of that thing and get photos of his boots. Because um, the costuming community, man, they want they want to know everything about yeah. Yeah. stitching patterns and material and and, mm-hmm. and all that. So it's like, oh, God, I mean. So you're saying, oh, do you think that, okay, do you think that there is a definite connection to Vader? Like maybe this character pays homage to Vader? Um, I'm wondering if there's, there, I suspect there might be like, a, from the trailers and everything, it makes me feel like there might be like a cult of Vader or something like that. Okay. Um, or just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, since I don't. Like I wish I knew some of the plot. <laughs> well, I mean, we and we don't know, mm-hmm. like that the, the, the mask. Like who's in possession of that? It might be that cult. Like this might be, you know, this might be what's on that podium for all we know. You well, know? I would assume that means some they they have to go to Endor mm-hmm. because unless Luke took the body off of Endor. You know, did he just leave it in the pyre and then walk away when it was done burning? Right. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Oh God, it, that, that that damn trailer like opens so many more questions than it possibly. I mean, when I said tease, they were not kidding. <laughs> did they have Vader's burnt mask on display? No, they did not. Oh. Mm. Um, I think the only thing I didn't take photos of was like junkyard tufts, and it was like okay, a Mad Max looking shit or something, you know, or something you would see like in the Fallout games. It wasn't really, it was just dudes wearing, you know, it was just some like scrappy clothes, like, look, there's a grenade hanging off or whatever. Hmm. It wasn't really, you know. um, Was Josh Trank, was Josh Trank really sick? That's what I want to know. Or was he out, was he, was he out pimping shit for Fantastic Four? I have no idea. Well, because that was, that, that was Saturday. Yeah. That, I believe, which we can get to that now, or we can get to that later. Whatever, whenever, whenever. You, you, yeah, yeah, you, you, you take us where you want to go. Um, the, well, that's the problem. I could go in a million different directions. <laughs> no, take us where you want to go, man. Yeah, okay. so after that thing was over, I mean, that was just, people were just like, losing their shit. I mean, it was just like, oh my god, this is so great, what a great start, blah, blah, you know. Um, and then uh, we, we go into the show floor, and it was just like, jammed with people. I mean, it was craziness. Uh I had heard rumors of 65,000 people there on Saturday, um, which, oh, that's a lot of damn people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but I, well, I didn't actually see it, but apparently what happened was after everyone got out of the opening, after the opening ceremonies were done, there was a mad rush for the uh, celebration store, which, you know, uh, 
the only things I, I eventually bought in there, they had a, uh, a jack in the box, but it was the space slug from Empire um, that jumps out and has a little falcon in its mouth. Oh, that's, and, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, like a little, you know, a, um, a biker scout hoodie and, you know, they had a bunch of t-shirts and pins and blah, blah, you know, all kinds of, like there's a little Max Rebo stuffed animal that when you pushed it made some, you know, I, even though he didn't talk in the movies, apparently it it makes noises. I was like, I don't feel like paying like 30 bucks for that stuffed animal. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> But there was a, there was such a mad rush on it. It was like a, they ended up having to shut the store down because it was like a four and a half hour checkout line. Oh my gosh. Wow. You spent all day in the fucking celebration store. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, so at some wow. point we're just like, uh, fuck that. Yeah. So yeah, then I went they- over. These are things that they need to change for like the next year. They need to have more checkout lines or something. No, this, is, this is like read pop screwed the pooch hardcore on a lot of things with this con that over like overall the con an amazing experience but i've got some negative things to say about read pop right now hmm. uh, and it all deals with line control and signage um the only lines that they had that they did well during the entire show was that initial first thing in the morning before the con opens where everyone lines up to go into the show floor or whatever and the the queuing area for um, the main stage. That was it. Every, the, the rest of the lines. I mean, the, the panel, the, the other panel rooms, um, trying to get information out of people that were working for them about, well, where do I go for this? And just trying to find signs for for shit. It's just terrible. But do you think it's the people that people, were were they volunteers? Um, I some of them, I'm sure. But, you know, Reed Pop is not... I mean, these are the guys that run C2E2, mm-hmm. and they run New York Comic Con. It's not like they don't have experience with, with this kind of stuff. Okay. And I think they just... I think what happened was is they... It was a combination of more people than they expected, and it, it a lot of the, the stuff with, like, trying to figure out who was going to have what kind of exclusives for sale and all that kind of stuff seemed like all last minute announcements. So I don't know what was going on, but I think there was definitely some something with Reed Pop that was that was wrong in there somewhere. I mean they like that this the, the celebration store, they didn't have a fucking queue to get into the store because like the fire marshal only allowed so many people into the area that was where they had designated for the store. And they didn't even have a, a line to get into the damn store until so, like halfway through the day on Friday. Wow! Wow! How are they so, handling that without having the uh, the line? I People were just kind of like just grouping in front of the store and pushing in, or what? No, they what they did it was they they had an entrance and then they made people just line up along the outside at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that led to confusion. Of there was nobody, there was nobody telling you where to go for a line. So all of a sudden you would end up with like two lines branching off. Oh shit! Mm. And they just didn't have any control over that. And then eventually they put some stanchions in to actually make a queue area. And once that queue area was full, they wouldn't. It's like, sorry, the queue's full. you got to come back kind of deal. Yeah, that kind uh, of shit can lead to lots of angry people real quick, too. <laughs> oh, boy, did it. Yeah. Especially, they also had a, they had this whole pin trading program going on, which I assume was Disney's idea. Um, but they had like four or five sets that you could buy before the, sh- the show and then there was ones that they were selling in the store and then there was some that, they, like five or six that they were selling at various booths like Think Geek had one um, 
And then there were a couple that you could only get via trade with the staff members. Mm. The problem was they were only apparently selling so many of those a day. And uh, if you didn't get to that store in the first hour of the day, forget it. You couldn't get them. Um, and from last I heard, there was, it was like $4,000 to get a complete set of these pins. Oh, oh wow. God. How many were there all together, do you know? Um, somewhere around... Th- uh, 25 or 30, maybe maybe 35. Oh, wow. And just like each pin is like, here's a BB-8 pin, here's a whatever pin. Well, just like they did in like, um, they had like a New Hope four-pack four set, and then like an Empire and a Jedi. So they had three four-packs that you could buy there. And then they had uh, some blind bags that came in, you know, it was two per bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I don't know, there was maybe eight or so various ones in the blind bags. And then there were... You know, I think there were three that you could only get via trade, and then they had like a Lando and a Yoda that if you spent seventy five or one hundred and fifty dollars at the store, then you would get one for free. Oh, Those things were gone halfway through the first day and Thursday. So, were you trying to collect all these pens? I was attempting to, and then the fucking nightmare of trying to find them. Um, I was like, "Screw this! Fuck it! I'm done." Yeah, um, I got right. the Biker Scout, which is the one I wanted the most, and I got a Royal Guard for a buddy of mine that dresses as one. Um, and I said, nope, I'm not even, it's, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself through that stress. It's not, it's not, I don't give a shit right now. Yeah. Just spend the 4,000 later. No, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, that's not happening. So yeah, that whole mess of the start of the, of that. And then I ended up going, then, so wander over the store was like, oh, fuck that. And then the artist, like the artist alley type area was right next to it. Um, and the only thing I had. That's all run by Acme Archives, and they've got like a whole whatever you could pre-order prints online and pick them up and stuff from the. And the only the only one I bought was uh, from Katie Cook. Oh, nice! Because uh, I have her Empire one. This one's on Jedi. So I went over there, wandered around, talked talk to a couple of the, the artists, just because. Any uh, other notable artists there besides Katie Cook? Cat uh, Stags, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. Tra- did Travis have a piece? Um. There, there were names I, I I recognize and I know like I know that were in there, but I can't because it was the only one that really was like, oh, that's cool. I want that one. So I I didn't pay much attention. You know, I was like, I didn't pay a lot of attention to that. I oh, gotcha. There were also a couple other artists um, that had booths out in the uh, out on the floor. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Suneo Sonata, I think his name is. This Japanese guy does a whole lot of stuff that's really big in the Star Wars community. I think Spencer Brinkerhoff and somebody else were sharing a booth, but I can't remember who the other guy was. Um, uh, Lee Koch had a booth. Dave Dorman wasn't there for the first time, and I think this is the first time he'd ever missed a celebration. Um, and there were a couple other names that I had expected to be there that weren't. Uh, Mark McKenna was one. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> a, lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of people are... You know, oh, I want all these prints. I'm like, ah, okay, <laughs> yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm not spending that kind of money. Uh, but the first day, then, was just kind of just trying to get my bearings. After that, just figure out where was what, and and uh, I think it was the only panel I went to that day was was that panel was the opening ceremonies. Um, I think it was also the shortest of the days too. Yeah, usually that first day is kind of like a preview day. Yeah, well, I mean, it was still a pretty. I think it, I think it closed down that day at six or seven. 
you know, so it was still an eight-hour show. Mm. And then, like, Friday and Saturday, I think it closed down at eight, and then Sunday it closed down at, like, five. Um, but, uh, yeah, that first day was, like, just getting barons, you know, running into the... I knew a shit ton of people that were there, and I kept running into, like, the same, like, 15 people over and over again. I mean, there's 50,000 people in this place, and I keep running into the same folks over and over again. Mm. Um uh, did a lot. Of, oh, and then they got smart and put food trucks out in front of the out in front of the uh, um, the convention center. Like, if, I don't know if you've ever been to the Anaheim. Well, if anyone listening has ever been to the, the Anaheim Convention Center, they have this little street with this big fountain in front of, like, basically the main entrance. And then you have the Hilton Hotel on one side and the Marriott on the other, and that's where the majority of well, the people I know were staying. And they had like fifteen food trucks up in there, and I was like, woohoo! <laughs> yeah. No, better than normal con food. Yay! <laughs> yeah, con food is expensive and terrible. Yeah, and these food trucks were pretty good. I mean, they weren't cheap, but they were still pretty good. Um, and then I think most of the day, the rest of the day, Thursday, was just hanging out with uh, uh, various 501st buddies and Rebel Legion folks and, and people I knew that were there and um, hanging out in the Marriott Hotel and if you ever go to a celebration and you happen to be in the hotel that's the main 501st hotel, just prepare, just be prepared for it to be very loud and very boisterous at all times of the day. Um, and let's see here. So I went home Friday. I should have, I had notes written down. I don't know what I did with them. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there. Yeah. I just, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yep. um, Friday, I think was just a day I was just wandering around on the show floor. Um, that was Friday of the day with the Rebels, uh, season, the Rebels trailer, or was that Saturday? Uh, I think that was, I, I think it was Friday night, wasn't it, for the, the red carpet oh, there, premiere? There was the premiere, which pissed me the fuck off, um, cause that line, that was on, I think the premiere was on Saturday. Okay. And that capped, that line capped, the premiere yeah, was right, it was like, Saturday. Yeah, the premiere was supposed to be at like six six thirty or something. Mm-hmm. The line was capped by like noon. Oh, the show had been open at that point for like an hour and a half, and the fucking line was capped. Wow! I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, because they didn't put it on the main stage. They put it in the digital stage, which just for me, I I, I don't know what they were thinking. They could have easily moved other stuff around. Um. Saturday, yeah, Friday was just wandering around, just enjoying the show. And then I think, I guess Saturday morning was this, the Rebels. Um, I don't know. You need a moment to find your notes? No, I'm trying to, I, Friday, shit. I think Friday morning was the Rebels season two, like, trailer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that was in the main stage where Filoni came out and, and, uh, it was him and like the two main, uh, one of the main writers and Simon Kinberg. I, yeah, I think it was Kinberg and it was some, um, some lady who I don't remember her name. Mm. Um, and they showed the trailer for that and a friend of mine, Emily, who does Captain Rex, uh, just started bawling when they showed the trailer and all of a sudden just goes, my name is Rex, and she just lost it. <laughs> She's like, he's alive! I'm like, okay, that leads to the question of now of if two of the clone battalion commanders didn't turn in in um, Order 66, 
how did they not, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool that, you know, they, a bunch of questions, you know, the trailer was neat. They asked, you know, Filoni tried to explain what he could. And if you ever listen to interviews with Filoni, he's very, very cagey about how he goes about answering things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept getting little kids to ask questions because he's like, damn it, stop with the children. I can't disappoint them. <laughs> there was one little girl who asked who the voice of Chopper was. And he's just sitting there, he's like, uh, uh, you know, it was just like, I can't, mm. you know, he was doing that indecision thing. So eventually, he, so he puts down the, the microphone, walks over, and kneels down next to the girl and whispers it into her ear and just goes, shh, and then walks back up and she goes, and he goes, and she's, and I, and I made her promise never to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, yeah, and that was, you know, Friday was a pretty, you know, whatever day. It was just wandering around, looking at stuff, trying to, I think that was when I finally went into the celebration store and bought the stuff I wanted. Okay. Um, and then Saturday was, I think Saturday, was it Saturday morning? Afternoon that they did the Rogue One, the the talk that was supposed to be with Trank and uh, Gareth Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. But since Trank no-showed, because uh, he was quote-unquote sick, um, you know, the, the, the thing with Gareth Edwards is that dude is a hardcore fan. Uh, like, scary. Like, he, uh, apparently on his 30th birthday, his ex-girlfriend and him went to Tunisia to the Lars Homestead. Oh, wow. So he had a bunch of photos. He's, like, standing in, in, like, the pit, and he's got a candle. It's his 30, and it's lit. There was a photo of him sitting in, like, the dining room drinking blue milk. Um, <laughs> there was a photo of him, like, you know, on the foot up on the on the ledge of the of the hole, um, you know, where Luke's standing there. He's got the two sun setting, but in case, you know, it's just one sun setting. Um, he had a great story about when he was reading the, uh, the, the initial script or treatment or whatever for Rogue One, he kept saying to himself, please let this be rubbish, please let this be rubbish, please let this be rubbish. Um, and then he says, he got to the end, he just goes, fuck. Because he was like, it's too good, I have to do this. <laughs> he wanted to uh, be, be bad so he didn't have to do it, huh? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly, he's like, please, if this is rubbish, then I can turn it down and I'll be okay. Um, but he's like, I, I, I can't, I have to do it. Um, and uh, they, the only thing that, you know, that I don't know if that trailer, the quote-unquote trailer, has popped up anywhere because I've, everything I've heard about is every time it pops up, Lucasfilm was on it in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen it. I have not. It's hard to find, mm-hmm. but I've seen it. You could find yeah. it. I, I've got a link that still works. It's a crappy cell phone shit. Yeah. that's. But. I have a, a buddy of mine that did the same thing. <laughs> so it was just that little teaser trailer that ILM threw up and, like, Apparently they did it in like a week. Um, and, uh, that one piece of concept art that's out, that's all over the place with the, uh, the rebel commandos. Yes. Um, that was it for footage. Like they didn't give us names of anybody else other than Felicity Jones being in the cast. I, it's supposed to start shooting in like two months. Mm. Um, but, uh, that trailer was just like, oh dude, it was, <laughs> it was cool. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if you've read the description, if you want yeah. me to describe it. Yeah, go for it. Let's hear the description real quick. 
Yeah, so the description is like you see this. My first thought was, oh, Jurassic Park, you know, like when they're, they're flying the helicopter up that valley, that mm-hmm. really heavily wooded valley, because it looks like that, and then it starts the Obi-Wan Kenobi starts the, for, for a thousand generations, the Jedi were the guardians of peace and justice. So that whole spiel is going on. And you see, like, the, the camera's panning up this valley, and it's coming up, it's coming up. And then you hear the, the whine of the engine of the TIE fighter come from behind you, and it flies over. And as the camera pans up a little more, you see the, the TIE fighter flying um, over the horizon towards what looks like this big moon. And then the camera pile pans up a little more, and then you realize it's the eye of the laser of the Death Star. And then it just cuts to, you know, Star Wars, Rogue One, you know, anthology, and then as it's doing that, all you hear is just a screaming and yelling over what sounds like a military tactical net, like they're in combat, and then it, poop, cuts it, and that was it. It, yeah. it was really, really short. That was the part uh, that got me the most excited for some reason, was the audio that was going on when they showed the title. It really yeah. made the trailer stand out as something really uniquely different than any other kind of Star Wars thing we've seen before. Well, that was something um, Gareth kept saying was war is part of the name Star Wars. And he also kept talking about how the the absence of Jedi in this is going to be very, very obvious. You know? Because mm-hmm. they, they got to get this done and they they got to steal the plans and there are no Jedi to help them. It's just normal people or races or whatever, you know, I assume that we'll have multiple races in it um, that have to steal these plans and they won't have the help of the, you know, the mythical, you know, super Jedi. Um, so, like, I fully expect that movie to end with them handing over the plans of the Death Star to Leia and that's where episode four kicks in. It's right after that. Where, like, what type of movie do you expect then? Do you expect, like, kind of like a band of brothers type? I think thing? it's just from the vibe I was getting from what Gareth was saying. And to me, it feels like you're talking like a Saving Private Ryan slash Aliens. Yeah. My head, I, my head was Saving Private Ryan slash Ocean's Eleven. The highest well, feel. I don't, I don't think yeah. so much Ocean's Eleven because I think they're going to have to deal, like, when I say aliens, I'm talking about, like, there's this other species that's also picking them off. So it's not just the Imperials that they're fighting against here. Mm. Uh, it's going to be some sort of commando squad that runs into issues with whatever kind of wildlife is on this planet as well. Um, or whatever kind of defenses they have. So it just, that's what it strikes me as. So, you know, because they kept emphasizing war, war, war that it just feels like it's going to be something that we have never seen um, on screen with Star Wars, other than maybe, to a lesser extent, like the Death Star 2 battle or the Battle of Coruscant in Episode 3 or something like something along those lines. Yeah, just from the sounds, though, it sounds like it's really going to be a heavily land-based battle. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think... I mean, I would not be surprised if there's some sort of aerial combat, but... The thing that, like, I was like, please let this be about Rogue Squadron. Please let this be about Rogue Squadron. And, it, I mean, if you read the, well, now the legends of the X-Wing books and the comics, Rogue Squadron was more than just, like, the best pilots. They were also special forces soldiers. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the formation of Rogue Squadron. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but I'm just like, man, I want Rogue Squadron, but I'll take this. Yeah. I'm okay with this idea. This sounds pretty awesome. It actually. does sound pretty awesome. Even with Gareth Edwards at the helm, I, yeah. I'm getting really excited now. Yeah. 
Only bad thing is you'll see uh, what's awesome for about five minutes on screen, and that's it. Yeah. No, I, I hope. You know, I, he made the Godzilla film, and it wasn't my favorite, but, I mean, a lot of people liked it. But I, I liked it. Yeah, a lot of people well, did well, like on it. On second and third viewings of that movie, it's not as good the first time because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that, you know, after you've seen it the first time, like, with the giant, you know, cock tease of Godzilla through that whole movie, mm-hmm. um, now that... You know, now you just like just get to the kaiju on kaiju action. I don't care about the human story in this anymore. <laughs> but no, it, it uh, you saying that Gareth Edwards is a huge Star Wars fan that has my hopes up, and and I think it's going to be interesting to finally see something you know outside of like the mate like the main Star Wars films. You know, like what yeah. else is going on in this universe? You know, I mean, we get the tie-in comic books and stuff like that. You know, but th- most of those comic books are still dealing with main characters, and so like, this are going to be totally brand new characters. Yeah, I'm super oh, excited. This was also at the beginning of this pan of this of the panel was where they brought up the name anthology, as opposed to like we've been calling one off, you know, standalones, one yeah. shots, whatever. They decided Solo anthology. Films. Yeah, yeah, it's even in there in the in the title when they in the trailer in the title reveal. You see the Star Wars and then the word anthology, like sandwiching the Rogue One. I'm sure you've seen that image, probably. Mm-hmm, I have. Yeah, which I was like, okay, that's fine. At least now we know what to call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, have, I think if Josh Trank had been there, we would also now know at least the title of whatever movie he was supposed to be working on. Maybe that's why they kept. Maybe he, maybe I don't know if he was sick or not, but maybe like if he says he's sick, he's sick. But I'm saying like maybe like Disney kind of like thought maybe we don't want him there. Yeah, people might be asking him too many questions on. You maybe know, they told him movie. to be sick instead of he him yeah. telling them he was sick. It's yeah. hard to say. Or, You're going to be sick or, this day. Or maybe it's just one of those things where they said like you know. We'll hold us back for now that way because the excitement for episode seven can keep building. And then we know now what's the next movie in line mm-hmm. is Rogue One. And then maybe after Rep seven comes out, then they'll drop the name of the next one that way to build the excitement that way as opposed to just this like open the floodgates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems to be a, a strategy that both Marvel and DC are following where they're real busy hyping the next thing before we even get the thing that's coming up real close, like with all this Age of Ultron stuff, I've seen uh, uh, people talking about, oh, well, Black Widow's going to talk about her role in Winter Soldier in that, and I like how they're just focusing on Episode 7 and letting that be for now. Well, the, the uh, Fox did that, too, with, with X-Men, when they yeah. told us that Apocalypse was coming before even freaking uh, uh, Days of Future Past had come out. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. correct. It's like, no, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Let everyone lose their mind when they see Apocalypse building the building the pyramid. Pretty uh, uh announce it. Of which the damn Europeans already have freaking Age of Ultron. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, and Australians uh, too. Yeah. Pretty pretty ballsy move by uh, Gareth Edwards and I guess mostly Disney Star Wars of uh going back to the prequel well so soon. You well, know? I wouldn't I mean it's a prequel, but it's barely a prequel. Yeah, I just you I'm know? just you know, the word prequel gets so many Star Wars fans into a fucking frenzy. That I would have thought they'd have waited just a little bit longer to try to try to do that, you know. But I'm I'm excited. I'm not saying I'm not excited, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, th- I think uh, Rebels is more of a prequel than Rogue One is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the timeline of it, because where they were saying it's, I mean, it's going to take place like right, you know. And, and when they read the official synopsis of the movie, a plan, a, a band of rebels must steal the Death Star plans. I mean. <laughs> It's like okay, well, we know exactly where this is going to end. 
Right. Like, yeah. you, like you said, like the last scene is like them handing over the plans to, you yeah. know, Leia mm-hmm. Organa. So. Well, that, that was the other funny part was how many people I heard there. Oh, this takes place between Empire and Jedi. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on. The Death Star is finished. It's <laughs> finished at this point. It's not still being built. <laughs> yeah, those are bad Star Wars fans. Slap them on the back of the hand. Or just, or ones who didn't see the panel and only heard that it was, they're stealing the plans for the Death Star, so this is about the Bothans. Oh. I heard so many jokes about, oh, well, this is going to be all Bothans and they're all going to die. I'm like, oh, shut huh. up. No one wants to see that. That would be right. <laughs> we'll never get that. No, I find the, uh, the, the idea of this squad stealing the first Death Star plans much more interesting. Right, for sure. Um, but man. God, that trailer was cool too. <laughs> Any other panels you went to besides like the, the three biggies, the animation? Uh, I and went the- to, there was a, a another panel dealing with I, right after I left the Rogue One panel. I was a few minutes late to getting to. It was a season two like preview panel for Rebels. Okay, so it was Filoni and one of the main. It wasn't. It was. Um, I forget. I don't remember because I was so far back in the room. Mm. Uh, and they were just talking about like they were showing a lot of screenshots um for uh for what's coming up along with just you know some general information they showed a small clip of uh of rex wolf and whoever the other third old clone is on that atte that's on the planet battle and those uh at ats from the trailer um they showed an extended clip of that and maybe you know like 30 45 seconds long so rebels too it was just you know, it's just an, this neat thing of, like, I think, I, I didn't get to see the first two episodes of season two of Rebels, but I think the first half of that season is going to be them on Lothal trying to get off, and then the second half is them going to be off Lothal doing other shit around the galaxy. Um, so they showed so, the first two episodes. That was the panel that closed up that, by noon. That was that was the premiere that they showed. Um, was the first two episodes of the season? Oh like God! I, I, I had my friends left, got into it. That's I did my left they, nut to see the first two episodes. Yeah, they would have fucked you. You would have been waiting in line till noon because they had it on the stupid digital the, stage. If you watch the the, the the season two trailer, all the stuff with Phoenix Squadron. That's apparently the first two episodes. Okay. So. Um, you know, that's all I, that's all I, I asked a friend of mine. I was like, so was it the stuff with Phoenix Squadron? He goes, yeah. I'm like, okay. And that was all I asked. I didn't ask anything else. Can I put you on the spot? Did we get a date for season two of Rebels? Not that I know of, okay. which pisses me off. Because I was hoping that they would start it this summer, so that way the season has a chance to go for a good chunk of time before Ep7 comes out. Yeah, I would like mm-hmm. that too. Kind of a big lead yeah. in. I don't want them both happening at once. Yeah, I, I was hoping that he would say it at one of the panels or something of the... And they didn't. He didn't say it at either one that I went to. They may have said it at the uh, the, the premiere, but I haven't heard if they if he did. Yeah, I don't think that info's uh, out there. Yeah, I don't either. So I just I was, I was like, damn it, give me give me the. <laughs> I need to know when it's coming. I need my crack. Yeah, let me count down at least, you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and the only other panel I went to was uh, there's a Disney podcast I like that I like a lot that actually had a live uh, recording going on so i sat in on that now what's the disney podcast about uh, nostalgia they actually had on the show they had um it was ken i oh know keith something whatever his fucking name is he's one of the he was a creature maker on jedi um which it was a really interesting uh let's see if i fire this up here it was a really interesting um talk because he was 18 when he started on working on jedi 
Oh, that's cool. Uh, and he still works and, with Star Wars. Um, I think he does. He does a lot of other. Like I know he worked for Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Mm-hmm. He was on the um, when they were when they were doing that show with the, the Creature Builder show the or sci-fi whatever show that was on. Yeah. He was actually a judge on that quite often. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I watched most of that. Yeah, that was yeah, a decent. He show. has long hair, um, like a goatee, kind of a bigger dude. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he actually was really, I mean, really interesting to listen to. Just the stories he had. He was talking about getting high on. Uh, they were building the Sarlacc pit, and him and uh, I forget who, one of the other. Uh, head model maker guys were in under underneath on a ladder you know and the sun's beating down on them and the contact of cement they're using they're just getting fucking high as shit so they're trying to glue together the bottom of the starlack pit um <laughs> and then he decided to stick a pin in the other guy's ass and like you know like a big like um like a bobby pin kind of thing and, and sh- stuck it in his butt and they both fell off the ladder and it was, <laughs> oh my um, gosh <laughs> yeah, apparently he did the voice of Salacious Crumb on some documentary years ago, and he uh, had a great story about uh, um, how they originally were trying to make the Rancor like a person in a suit, as opposed to the pup, the model that they ended up using instead. Yeah, um, and he, he's like, yeah, I, I rewatched that movie a couple years ago, and I never realized how much of a puppet movie that really is. Jabba, Salacious, you know, like um, all the the original. Members of the band, yeah, yeah, <laughs> new version of Jedi Rocks or whatever the fuck that song is. I mean, not to mention um, the Yoda, Yoda Death stuff and everything. Yeah, all that. You know, he's like, there's a lot of puppets on in uh, Nine Yub, and and his whole face is a puppet. Admiral Akbar is a puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, he's like, I didn't realize how much of a puppet movie this is. I was like, huh, yeah. I and we either. still have puppets that are going to be in this new film, which it's, is exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. That little character that we saw in that one image that was released, like one of the first images that oh, was Oh, yeah, released. that was way back uh, when. With JJ? Mm-hmm. The thing that looked like Dark Crystal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm guessing that that creature's on the desert planet of uh, Jakku. I think so. I think that was Jakku, yeah. too. Yeah. You'll have uh, to give me a link to that um, Disney podcast. I'd like to check that out. Okay, I can do that when we're done here. It's yeah, easy. for sure. Or you can look it up on iTunes. Because <laughs> it's actually their most recent uh, episode, which like, I think got released today, is the one from the live panel. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was... Those were really it for panels. Like, I didn't... There was a lot of other panels I just wasn't really interested in. Like, the costuming stuff. I'm like, I'm already 501st in Rebel Legion. I already... You know, this is really for stuff that... These panels are really for people who don't... Who, who are curious. Maybe they want to join, but aren't sure, or so forth and so on. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just other things. You know, the R2 builders had a had a big ass room like they do every year, and there's just you know, I think they had something like 30 R2 units of various kinds. Um, uh, there was some really cool, massive props that they had on the show floor. Um, there was a the wheel or the like it was just one wheel of the sand crawler. They had some sand, you know, five hundred first had some sand troopers standing in front of it, so you could take photos. So it looks like you're standing in front of the uh, sand crawler. There was the an indoor bunker with a with a life size uh, bike, you know, the speeder bikes in front of it. Oh wow! Uh, they built the Moss Eisley Cantina, and I'm not exactly sure what was going on with that, but you could like go in. And I think if you were in costume, you could hang out, and, like drink at the bar, and they were filming the whole thing. I'm not sure who was what was being filmed or who was filming it or. Or what was going on, but maybe, uh, li- maybe the live stream. There. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it may have been a live stream, but I think it was also like like a YouTube channel of some kind. Oh, it might have been hard, it might have been Hardwick stuff. I'm not really sure. That's awesome. Uh, 
they had, you know, a giant Jabba. Um, they had some of the, I think it was the Dutch garrison, or maybe it was the Belgians built in the popsicle as they're, as they're calling it now, that speeder that Ray's in is sitting on in that first, uh, Force Awakens trailer. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Think about it, just kind of a popsicle stick. The Jello pudding pop. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They had one of those built. And they had a couple of different people in, uh, at various times dressed as Ray hanging out near it. Um, that was cool. Uh, and I just think Geek had a booth. I mean, there was just, if you think, even, like there's all these, you know, Samsonite luggage had a fucking booth. I mean. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's like, why? Okay. Cause you have an R2D2, um, like rolling bag. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got a question for you guys. Um, Captain Faz. Was it Phasma? Plasma, yeah. Phasma. It's Phasma. Captain Phasma is Gwendolyn Christie, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think when she takes off the Chrome Trooper mask, mm-hmm. she's going to look like Gwendolyn Christie, or do you think she's going to be Gwendolyn Christie with alien makeup? I think she'll look hmm. like Gwendolyn Christie. Not necessarily the one from Game of Thrones, but not in like heavy makeup. But I don't know. There was a, a, a Stormtrooper like expanded universe something or another where the the girl had cornrows mm-hmm. when they, when she took off her helmet that's what i want her to have when she takes off the helmet <laughs> <laughs> i just think that would be a great like i don't know like i don't i watched season one of game of thrones and she wasn't in it so like i'm aware of who she is but i don't actually know really know what she looks like so yeah mm-hmm. she comes in season two mm-hmm. yeah I, I assume that she's probably going to look like herself um uh, I mean, it would be weird to take off the stormtrooper helmet if if she's that chrome stormtrooper that had the cool cape. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, maybe much like Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca, she was just cast for her, you know, for her size. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. That's the other one. Is uh, what's her name? Uh, Lupita Nyong'o or whatever her name is. Yeah, like, yeah. We didn't hear anything about her either. And we still don't know what the fuck's going on with Circus. No, no. Well. I, yeah, that's true. Other than we know that it was him that did the, the voiceover, voiceover. That original yeah. trailer. Yeah, but we don't know who that is or, or anything. Yeah. Maybe Circus is playing like the new emperor or whatever the guy is in charge of the first order. Oh, and that that's was just too that, on the nose, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a thing that I think I told you, Brian, when I sent you the photos that really caught my oh, excuse me, um, my eye when I Belch was Ninja. The what? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Belch Ninja. Oh, sorry. Now you're cool. <laughs> um, the, when I was in the Force Awakens room with all the props in there was the fact that the X-Wing pro, the X-Wing model said resistance. And, yes. you know, I was like, what the, why, you know, the first order, okay, we all know that, whatever. You know, what the first order is exactly is clearly like, I guess, the biggest and baddest remnant of the Empire. Right. But that, the fact that it said resistance X-Wing fighter, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is it? What happened to the New Republic? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've got yeah. the. Yeah. We've got yeah. the. The. What is it? The First Order and First the Order and the Resistance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. so I'm just. I'm like I'm wondering. Oh man, I that stupid aftermath book needs to come out like right now. Oh, I can't wait to read the, that either. The the first yeah. book of the new trilogy coming out. Yeah, but that the effect doesn't come out until like September October. It's like oh come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Let's get that to leak. Yeah, it comes uh, out September, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. I think we'll get some Marvel comics that take place before we'll get that book. I don't know. I know they announced that Lando Calrissian comic. Um, oh, oh, the running of the hoods. I almost forgot about that. Uh, 
Uh, did you guys see these photos of all those dudes in the uh, with the ice cream makers and all that stuff running around? I did not. You sent me. You sent me a video. Yeah, there was in Empire Strikes Back when Lando's doing the. You know, he, after everything has gone to pot, and he's and he, he goes up and he's a little communicator thing that comes out of the wall. And him and Leia are like running around a corner, and you see this dude run around a corner. There's a black guy, he's got an orange jumpsuit on, he's carrying this big white thing, and he just runs around behind him. Okay, I know, well, yeah. That's the ice cream maker man, otherwise known as Milbro <laughs> Hood. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Hasbro made a, an action figure out of him, um, but it's a costume you can do in the Rebel Legion. And as long as, it, a lot of the people just put like a fake, you know, a, a glue on mustache and a wig. Um, when they're doing it, but they have what they call the running of the hoods. It's, I know it's, I don't know when it started, but at Celebration 6, it, it, they, it happened. And this time there was like 35 people on, uh, I think it was Friday was the first running of the hoods. And they're running around just going, hut, 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 and, and screaming, ice cream, ice cream. Slashing <laughs> <laughs> panel, like they would run into panels and, and panel rooms and just start, like, ice cream, wow. and then run out. <laughs> And I like the first running went on for like two hours, um, and uh, they they crashed the uh, that set the Mos Eisley's Cantina at one point, and, oh, that's awesome. and they're all in there. And there's 35 of them stuck in this thing, and they couldn't figure out how to get out. And, <laughs> and uh, you know they're running around the autograph autograph halls, and and uh, so at the very there was a I, there was a food truck outside that was called Mustache Mike's, and it sold ice cream. So they at the very after they're done running around, they all run outside to the, the mustache mics, and there's like thirty of them ordering, all ordering orange ice cream, all using the name Wilbro uh, to get their ice cream. Oh, that's hilarious! That is. And then hilarious. they did it uh, the next day, um, but there was only like maybe five or ten of them. There wasn't nearly as many. But they had a a, a Bespin diorama that had been built up over the weekend, and Billy D. Williams was there to to look at it after it was done. So. One of the, the organizer, the guy who was doing the the Bespin thing, told the organizer the of uh, the running of the hoods to be at that thing at a certain time. On I think on it must have been, maybe it was Sunday. So they a whole bunch of them show up while Lando's being given the tour, and they all like start running around and yelling ice cream. <laughs> he had no fucking idea what was going on, oh, so they geez. had to explain it to him as to, Will, as to who Wilbur Hood was and what was the significance of this. Um, oh God, it was just, it was just hysterical because so many people were like, what's going on? I'm confused. What's happening? <laughs> I must have explained it to like, like two or three dozen different people that first day. Oh my God. Oh no, it's the running of the hoods. Well, who's that? Go watch Empire. You see this dude run behind Lando with this big ice cream maker thing. <laughs> Cause that's exactly what it was. It was a 1970s ice cream maker. Oh, uh, like it was awesome. just a plastic like tub. That's hilarious. I love that Billy D doesn't even get the reference. Well, it was just some extra in the background, you know, 35 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to YouTube and see if, like, some of these videos have made it there. Uh, probably. I'm yeah. sure that they're, they're probably all over the damn place. That's awesome. Um, I got one more question for you. Did you have mm-hmm. any um, any face-to-face celebrity time with any of the Star Wars personalities? Uh, a couple of them. Well, the guy, John Morton, the guy who plays Dak, um, in Empire Slash, he's also Boba Fett in Bespin. Oh, poor Dak. Uh, but the thing is, he lives in the area, so I kind of know him that way because of um, the Five Hundred First. He does a lot. He does a lot of charity work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I mean, it's a, he. I, at this point, like, I, I'm not going to call him a friend, 
more just were you know acquaintances. Mm-hmm. So at one point, you know, so he was sitting in. The, he didn't have anybody up in line for him. So I was just like, I wanted. I was like, he's like, hey Eric. I'm like, hey John. So we talked for a few minutes, and he was asking me some questions about stuff, and then we. So that was really the main one, and there was. Um, I ran into Dennis Murin, who is was like one of the head model makers. Oh, like, okay. I, it was he. I don't know why he was there, but he was there. Like I ran into him in the in the lobby of the Marriott. Um, he was just walking down the thing and he's walking down the, walking down the hallway and a, my, and a buddy and I are walking back up and all of a sudden he looks up and I kind of squinted when I looked at him and he goes, yes, I'm Dennis. I'm like, oh my God. So I just shook his hand and just said, dude, you've done some amazing stuff in your lifetime. And then that was it. We just let him go. That's um, a great moment for you though. Like <laughs> it wasn't he, I mean, if, if he was signing autographs, I would have totally gotten it. Um, good on you for not being that rude asshole guy. Well, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you would have offered, that would have been even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Forrest, the guy, the stormtrooper, the sandtrooper, just goes, "Move along, move along." You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, these are whatever. He, I was talking to him for a little bit just because a friend of mine was getting his autograph, so I was just waiting a moment. Um, Reed Pop needs to hire that guy for crowd control. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because. A lot of the, the, the get, like the people that were there that were doing autographs were staying in the Marriott. So, you know, we're just hanging out, hanging out in the lobby, you know, talking to people. And, oh, look, there goes Corey D. Williams, you know, Lando's or Billy D. Williams' son who played one of the skiff guards. You know, he's just wandering through the hotel and there goes, you know, there goes Ryder Wyndham and there goes, you know, just so and so. And it's just like, okay. Um, but a lot of times it's like, I'm around it enough now that I'm, I'm comfortable for the most part. With with like you know people I you know like oh my god that's so and so and it was like who yeah it's like oh well, he played this character for five seconds on screen <laughs> gotten used to just kind of being around them because of the five hundred first I mean some are bigger deals than others like you know Anthony Daniels or Mark Hamill or something if I get around them I would probably not I'm, eh. yeah yeah you know, I don't know what to say but you know some of the lower tier guys you know they're just they're just people mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, you talk to him for a little bit, and, and occasionally they might sign something. Uh, Stephen Stanton, uh, the guy who does uh, a lot of voices in Rebels and Clone Wars, like he does Tarkin in Rebels. Okay. Um, he was doing a thing before the 501st Bash on Friday night um, where he was signing for just a donation to whatever charity it was, Make-A-Wish or a Miracle Network or something. You know, so, you know, here you get a $5 autograph, <laughs> you know, and it's just signing stuff, talking with him with his sign-in, and um, but you know, like the major stars, no, um, uh, just because of the, uh, those, those folks are highly sequestered and, <laughs> and kept away from the unwashed, ma- unwashed masses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it'd, be, it'd be amazing I, if you got to take a leak next to Luke or something, you know? Yeah. You know, weird shit is sometimes stuff like that does happen. Like you'll be in the hotel and you're, you're at a urinal taking a leak and all of a sudden dude walks up next to you and, it, and it's, you know, it's. Like the head, you know, like Joe Johnston or somebody's like a head model maker or something. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I took a leak <laughs> next to John Schneider, uh, one, of the, one of the Duke boys. Oh, yeah. And, and Paul Kent. Yeah, Paul Kent. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's just uh, the, the lower tier guys. You know, Anthony Daniels likes to walk the lines um, before, like, the show opens. Mm-hmm. He'll go out and he'll walk up and down the, 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 the weight, you know, the the queue lines and, you know, shake hands and, and say hi to people. He doesn't really like to take photos, um, except for the way to get photos with him is, uh, little kids. 
yeah. You get like a little kid that's dressed up, and you know, then he'll take a photo with a kid or what have you. But he loves to walk the lines and and, and greet people. And that's uh, awesome. J.J. Uh, Abrams was out and about a couple of times. Oh yeah. Uh, I had some friends that got selfies with him. I was like, you suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have freaked out for J.J. See, the bad thing <laughs> is you wouldn't be able to see him because of the lens flare. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dave Filoni, I ran into like like four or five times. Um, with the last time being on the airport on the ride home. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, it was funny because uh, my friend Emily, she's so she just you know she's a big clone. She loves the clones. She loves Filoni. Um, and uh, we're standing, we're we're getting ready to, to board the airplane, and and she's like ten people or so behind me. And I look up and I see this guy, and I'm like, boy, that looks like Dave Filoni because he was wearing a Pittsburgh hat, and he's from Pittsburgh. Um, and most people recognize him for, he's, he's always wearing that, that cowboy hat. When he mm-hmm. takes the cowboy hat off, that's how he like disappears into the crowd kind of thing. But in the Star Wars convention, even if you take the cowboy hat off, it's still hard to disappear. Uh, and so he's walking up and I'm like, I turn around, I go, Emily, Emily. And right when I start saying that, Filoni's head turns and he smirks because he knows what's coming next. Um, and I just start pointing at him uh, and, I'm, and I'm saying, you know, I just start going, Emily, Emily, and I'm pointing and she's like, huh? And I, I start kind of like loud whisper going, it's Filoni! It's fucking Filoni! She's like, what? Like, it's Filoni! And she goes, oh shit! So she just drops her shit and runs over to uh, because she had uh, uh, the the clone trooper detachment in the 501st had crashed one of his panels during the week mm-hmm. uh, to present him with like a clone shirt and something. I don't remember what it was, but she was the one who actually presented the stuff to him. Uh, and so he got a, he, you know, she got a photo with him, but she, but Emily's also holding those big ass 30 inch tall, like clone trooper toys. That oh are, yeah. Are floating around. Yeah. Okay. Um, she had the 501st one that she had found at the con and bought, but it was too big for her luggage. She was taken as carrying on on the airplane. And so there's a photo of her hugging Filoni while Filoni's holding the uh, the clone trooper. That's funny. He's <laughs> so holding it for her. <laughs> yeah, it was just really funny to see. That's awesome. Uh, but uh, I mean, those are really the like the major. I mean, I got some autographs, but Official Picks is the company that runs them all. I uh, they have a mail-in service where you can just pay and like I want this photo for this person and then just pay it and then just ship it to you later. Mm. Uh, just cause I would rather not like some of the lines for some of these people, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, uh, Mayhew, uh, um, Ian McDermott and, you know, like the major stars, you know, you'd be waiting in line for a couple hours and I'm just like, you know what? I'll just pay the money and ship it to me. It's okay. I just want the signature. I'm not really concerned about meeting them so much. Cause I don't know what I would say or do anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I, it, I mean, I have a shit ton of Star Wars autographs already, so it's just not like I can add many more at this point because they're all dying. Uh, but uh, like, you know, John Ratzenberger was there, and he had a decent line the whole time. And, whoops! <laughs> you got R two at your house. Got a text? No, no, it was uh, that Star Wars Commander game. <laughs> oh, I had that game um, too. Yeah, that was letting me know that my hover tank has been upgraded to level seven. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, it like the the. The autograph hall in that show is huge. I mean, because they get like 20 or 30 people in, you know, of varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think, I'm trying to remember if there were, Ayla Sakura, the girl, the lady who played her, I think was the only prequel actress there. 
Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, no, Matthew Wood, but he was the voice of Grievous. Uh, I think they may have been the only the only prequel people there. Other than that, it was all original trilogy. Wow. Are they distancing themselves no, from I, I don't. I don't think so. I think it was... Coincidence? Uh, I, I don't know. Because at, at C6, like, Jake Lloyd was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, Daniel Logan was there. Uh, Daniel Logan's anywhere you'll have yeah. him. If if you throw if there's going to be a woman there, he'll hang out. They had, in uh, in Pekin, <laughs> Illinois, they had a Star Wars party in the park, and Daniel Logan showed up. No fucking joke. Yeah, I'm not hmm. surprised. Yeah. Uh, he he shows up at every anything and everything he can get to. Uh, Tomorrow Morrison wasn't there, and he's a big time crowd fit. People love him because uh, he was going to play Django, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there this time. So I think it was a lot of. The big difference between this one and, and C6 was there were a lot more like model makers and uh, behind the scenes guys. Yeah. And there were like six Ewoks here this time. Hmm. Uh, there weren't. I, I guess I could relook at the list to see who was there. Did they but, blink or not blink? I assume they blinked. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah. Was Warwick there? No, he wasn't. I was surprised because his ass ran me over at C6, oh. <laughs> which I don't know if I told that story last time or not. Uh-uh. Um, at C6, I was in my Endor Trooper going for a, a shoot for the Trooper shoot for the Rebel Legion, and I was looking down at my phone, looking at, okay, I need to, you know, for whatever reason, and so I'm just kind of walking along, looking at my phone, and then I look up just in time for Warwick Davis on his little Warwick Davis-sized Segway to whip around a corner and slam into my feet. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I was like, what the? I mean, like, I just kind of straightened up. I was like, what the? And he just goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then he just, whoop, and he keeps going. And his handler lady was following him. And there was a guy behind me that was also going to shoot. And he just starts laughing. He's like, dude, you just got hit and run by by Wicket. <laughs> <laughs> I was awesome. like, hey, how do you, what? <laughs> you just got willowed. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or whatever the the characters are, you Harry plays Potter. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Potter. Professor Flitwick. <laughs> I prefer to say I got run over by an Ewok. Hit and run by an Ewok. Yeah, right. see, when he goes through those crowded segments, he should be screaming, "Man, Modigan, Man, Modigan!" <laughs> 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 or just start waving his his wand around him. Which movie is this one from? Mm. <laughs> Pick one. Uh, yeah, the oh, in uh, what was this? Uh, Deep Roy was there too. He was in, uh, I guess he was Droopy McCool or something in, in, in Jedi. But Deep Roy was also like all the Oompa Loompas in the newest Charlie and Chocolate Factory movie. Okay. And uh, he was also in the new Star Trek movies. He was that weird little creature-y thing that was hanging out with... Um, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've yeah. always thought that like that'd be awesome if that character crossed over into Star Wars somehow. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like that race of alien, like it showed up yeah. in a Star Wars movie <laughs> because of JJ's yeah. connection, you know? And so that way oh, you can kind of connect the two worlds. I think that'd be awesome if they did that as just like a, you know what I mean? Because JJ threw R2 into Star yeah. Trek. Yes, yes. And, yeah, and if he did this and like, you know, if they go like do like a cantina scene and there's that dude hanging out. I yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. great, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know Simon Pegg was hanging out on set a little bit. So who knows yeah. what happened? Well, he also Simon was the voice of Dengar in uh, the Clone Wars. Oh wow! Hmm. So Dengar, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, if he was in the in Episode Seven somewhere somehow. 
Um, even if it's just like, you know, you, just a dude in the background scene or something. Yeah, him and his friend in the cantina. I like that, Brian. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're going to wrap Star Wars. Do you have anything else that you wanted to share with us? Other than C8, wherever the hell that's going to be, mm-hmm. go. Gotta go. Let's go. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I'm going to also say that my experience is a little bit different because of my 501st, you know, because I'm in the 501st and Rebel Legion. So, you know, I mean, I already know a shit ton of people going into these things and I end up meeting even more. So every time I go, it's just like, I know more and more people and it becomes just like a gigantic hangout fest. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, oh, and my brother made a comment. He, Cause he flew down from San Francisco just to be there for Saturday. So he's wandering around with me on Saturday. And he goes, everybody's so nice. I'm like, yeah, there's plenty of douche nozzles, but <laughs> ultimately we're all here for the same thing. So, yeah. you know, it's you know, that, that, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You go to C2E2 or, or wherever, San Diego Comic-Con or whatever, you're going to have, I love this, I hate that, because every fandom is represented. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah, going to have a lot of people. But it's, it's a great, it's a great fucking time. Um, you know, I think this one was much more crowded than C6. And if I had to put money on it, I would say 2017 will be in Anaheim again uh, because it's the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. Plus, it's so close to L.A. that it's easier to get bigger names in there. That's going to be huge for 2017. Well, if if they do 2017. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of rumors about, oh, it's, you know, maybe Orlando, it may be Anaheim, maybe, you know. But the reality is, if they do it again, I think, if they do it in 2017, that's where I think they're going to do it. But... Didn't you know, they do one of those in Indiana? They should do that again so I can actually make yeah, it. The first, I think Celebration 1, 2, and 3 were all in Indianapolis. Yeah, let's bring uh, that back. Well, we're getting the museum up in Chicago, guys. Yeah, right? yeah. You know. And then you'll you'll have an issue with anything coming to Indiana for a while with all that uh, weird legislation they have going on there. Yeah, wow. the, the religious freedom stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think in the States you will ever see it outside of either Orlando or Anaheim ever again. Because... Mm. You know, I mean, the Anaheim Convention Center is quite literally across the street from the back end of one of the parks, one of the Disney parks. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. But that's why it will be in those two spots is because Disney, it, it's because that way to put it close to the Disney parks as Disney owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. But like I said, if you get a chance, go. It is so worth it. And, you know, if the Europeans that I know are listening to this next year with London the European ones are smaller affairs just because of the nature of, um, I don't know why, but they just are. That would be definitely the time to go then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say now with, you know, new movies cranking out every year. They might all be pretty big now. Yeah. I mean, they just, like I said, the, 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 I think the first celebration was in London as well. But I mean, the, the fandom's much, I think, much more energized nowadays than it was even last time Celebration Europe happened in Germany. Mm-hmm. And London, I think, is an easier place to get to than Essen. Uh, so maybe it'll be bigger. I don't think it's going to be as big as this one was, but I, especially if you're in Europe and you can go, fucking go. It is so worth it. It is such a good time. Um, and I cannot, you know, even with the negativities of Reed Pop running it in the States, it's, you know, I mean, I got home and I was exhausted. Um, I don't care. It was completely worth every uh, every moment of. Oh my god! I need five more minutes of sleep, <laughs> and I hurt, and I'm tired, and I'm hungry. It's completely worth it. Sounds like an amazing experience, man. And it sounds like an experience, like you know what I mean. We we watched the trailer, 
you know, on our laptops or we watched them on our phones and it, it doesn't sound like it even compared to being in that room with that energy. So yeah, like you yeah. compared it to the Beatles Ed Sullivan shit, basically like that would have been nuts. Or that first concert they did in wherever New York, that whichever yeah. uh, stadium it was, they did in New York. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's uh, the same feeling you got when you watched Elvis gyrate his hips for the first time. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So. you mean after you learned from Forrest? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, dude, thank you so much for coming on because I mean we weren't there, and it was nice to hear what it was actually like from somebody that was there. I mean, other than just watching, you know, some of those uh, pre like recorded videos on the live stream, which wasn't always live, unfortunately. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us, Grub. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Eric. Yeah, I just <laughs> I could keep talking about this for hours on end if I if I'm not careful. <laughs> All right, man. So. No, yeah. but thank you so much, um, and we'll definitely have you on again, I'm sure, for Star Wars news, or maybe even, like, the Star Wars movie when it comes out. Yeah, so. that could be fun. Well, yeah. The fucked up thing about that is that comes out the day before I turn 40. Oh, wow. Ah. So, I know what I'm doing on my birthday. Happy fucking birthday, <laughs> exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. May the Force be with you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you.